moon, planet Earth, to your old buddy, Troy LaValle, and I want to thank you for joining us for the beginning of the Strange Aeons Book 2 Marathon. I almost forgot the title. The Strange... <laughs> what the hell's the name of this thing? Strange Aeons Book 2 Marathon. Now... There are legit marathon gamers out there, like our good friends at uh, Order of the Ember Die, who play for like 17 hours straight, take a 20-second break, and then go for 17 <laughs> hours more. I, I hesitate to use the term marathon for what we're doing, but considering we normally play in just one-hour chunks, two-hour chunks, five hours today, five hours tomorrow, ten hours combined, you know we're going to go long. That's a lot of gaming for us. But the reason we're doing it is, well... Uh, there's multiple reasons. One, the Glass Cannon Live Tour is back. COVID be damned. I don't know if you know about this. Pandemic's over. <laughs> oh, God. You're no, not allowed to say that. Uh, you, know, I can't, you can't say that? Joe Dude. and I were in Vegas a couple weeks ago. You couldn't find a mask if you threw a poker chip. Which was shocking because, shocking. you know, Vegas has a reputation of just being the most, you know, safe-minded people. <laughs> really a, a safe Safe haven for it's a haven uh, for scholars and scientists <laughs> of all, all stripes. <laughs> no, obviously the uh, pandemic is far from over, but we're getting back on tour in the safest way uh, that we think imaginable, and that starts with getting vaccinated. So if you want to come see us, get vaccinated. I'm not saying they're not going to let you in if you're not vaccinated. They might. I don't know what the rules are, but just get vaccinated. <laughs> I felt so great being out in Vegas, being like, ah. This is wonderful because I'm vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Come see us live. We got tickets on sale for all these shows. Grant, throw up the shitty graphic I made a couple weeks ago to show all of these tour dates. Look at this. We're going to be in uh, Philly in just four or five weeks. In that same week, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. Uh, and then uh, we're going to be back in my hometown, in my home state of Massachusetts, in Boston, beginning August, and then two shows in Atlanta during Dragon Con, two shows in Indy during Gen Con, and then Chicago and Columbus during Origin. I'm going to tell you right now, there are more shows coming to round out the end of the year that we're going to be announcing very, very soon. VIP tickets are pretty much sold out for all of these shows, with the exception of Atlanta Night 1, because they just forgot to put them up when the tickets went on sale. Otherwise, they'd be totally sold out. But VIP is pretty much sold out across the board. There are still plenty of a general admission tickets left. Usually, they're going a little bit faster, and I think it's because people are worried about getting back out. Listen, I'm not going to tell you to, to change your fears about those things, but if you're ready and you feel safe and you're vaccinated, buy those tickets. Come see us. Come support us because we have so much fun doing this live in front of the niche. And uh, that's the other reason we want to play today is because we just miss playing Strange Aeons. We want to just dive in, do 10 hours, play this, get back into the skins of these characters, get back into this very complicated, complex story, unique story, too, where the PCs don't remember who they are, um, and just kind of gear up to, to get back on the road. So I'm excited. I've talked enough. Let's hear from... Skidmar. Hello. That's me. I heard my name. <laughs> Hello. The only Hello, man that Skid. dressed up today. You look great. I did. Um, yeah, it's not quite how I envisioned it. I got my wizard robes. 
and the wig here, but I look more like if Estelle Getty were a, a federal circuit court judge <laughs> than anything else. I did order like other stuff that more fits, but I'm going to take the new costume on the road with me, so you'll see the full oh. outfit. Wow. Uh, okay. The gauntlet has been dropped for uh, cosplay. We've been de- delving into a lot more cosplay. We've been uh, dipping. We've been taking a little cosplay. Cos. Dip! <laughs> Joe, you gonna go full rat uh, at uh, in Philly? I don't would your know. dad beat you up? Probably not. <laughs> Take that super wig off, son. Kick my ass. Throws a block of cheese at you. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. It's a lot of pressure. It's also I don't. I also don't feel like flying. I know I don't have to fly to Philly, but I don't want to get in the habit of trying to fly with a top hat. <laughs> you oh, just fold it work. down. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to get one of those nice ones. I have a very cheap, shitty one. Uh, yeah, no, I thought about it for today. Decided with with Merkborg happening, I had enough eyeliner this week, and uh, <laughs> then I also then I also you know the whole tux and like thing is it's more of a night function kind of thing. And since we decided on a day uh, stream for this, I think I'm just going to focus on playing the game and hanging out with my buddies uh, rather than going too much into costume. Uh, Matthew, I don't think you've ever cosplayed except for Star Trek. Um, I think I think the 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 fans want to see you get all dolled up as a uh, uh, a, an an older uh, woman knight. I I mean, for the shows, I kind of have a a, a set look, as the kids say, like yes. a set look. suit jacket. <laughs> yep, nicely trimmed beard, nicely trimmed chest hair, and lifts at the bottom of your shoes. <laughs> Sadly. I have no lifts. That's why I can't compete with your massive height, Troy. It's, it's so hard. I, I, I scoot down when we, so people ask for pictures for the two of us just so you don't feel bad. Um, maybe you need to build a character that wears a, a suit jacket. Well, I did promise. Uh, I think on an on a Androids and Aliens uh, stream that if someone were to be able to find a Wrath of Khan era Star Trek uniform, I would wear that at live shows. So if... <laughs> Totally, reg- regardless of what the show is, you would just yeah. wear. Right? I would just wear, and I would, and I would unpin the the kind of like vertical epaulet thing and let it like fall down, like Kirk does when he's stressed. And that's why that's that would be my live show look. That you could only pull that off during Dragon Con, where everyone is cosplaying, or uh, during Halloween, uh, which I believe we're having a show uh, on Halloween this year or the Halloween weekend. So maybe you can do it. And uh, spoiler alert: you won't have to carry that costume very far to the theater. I think uh, you're saying too much, Troy. I think I've already saying. said too much, uh, Kevin. <laughs> I'm going to get a text from our agent, being like, "Dude, we said we weren't going to announce this today, but I get excited." Uh, let's talk about Grant Berger. Grant, how are you, buddy? Good. I'm trying to look like I'm working catering right now with this uh, black button up. Uh, I figured uh, if Troy's going to wear a collar, I got to wear a better collar. Yeah, I had on a nice powder blue polo when he started just because I wanted to uh, exude uh, a calming presence to accentuate my natural calming presence. But uh, it was too it was too light. I just looked like uh, the lead from that movie Powder. <laughs> Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery. Uh, yeah, it was too. It was too white. I was blinding the the scene with my whiteness. Uh, but Grant, you look great. Um, we'll try to get you out in time for your shift later. Thank you. But, uh, Thank you. I really. I live off tips, <laughs> so I need to be there on time. But. I didn't realize Ruby Foods was open again. It is. <laughs> it is. Good for you. 
That's a good reference. I just <laughs> thought it, I've had some good times at Ruby Fizz. Yeah, except some bad mornings afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, when true. I used to, I used to work at Caroline's Comedy Club, which was right next door to Ruby Foo's. And so the cooks would come in after their shift sometimes and just be like, here's a pound of General Tso's that we were just going to throw out. And so like you're when you're just a poor bartender oh. or waiter, you're just like, ah, eating, eating General Tso's by the gallon. And I mean, it's just, you know, Ruby Foo's, nothing against Ruby Foo's, they're very successful, but man, they really... Gen- the general does, uh, he ex- executes the Von Schlieffen plan on your colon the next day. It's pretty bad. Uh, what a mix of, uh, of different military strategies from across the world there between General So and the Von Schlieffen strategy. I don't know why my high school history just popped into my head. Old Von Schlieffen plan. It's like a Dennis Miller reference. Um, Von Schlieffen plan. The Von Schlieffen plan on my colon. Uh, we're going to have some fun today. I can't believe we have uh, over 20,000 people watching live right now. Oh, Thank you my for goodness. Uh, doing that. Just it's that, 20, that type of support. With uh, Ad Neurological in the chat. What's up? Oh, no, hey, you know what? I bet Nora's dressed up and uh, it's Nora and Skip. That's <laughs> yeah. it. She's dressed up as an audience member for today's <laughs> Sitting there in a full uh, Cthulian. I know. Getup. I know. I really think like, uh, uh, I just feel... I don't know. I feel like when Nora's watching, I just I, I should bring my A game. She's probably just like sitting there disappointed. Come on, Joe. Come we got to be on our best behavior when Nora's there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have to watch my watch my Wait. language. All it would take was Nora. All this time, all we had to do was have Nora around. <laughs> we should have called her years ago. <laughs> I am so excited to get into this. You know, I said this at the beginning of the tour, the beginning, beginning, when we first did our first show in L.A. a hundred years ago, uh, that when we were sitting at the restaurant uh, having our pre-show dinner, we were just excited to, like, start a new adventure. There's nothing better than starting a new adventure path. The second level of that, the second level of excitement, there, there's nothing better than starting a new book. It's like first day of school. Remember, like, you'd get your notebooks, your little mead composition books, and you'd have them all laid out with your new pens and your new pencils. Like, I feel like I start a new Google Doc. You know, you guys probably adjust all your characters just so. Make sure your dice are all lined up. Uh, it's just, I love starting a, a new book because it's like a fresh start. You can just, okay, we haven't made any mistakes yet. <laughs> I think I've got all the information out that I needed in book one. Let's just It's start like elementary fresh. school. It's like you have one through six, book one through six. So it's like it's each grade, or for me, college. You have the six years. <laughs> the long, you waited about 20 years before you finished books. Yeah, I took a little break. <laughs> about 25 years. <laughs> uh, so I'm just, I'm pumped. And uh, this, this adventure path, we, we, really, we really picked a hell of adventure path. Strange Aeons is so effing good. And last book, you were sort of confined to the asylum the entire time. There were only three maps in the whole book. There was the dungeon where you woke up, there was the asylum map, and then there was the upper floors where it all ended. Now it's going to be a lot different. But you guys, do you have any idea what this book's about or what you're, what you're about to get into? Well, only I, what I read. You read the book? <laughs> you read the book? <laughs> Only about half. I didn't have time before we went live. But. See, Joe, you'd think if you really cared, you would have read the whole book. <laughs> I, did, I don't. <laughs> Busted. No, uh, I have no idea at all. 
no concept, which, which really worries me. But I mean, I think that that's also kind of intentional in that you're supposed to be an amnesiac. And that's one thing that I, I'm really not clear on. I think I'm going to need you to clarify for me. I sent it to you an email. You're still being vague. But basically, like, we found out stuff about ourselves, but, like, we never really got all of our memories back, right? I mean, we still have these, what, huge gaps? Do we remember our whole early lives, but just don't remember the last year? Or do we, you know what I mean? Like, where yeah. does the... So, you know, we'll, we'll get into it when we get into it. But basically, uh, unlike most adventure paths, you really had to come in with no backstory, you uh, don't know who you are. You wake up in a fugue state with no memory of who you are and how you got there. You have some information now uh, as the uh, the adventure path has worn on, as you gain some information of how you got there, who put you there. Um, but the only other information you have to go on are these visions, these flashbacks that we've been playing out that are both dreamlike, sometimes incredibly dreamlike, and other times very, very realistic. But there's no certainty as to how true even those visions are. But that's all you have to go on. So in my mind, when we play these flashbacks out, when we play these visions, it's you having this memory that you're like, I think this happened. I think I remember that. I will say by the end of book two, you'll know a little bit more. But I think we should just jump right in. And uh, Grant, Grant has been working on a, a, on a, cool, little, uh, a cool little graphic for this. So for the first time in 2021, to kick off the Glass Cannon Live Tour, let's take it to the recap. Oh! Woo! Nice. Woo! Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Man, nice. That's real good. I appreciate that. That is red hot. Really good. That's how you recap. Dude, that was great. Joe, give me some dark music. Give me something good. Something that's like ominous and dark. Something that really sets the tone. That's how, yeah. often how I'm described. Yes. Person. <laughs> Ominous and dark. Yeah. And a tone setter. And a tone setter. Uh, okay. I'll try. I'll yeah. try. If it's not good, we'll sit here until it is. All right. Noted. You if can just use the, my, the aura I'm giving off as your true. music. I can hear the symphony in ooh. Oh. And Matthew's tiny chest hairs rubbing against each other. What about this? Is that good? Oh, this is pretty good. That's pretty ominous. It's mm. ominous. Okay. The classic recap. The, you know what? This might be the last time that I give a, a, a good recap of what happened in the asylum. Because we can't, five years from now, when we're wrapping up book six or however long it is, I can't be like, it all started in asylum. That would be it. That's all I'll say about the asylum. So enjoy this. Because you may not hear uh, about what happened, the, the details of what happened in the asylum much longer. Our uh, journey together, both us as players, us as friends, and the Nash who were there live, watched it later on the tube. That journey began in a shared nightmare in a gloomy, abandoned city that was clogged by this thick yellow mist. In that dream, our heroes at the time, and the team has changed, were all ritualistically slaughtered by one horrible figure that was cloaked only in tatters. 
you awoke in an asylum with no memory of who you are or how you got there and began fighting your way through through doppelgangers posing as doctors and patients and other strange beings that just seem to to seep in through a, a crack or a tear in reality. Eventually, you find a group of survivors led by a priestess of Phrasma named Winter Klaxa, and you learn from her and the other survivors that there was a patient uprising in the asylum led by a man named Alvar Zandalus. Praise, praise. Praise, praise, praise. praise. Words fail. Words fail. Words fail. There's no way out, you find out from them, because the whole asylum is built on an island, and as well as being surrounded by water, it's surrounded by a, oh, oddly enough, thick yellow fog that is full of otherworldly creatures. You walk outside, you see huge shapes just walking through the clouds, and you even get attacked by this, this mass of flesh and mouth, and you're like... Well, we can't go outside again. Winter tells you that she came to Briarstone Asylum because she was part of a group led by a royal accuser that came to the town of Thrushmore to investigate why the Count of Versex County, where Thrushmore lies, a guy by the name of Hasterton Lowes IV, why he mysteriously abandoned his post. She was sent to the asylum because it was said that the Count had dealings with the administrator after taking a shine to one of the patients here. Which patient? Oliver Sandalus. You eventually find what's left of the administrator, Dr. Eliage Losandro, as she had been transformed into a malfunctioning version of a creature known as an onerogen, a byproduct of a nightmare experiment gone wrong, and like a physical manifestation of a gateway between the material world and the dreamlands. You find out there are other such onerogens in the asylum. And you realize that by dealing with them, you may be able to remove this fog that's surrounding the asylum, and you may be able to get out. But you're still going to have to confront Zandalus himself because he's still running the show. By pouring through records uh, in the administrator's office and, and, and all the, the, the records rooms nearby, you discovered that the Count was visiting Zandalus because he was fascinated with Ulver's drawings, drawings that seemed to come from Zandalus's dreams, depicting things he would have no idea existed, along with strange cityscapes and monuments. So fascinated with Zandalus was the Count that he offers the administrator his copy of a book that she had been uh, coveting called The Chain of Knights. He says that she can use that book to perhaps cure Zandalus and other people plagued by dreams. And all she has to do in return is take a group of his servants and, and take them on as patients and she can do whatever she wants with them. You were those servants. You were those patients that Count Hasterton Lowles gave to the asylum. You have no memory of this. You now realize that Lissandro performed the ritual 
in the chain of knights in an attempt to cure Zandalus of his ailments, but instead of doing so, she unleashed the horrors of his dreams upon the asylum, allowing creatures from the dreamlands to seep in. One in particular known as the Tatterman. So finally you face Zandalus and realize there is no Dana, only Zul as the Tatterman is using Zandalus's husk as a mere puppet of discord, ruling Briarstone in the guise of Alver while taking victim after victim in their dreams, because that's what the Tatterman does. After an insane battle with this extraplanar serial killer, you defeat him. The mist is lifted, and you are able to leave Briarstone, heading to Thrushmore, to hopefully unravel more of the mystery around your bizarre fugue state condition and your connection to this missing count, Hasterton Lowell's the fourth. It's fog, thick, yellow, gray fog, and the fog parts, and we find ourselves back in Briarstone Asylum. Back in the chapel. But instead of winter and the cult of the log, praise log. Praise, praise, log. Praise, praise. There is just one figure kneeling in the aisles. Camera shot just coming in from behind on this figure. And we see that it's a woman in her Fifties, dressed in a simple tunic and trousers, just kneeling there in the aisle, murmuring under her breath, eyes closed. Healing flame, may you cleanse evil from the world and protect the denizens of these realms, and may you protect your sacred knights in whatever battle they may find themselves in. She is, of course... Sir Julie Andrews. Ah. <laughs> yes! As she says her prayer under her <laughs> breath, a loud crash sounds from outside the room, followed by screaming, ah, ah! This insane-looking guy comes in. He's like, they're coming! They're coming! Get off of me! They're coming to kill us all! Sir Julie rises on guard and looks out from the chapel and towards the lobby. Several orderlies are struggling to drag in a knight, a young man in armor that has been slashed, sundered, and otherwise savaged in a great battle. He's kicking, screaming, and swinging wildly at the orderlies. He's like, let go of me! Let go of me! They're coming to kill us all! And Sir Julie, from the chapel, she just stares. She can't move. She can barely breathe. Soon enough, the orderlies are able to, to drag the young knight into the asylum, and the sounds of his struggle fade behind the heavy oaken door. <sighs> Days later, Sir Julie steps once more into the chapel and sees that same young knight, now dressed like her in the gown of a patient at the asylum, sitting peacefully in the pews. For a moment, she hesitates, then takes a breath and takes a seat in a pew across from him. Sir Julie Andrews, Knight of the Dawnflower, 2nd Phalanx, 5th Battalion. The knight doesn't respond at first. 
then casts a weak glance over at Sir Julie. Mark, Marco Enol, Iomade, First Phalanx, First Battalion. Ooh, your battalion fought most bravely in the Third Crusade. Third Crusade? There is a fourth now. A fourth? I am heartened to hear this, heartened to hear that we shall battle back the forces of evil once more. He just laughs under his breath. You old fool. (laughs) The armies of hell are nothing compared to what is coming. What? Who? What is coming? The gateways are being opened as we speak. The blood of the innocents are being spilled to power their entry into our world. Who? Where are the Knights of the Dawnflower? Are they... And he starts just speaking in this unrecognizable language. And Sir Julie stands up, starts to slowly back away from him as he does. And he starts foaming at the mouth. Orderlies rush in uh, as he's getting louder and louder and restrain this young man again. Drag him to the floor, trying to stop his flailing arms. Sir Julie just rushes out of the chapel. We cut to her, bursting into her room. There lays her gleaming golden armor. The armor she polishes every morning. She grabs her breastplate, begins strapping it on, and then Sir Julie strides out into the lobby, now fully armored, making for the door, carrying her helm in her hand. A youthful-looking, very much alive, Dr. Eliage Losandro, who's emerging from the chapel, sees this. Uh, uh, Sir Julie... Where uh, where are you going? I am needed. My comrades need me. A great evil is encroaching upon the world. They are being routed. Uh, the doctor, like, makes eyes with an orderly who blocks to move Sir Julie's path. Sir Julie, you're not ready for There's the There's no outside. more time. Stand aside. Allow your comrades to do their work, Sir Julie, and allow yourself to do your own. There's no shame in that. Sir Julie has no time for this. She moves to force her way past the doctor, but the doctor signals to more orderlies nearby, and suddenly they've all descended upon Sir Julie. Unhand me! I am sworn to protect the... And now there's like six or seven people all trying to tackle her. It's just, it's chaos. Sir Julie grits her teeth. There's no time for this. She slams a gauntlet into the face of one of the orderlies, kicks another one in the stomach, (laughs) deftly tosses the third one to the ground. Another one leaps on her back, but undeterred, she starts making for the door, just carrying this guy with her. All those lawful evil orderlies. (laughs) I must help my comrades. And then just bam! An orderly slams Sir Julie's helm right into her face. She stumbles back, dazed, and all the orderlies take that opportunity to jump on her and hold her to the ground, drag her down, and she just keeps fighting them all the way. I must help them! As she cries out against her restraints, she looks out the lobby window and sees only the fog rising on the lake surrounding the asylum. That fog thickens and just blots out the scene, blots out Sir Julie's cries. And the gray fog starts to have a a pale yellowish tinge to it. And the haze continues to block everything out of sight until a faint shape can be made in the distance. 
And slowly the shape uh, approaches until we make out what looks like a small boat with five figures in its hull. <laughs> Their faces come into view. The faces of Aldo Casimir, Atticus Grimm, Halster Price, Sir Julie Andrews, and a man named Vauston York, who you simply know as Crossbow Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crossbow! Crossbow! Vauston York is a really strange nickname, I gotta say. <laughs> I don't know why he took that on when his birth name is Crossbow Jackson. We watch this boat as it moves carefully through the choppy water. Although you've escaped the strange mists of Briarstone Isle, the weather here is hardly any better. Deep gray crowd deep gray clouds loom like a low ceiling in a dark room and driving rain soaks them through the wind and the rain make for choppy conditions on the water and limit visibility even though the sun probably hasn't even set yet you can't even see it the fog's so thick you've lost track of the days at this point you don't know if you've been traveling for a few hours a few days you haven't had a good sleep in a while you've rested you've slept on the floor covered in blood not being able to have all of the healing powers you've needed. Some of you sick with plagues and filth fever. You're tired. You've had some rations, but you're starving. And thoughts of sleeping in a bed and a warm meal seem like distant memories. Several hours into the day, Crossbow Jackson stands up. His eyes fixed ahead, and he points through the fog. He's like, do you see? Do you see those lights up ahead? It looks like there were lights glowing in the town's windows. Land ho! You look up, and you're trying to see what he's seeing, and you're making your best perception checks through the haze and and you do see several disparate lights floating at various distances through the fog and as you move closer and the fog starts to thin out they are indeed the lights of several buildings of a town crossbow lets out a big sigh of relief at the sight of land but the four of you know better than to think that this ordeal is anything but over. Crossbow turns to the four of you. It's like, what, uh, what do you know of Thrushmore? Very little, if I'm honest. But I'm also suffering from memory loss. Could have been there before, for all I know. You could be from there, James. Could. I've grown up there. I have vague memories of being in a city, a very crowded city. Is Thrushmore very crowded? In, in a way. What, what does a, th- a, a Thrushmorean accent sound like? Yeah, that would be a clue. Perhaps I'm from there. Yes. I haven't encountered this accent that I've got in anywhere else, so maybe that's a, maybe that's a clue. They sound just like you and I. Although from time to time, I'm sure the GM will come up with something ridiculous. 
Fair enough. <laughs> For that, always entertaining. They say that the town is cursed. Always has been. But then again, welcome to Ustalav. We uh, found dark. Yes. We, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, I'm a little bit anxious to find the offices of the Sleepless Detective Agency. We we heard of it inside of the asylum, and since we're in the business of dreams and nightmares, um, without knowing anything more about them, they might be the best place to start and thrush more curse, though it may be. Well, it's funny you mention that, because Winter gave me directions to tell you. Um, after I leave you at the shore, I'll row back to ferry her and the other uh, the others back here as well. And she plans on taking the survivors of the asylum to New Chapel here in Thrushmore. It's a chapel dedicated to Farasma. If you don't find her there, she'll most likely be at the Sleepless Detective Agency because that's where the accuser was headquartered when they arrived in Thrushmore. She instructed me to ask you to seek her out once you get settled. What do you know about the Sleepless Detective Agency? I'd never heard of it till Winter mentioned it. We, we found a card for it, uh, I believe in Dr. Elijah's office, so I, I don't... No, exactly. We, we, we just have their advertisement, really. No, no solid, firm details. Mm. Well, that would certainly be a place to check out, and, and Winter will be there at some point once I get her back. As for Thrushmore, like most of Ustalav, there are dark forces teeming underneath the hills and waters of the whole land. Thrushmore is a, a fishing village, for the most part. Here in Avalon Bay, the fishing is good all year round, and even the few days of the year that the water freezes over, there's still good ice fishing near the port. But as for the people here, they're a superstitious bunch, and they have every right to be. Strange religions, and their wild-eyed worshippers abound. Now, where that kind of behavior might be hidden in more sophisticated towns, it's much more out in the open here. But no matter what, it's got to be better than being in that accursed asylum, right? And you yes. wonder, is it? Yeah. No, I... In all likelihood, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I, mean, I don't wonder. It is it, most certainly it's bound better. to be better. I've spent decades in that asylum and it's pretty awful. It's pretty bad. I don't... I, yes, I'd remember. Hate to think it's any worse than what we just went through. You do recall you threatened to kill us over and over simply because That's we true. walked down the hallway. Well, I thought you were doppelgangers, and I had every right to be careful. Well, that was the thing; is it was infested with doppelgangers as well. Like, apart from being just a medieval asylum in a magical world, which is the worst thing I could possibly imagine, <laughs> we also didn't know whether a person was a person or some someone taken on in the form of that person. Which added a different, an, an extra layer of sort of ill ease. Didn't like it one bit. One star. You you were going to kill them? I was. You know what? You've talked me into it. I'm sure this town is going to be better. Than I think it's better. I mean, you know, it's. I don't. I'm 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 an optimist by nature, and uh, I don't. You seem to be a little bit of a glass half empty sort of person, but well, Jackson. It's, eh? it's been it's been a rough it's been a rough month. 
I believe it. But I think I've talked him into it. I think he's he's on board with us coming looking around. forward to this new adventure. Who hurt you in Ustalav Crossbow? Who did you go to high school here? I didn't. I went to the rival high school. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. I went to Thrushmore Academy. Not oh, Thrushmore High. See. There we are. Yes. No, I'm not from here, I, but I've spent some time here. Whenever I came out to work at the asylum, I would uh, take the ferry from from the port here. Um, it's a fine town, but Ustalav's weird. <laughs> Can you recommend a good a good meal for us? A good tavern for us to start in? Yeah, it'd be Wouldn't nice to get a pint or something after all you- those months in the asylum. Do you have lodging in uh, Thrushmore? A place to Ooh, stay? No, that might be the place to start. As no. far as I know, there's only one uh, inn in town. It's known as the Silver Wagon, and it's connected to a tavern called The Stain, I believe. It's, uh, it's a fun place. I've, I've hung out with there with some of my co-workers. Um, but unless you have lodging set up, I, I think that's going to be your only bet is to check out the, uh, the silver wagon. It's uh, and he gives you directions. It's like the mm. northwestern part of town. Now, do you know what Count Hasserton Lau's relationship is with Thrushmore? Is it his domain? It is. It is. And from what I understand, in uh, talking to Winter, he just up and left his post. I don't know much about him. The the Lowells have run Thrushmore for uh, over a hundred years, I believe, at this point. His father before him and his grandfather. Um, he is the fourth of his name. Um, maybe the first even settled Thrushmore. I don't know the history. Not much one for history. I like spelling. <laughs> spelling. And well, recess. in that case, could you do me a great service and spell his name? Hasterton Lowes. Uh, yes. H-A-S-T-E-R. T- can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Get off me, Count Hasterton Lowes. <laughs> <laughs> that really got me. <laughs> uh, what's the you would say his full title, his yeah. full first and last name. Is he like Hasselton Louse? Is he sexually advancing? Is he like trying to kill you? It's unclear, but get <laughs> amnesia. Off me. We have amnesia. Yeah. Did he I fall amnesia. asleep on you on the subway? <laughs> you know, give me a lot. Get out of here, Count. Get off me, Count Hasselton Louse. <laughs> <laughs> passed out after a, a ball in Times Square. Yeah, <laughs> he's taking the train home from the stain. H a s t e r t o n h o w l s. Howls, not Lowls. Howls, Lowls. Oh, I got it wrong. Shit, I'm so sorry. I wasn't reading it. It was Greek or Latin. Kit. Off of me, Count Lowell's <laughs> <laughs> is L O W L S. Oh my god, I spelled it exactly right. And wait, and I, the, the fourth, I had written that for a while and I wasn't sure. The fourth is 
I-V. Right, I've got it in my book now. Thank you. Yes. So he went missing. And that is what sent Winter investigating near the asylum. And as far as we know, he has still not returned, though none of us have any word from the city that's been updated, right? No, they they sent in a royal accuser, um, and that's who Winter came with. Right. Okay. Well, we shall have to ask around. His home, where is it? On top of a hill somewhere, I imagine? I believe so, yes, yes. I would uh, I would check out the Sleepless Detective Agency as well, because that's where the royal accuser was. So they may be able to update you on the situation. I don't know how long you were in the asylum, but I would say check in with Winter at New Chapel. And if she's not there, uh, meet her at the Sleepless Detective Agency. But it seems like the, the, the Sleepless Agency would be a good place to start either way. You know, once you get settled, because that's where the royal accuser uh, set up her headquarters. Could you explain to me what a royal accuser is? Is that something our characters would just know? Like, is that um, a common title in yeah, these it's, nations? It's actually, DA, right? it's an inquisitor archetype I think you can take. But they're basically like these above-the-law uh, people that are sent in to, like, enact their own personal brand of justice. By um, whom? Like, well, uh, in this case, uh, they're hired? Are they, like, this private case, detectives? Ustalav, it's like like the Court of Thrun probably said, sent this person in to, like, take care of business. Because if, if the if the if Lyle's abandoned his post, that's obviously weird. And so they, they sent in the accused to find out what exactly happened. And so, you know, while maybe the Sleepless Detective Agency was involved investigating it, maybe the local magistrate was involved in, in trying to figure this out. Maybe they weren't doing their job. Either way, when a royal accuser comes to town, everybody's like, oh, shit, let me know when it's all over. Right. But again, you'll, you'll find <laughs> out more. minimizes solitaire. <laughs> it, 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 it'll, you'll find out more as you talk to people, uh, like, what actually happened. Crossbow okay. doesn't know. Um, as for Thrushmore, like, knowledge checks are going to be hard for you because you can't remember anything. Uh, you know it's a fishing town. Climate's good here. It's a bay. It makes sense. Um, you know it has a dark and sordid past. I mean, he said it was cursed. That's kind of true of all places in Ustalav. Um, but you did discover some information in the library. Uh, we, I tried to find what show you guys did your, your library checks on, and I couldn't, couldn't find it for the life of me. But I want to refresh your memory on what you do know about, at least about the asylum, because it may lend some information about the history of Thrushmore. You know, oh, this the, the witch? Yes, the witch. You know, the asylum was founded about 120-something years ago with the support of Count Hazerton Lowell's the first and Rosenport's Cinco Macti School of Sciences, which is, you know, the big school of... Uh, it's the big Cthulian school out here. Um, it's like, uh, what's the... What's the call of Cthulhu uh, school? Arkham... Oh. Uh, Miskatonic. Miskatonic. Miskatonic, yeah. It's like right. the Miskatonic of uh, Galarian... You know that the asylum yeah, was originally... Yeah, Terundalar in chat said Indianapolis was the library, and you thought that, but you just couldn't find it. Show one or show two? I can't remember. I, I looked, I was skipping around, but I thought it was Indianapolis, because I remember you make, made the joke that, like, we're going to do this all in real time, because it takes hours <laughs> to find out this information. Uh, you know that the asylum was originally intended to be a fort 
position to protect Thrushmore and trade along the Danver River from pirates sailing Lake and Carthen. You know, the fort's construction was plagued by accidents, culminating in the apparent death of its overseer, a man named Captain Enoch Atherton. Come to find out, the captain didn't just die. His entrails were strewn ritualistically across the site when they found him a a week or so later. So construction on the fort halted, and rumors began to spread that Briarstone Isle was haunted, and those rumors started to spread to Thrushmore as well. So Count Hasterton the I convinced the Church of Phrasma to perform an isle, island-wide uh, exorcism. It was successful, uh, but locals across the bay were still saying they saw lights in the distance and the half-constructed structure, and then they started to see things around town as well. And these rumors continued to spread until they attributed the tragedy and the weird things happening around town to a local urban legend known as the Briarstone Witch. They claimed that she haunted the Isle, and she'd curse or kill anyone who trespassed upon her home. In fact, folklore attributes many disappearances and spates of bad luck in the Thrushmore region to the Briarstone Witch. You also learned, and if you didn't, I'll tell you now because we just kept a lot of this off air, that the first reports of the Briarstone Witch date to the early 4000s, soon after the founding of Thrushmore Mm. by a congregation of psychopomp-worshipping homesteaders. These tales, however, attribute many good works to the witch and present her as a figure who's helped the settlers survive their hard early years. However, some of those tales refer to a servant she had in her retinue, a servant called the Tatterman. So I have in my notes, and this is kind of like stream of consciousness. So if there, there may not be connected dots here, but uh, I know we learned at some point that the servant of Hoster and the Briarstone witch were somewhat related, and that Ulver Zandalus and the Tattermans were were in cahoots with Zastor, the king in yellow. Are they all connected, or did I put two thoughts together there? Haster. Yeah, Uh, I can't remember what you guys learned about the King in Yellow. Do any of you guys remember exactly? Because I'm hesitant to say too much. Because Haster did come up at a certain point. Wait, I just want to go back to what you were just saying, Joyce. Yeah, let's cover that. The witch in some, some tellings actually was a positive figure. Yeah, in early tellings, it was like she was a hero. She helped the settlers, uh... Maybe she had some magical powers. Obviously, if she was a witch and she was able to, like, help them get settled. But now you know that she had an assistant called the Tatterman and you know what the Tatterman is. So, um, yeah, I don't think you found out any more. Yeah, I think we just learned that they were all working for Hastur. Um, maybe including the Briarstone Witch. It's not clear from my notes, but I don't think we knew much about was the that a was that a theory of ours? I feel like the Hastor King and Yellow stuff came via Zandalus and Zandalus's followers, right? Not the library. Uh, could have been. Um, this is around the time we found Jenny Two Tales in my notes, so it could have been from the library, honestly. Uh, but again, we'll go back to the uh, indie shows someday. Poor Jenny Two Tales. <laughs> we hardly knew ye. Forget about Jenny Two Tails. Frederick and Marguerite, her parents, her poor, I know. poor parents. That's who I feel sorry for. <sighs> yeah, Grant, just in, in looking at my notes here, it, it seems like you found symbols that were attributed to Hester. And so you guys just started making the connections on your own that there might be some 
connection between the Tatterman and the Dreamlands and Aster. Um, Can you spell that? H a s t u r. And Aster is a uh, you know this this goes into the Cthulian myth- mythos. This isn't a Paizo created uh, character. I think it was started by. Uh, I think the last name of the writer is Ambrose, and then Cthulhu, and then uh, Lovecraft wrote about it. And a lot of people. That's the way the Cthulhu mythos works. Oh, you mean All the King in Yellow? You're talking about? Yeah, the King yeah. Aster is the King in Yellow. Yeah, yeah that's his manifestation here on uh, when he enters the material plane. You know, all these deities have... It's basically like a, a potluck, the way the myths are created about the Elder Mythos. And so everything is true and nothing is true. Oh, Ambrose Bierce. Yeah. Ambrose Bierce. And then Sergeant Boondock is saying Robert Chambers. Yeah, uh, it's Robert Chambers. Robert W. Chambers. And uh, I'm just going to read this whole thing. That way we know what we're getting into. Yeah. You know what's funny is I have a statue. I've talked about this before. I have a statue of the King in Yellow behind me, and I have the book of the play, The King in Yellow. Uh, and as Skids mentioned before on one of our streams, the the whole thing about the play is like if you read the play, it causes you to go insane. And uh, I think, yeah, if you see it, I, th- if I don't you know see if, you, it. if you read it too. But like the first act is like super weird, and then if you stay for the second act, you go insane. Yeah. I think. That and bad, the, huh? <laughs> and a lot of the Cthulhu mythos uh, has to do with, you know, the people who worship it on Earth, if you're reading Lovecraft or on Galarian and the Paisa thing, like, they're trying to find a way to get them over from their realm into our world. You know, they're trying to find passageways. And so a little Why? bit of that, you saw that with, because they worship them, they think that, like, they'll come here with a snap of their fingers like Thanos, just wipe everything out and let them... Uh, be their like their prince or their princess because they help them get over. So they want Got to bring it. these these otherworldly creatures over here to destroy everything and then let them rule over the ashes with these. Uh, yeah, meet those creatures. I, I ask because I'm also trying to resolve this with with Atticus. I mean, this is a big part of Atticus's archetype, and I think it's going to be in a lot of archetypes that are out there for strange aeons. But it's hard for me to even wrap my head around. But, you know, it's, it's like this, this compulsion to study the Elder Mythos. And, you know, it doesn't say you don't have to define why you're doing it. I, I just sort of like that's the way my brain works is like I want to know why I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, because it is so unbelievably dangerous, uh, not only because it could destroy the world, but also because you risk insanity at just the knowledge of it and so but you still press on as this wizard archetype uh and i love it and i want to keep doing it but i just want to try to understand like why do cult followers try to do this what is their motivation there's it's power the in it they yeah, see it as truth. The tr- yeah like there's this is the reality power. that like we all live live in it's like it's the same drive right. that anyone who seeks religion or science or anything it's like they're trying to get at the truth of the universe and this is how they see it Mm. This is what's actually going on. I love it so much, and I don't know why. I can't verbalize why I love it, but like I, it all started probably with, with True Detective, because I'm not a horror guy. I don't watch horror movies, don't enjoy them. The first season of True Detective was might have been my first real exposure to the idea of The King in Yellow and Carcosa and Hastur and this true, uh, you know, Lovecraftian... The, a way to tell a Lovecraftian tale in a modern setting. Uh, now, obviously, here isn't modern, but you know, by the end of book two, you're going to have a much better understanding of how this all works because Great. 
it's it's just a part of the fabric of this adventure so so that's what I think you you know and it kind of uh, accentuates what uh, Crossbow was saying in that like oh this land's cursed everybody's superstitious it's haunted they probably people that still believe in the Briarstone Witch and that's what you're walking into you're walking into a very fearful uh, community Great. Is there any additional role based off of Halster's involvement, even though he's lost a lot of his memory, with the Church of Phrasma being his deity um, that he could do based on the exorcisms or the place of Phrasma within Thrushmore? We can also wait till we get closer to the uh, monument or church itself you mentioned earlier. Yeah, New Chapel. So if New Chapel is uh, the place of uh, Phrasma worship. There could have been an old chapel. Uh, maybe old chapel was Phrasma as well. Um, but what specifically were you curious about? Just to see how involved it is within Thrushmore, if the citizens have any superstitions around it, if that helps inform how strange they are. Yeah. You, you'll you know more when you get in because okay. uh, of the memory lapse. But yeah, it's uh, for you as a Phrasma worshiper, it's a positive sign that there is a, uh, a chapel dedicated to it. Now, if there's a chapel on every corner dedicated to every god, you're not going to feel as special. But even the, the chapel at Briarstone, it was a pan, pantheistic chapel, but Phrasma was the right. main one behind the altar. But there were little things to everybody. So there's a good chance you're walking into an area that like holds Phrasma as supreme. It was also Phrasma worshippers who exercised the island right. in the first place. So chances are they're the number one. I think it's uh, Desna in particular hates uh, like the Elder Mythos gods. Hmm. Like, Get out of here! Because Desna's all about travel, but not that kind of travel. Get out of here, Aston Lowes. Um... So, yeah, the last thing I'll just remind you about is Winter. She's a sister of the Maiden's Choir Cathedral in Kalifas, which is also in Ustalav. She came to Thrushmore with royal accuser Omari to investigate why Hazerton Lyles uh, abandoned his post. Royal accuser, think of it as like an inquisitor. It's pretty sweet. I, and like I said, I'm pretty sure you can play this archetype if you're an inquisitor. You could be like a royal accuser in training. Um and even though they work for the state, accusers, they often involve the church. And so Winter was brought along most likely for her healing abilities. If they thought there'd be trouble, you want to have a cleric with you. Um, she was sent to Briarstone to investigate Laos' connection to the asylum. But just the fact that the Royal Cruiser was brought in lets you know things are not right here in Thrushmore. So eventually... You come ashore. Let's go to roll 20. Oh my God. Let's take it to the limit. Pass my, the my point. Michael, bro, your boat ashore. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to get some good vibes in before we get into what will inevitably kill us. That would be a good song to play under this scene. <laughs> like as you're arriving. <laughs> Oh, now it's creepy. Oh, God, so creepy. <laughs> uh, so creepy. All right, let me, let me get that yellow mist up there, Grant. I like that. Okay, I got um, it up there. From the mist, we're going to take it to a little image of what this town looks like. Oh. Oh, little okay. town. Quaint. Quiet village. Quaint, right? Little town. 
Oh, little town of Rushmore. As you're uh, hopping off the boat, you see the town. Mostly wooden buildings, shingled roofs, dirt roads instead of cobblestone streets, smoking chimneys. It's very hilly. You can see some of the larger buildings and monuments are built upon the larger hills in the distance. There are some people about, and uh, they look at you suspiciously through narrow eyes, but you quickly notice they're kind of all looking at each other that way. So it's not just because you're outsiders. Maybe you get a slightly narrower look, but everyone is just eyeing each other. So there's a tension in the air for sure. You start to walk around. What's your plan? Where do you want to go? The like, inn? The detective oh, agency yes. and the the ancestral home of the Laos. Those are three. Mm. And winter, new chapel to, to get rendezvous with winter eventually. And our characters are starving. So I think the need to get to an inn would be like way high on the list, right? To get some supper. Not yes. Got to hit up the stain. Do we have any money? Lodging. We do. We found money. Yeah, we, 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 we have plenty found of money, money to buy a meal with. I mean, no. Could I borrow <laughs> some of yours? You stole money from plenty of dead guards. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you guys you guys should have some money. Uh, the problem of doing the show live, I don't know how much bookkeeping uh, we have a, was we have done. A, at least 95 gold in between all of us, which should get us a, a room to stay in and some food. Okay. Oh, Where'd you come up with that number? Because writing down 45 gold. gold and or 50 gold on two different encounters for the loot we got. So, <laughs> okay. yes. I definitely have You idiot, not. Joe. <laughs> you dummy. I just thought it was a funny number because I have 93 gold for me personally, which I think is accurate. Ah. Uh, I think that we split gold. Like, if it was coin, I'm pretty sure we split it live during the show. So, we're like, sure. just do this because we knew the bookkeeping wasn't really going to happen oh. right. Well, then maybe it's 95 gold for me, then. Because if we split it that way, maybe there's an odd number. So maybe we each have 95, 93, somewhere in their gold. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, you know, it's weird. You went through that whole first book, couldn't go to a shop to buy anything, uh, couldn't go to a shop to sell anything. Uh, so you have the opportunity to do that here, but you got bigger fish to fry. So your plan is to go try and find the uh, the silver wagon or the stain. You Probably the stain yes. has rooms, too. Uh uh, crossbow made it sound like it was all part of the same building. Great. Maybe they have live music tonight. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that. They do. Um, <gasps> but I'm getting ahead of myself because... Billy Joel? <laughs> Billy Joel? <laughs> live tonight? At the stain? <laughs> Soon enough we're going to be in there saying, man, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's a pretty oh, good crowd. Still off. It's actually a pretty good crowd for a Saturday. <laughs> um, <laughs> we shuffle you, in. Manager <laughs> walks up, gives us a smile. <laughs> oh, we could do this for an hour and a half. <laughs> yes, we could. <laughs> this is right in the wheelhouse of our like uh, dad humor. <laughs> so you start walking in the direction that. Uh, crossbow gave you to go to the silver dragon slash the stain and as you walk around you start to notice something particularly eerie and you saw 
like remnants of it when you first walked into town. You didn't think too much of it, but as you start to see it a few more times, it it just like strikes you as odd. There are these half-drawn murals uh, on just random walls, like. Not graffiti, because there is some artistic merit to them, although that's not the thing you notice, like, what beautiful art. Um, but they, they're just like these charcoal drawings on walls of buildings of a gloomy, abandoned city. Um, and if this town that you're walking through uh, wasn't gloomy enough or creepy, just the way everybody's kind of looking at each other, uh, seeing that just adds an even greater air of despair and pause was charcoal the medium that zandalus used as well or were they just black and white he did use charcoal um but he did have paint as well so does the city resemble this one or does the city resemble some of zandalus's paintings it has a very similar feel uh to zandalus's paintings uh for uh all of you even you sir julie there is a feel to this city that you would find yourself in from time to time uh, while you were dreaming uh, in the asylum. Because even, even though, Sir Julie, you weren't there at the beginning, I like to think that this was happening to you as well if you ever slept outside of the chapel. And you were sleeping outside of the chapel, so every night you were rolling will saves to see if you'd have these dreams. And maybe one night you failed and saw this abandoned city. I don't mean to, like, toot her horn or anything, but Sir Julie is the OG asylum resident. She's probably the longest-serving you know, patient there. She's been there for literal decades. Real Just feather in your cap there. Patient yeah. 001. Come at me, bros. <laughs> Just be very proud. Just be very proud of yourself. <laughs> longest-serving longest resident of this asylum. They gave me a ribbon. <laughs> but you, uh... You see that, and you're like, awesome. That's what I want to see right when I walk into this town. So you head over to... And there's no... I'm sorry, there's no knowledge check we could do in that city, right? We've already done what we could based on Santa Luz's paintings. Yeah, and there's really nothing to see. You know what I mean? It's just like... It looks like what you remember, um, but... Yeah, you know, any knowledge check is going to think, okay, maybe this has some sort of connection to the dreamlands. Maybe this is, you know, one of those cities, but that's really all you know. Why it's here on the walls. Gross. Do you guys want to go to the Silver Wagon or the Stain? Because as you roll up, you see uh, there's there's two buildings. It looks like the Silver Wagon is upstairs and the Stain is downstairs. And uh, it does say live music tonight at the Stain. <laughs> Well, we, we know where we gotta go. Yeah. Poor guy needs some bread in his jar. Right. <laughs> All right, so you uh, you walk over to the stain. There's, there's some people milling around outside. And uh, you walk in. There's, I don't know, a dozen or so, maybe a dozen and a half people sitting around. Uh, there's a couple guys playing music, playing the spoons. <laughs> That's pretty Johnny good. and the Spoons. Oh, I love cutlery-based uh, music <laughs> musicianship. It's great. Uh, there's a bartender. Uh, he's got mutton chops, uh, bald head, big guy. Uh, and you walk in. Who walks in first? Aldo. Aldo? Aldo is by far, I think, the most eager. He fancies a pint, and he thinks it's important that we all get a pint together after everything we've been through. 
Okay. Yeah, you walk in there, Aldo, and there's something so familiar about this place. You don't know if it's Johnny and the Spoons or just the layout, but you're like, I have been here before. Who comes in after Aldo? Tis I, Sir Julie Andrews. So Sir Julie walks in resplendent in her paladin armor, and uh, people kind of, whoa, give you give you an eye, because you're, you're an imposing figure. Hello, fair people. Enjoying your music, I see. <laughs> <laughs> they nod. Uh, it's newfangled song stylings. <laughs> the music has changed since yeah. I went away. <laughs> when I was but a youth, they played the forks. <laughs> I was going to make that same exact dumb joke. Uh, gotcha. I had you it beat me to my terrible joke. I played the forks. Uh, do you have a, an image of your deity on your armor? Um, I mean, I'm sure I have my you know my image of Shalen. If I you know I have some sort of pendant. Shailen. If okay. I not so, no, sorry, not Shalen. Uh, Saren Ray. Like, it seemed like a Shaylin worshiper. All right, yeah. so I'm just curious. I didn't know if you had it like emblazoned on your on your armor. Uh, who's after Sir Julie? I think Halster is like gently elbowing his way through the crowd. He he was a little um, upset, but not upset in an angry way. Just like scared that he was losing sight of best friend. He he really wants to be close to them. He's scared of being amongst all these people. And he only wants to be near, like, the one person that's been kind to him so far. So he's like, excuse me, I'm sorry, Sir Julie, uh, let me just... As she's showing off to the crowd, he, like, ducks under her beautiful cape or whatever's hanging off the back of her armor and gets close to Sheila to get a drink. As yeah, you, I, Aldo yeah, was, good. like, so excited about being here that he kind of loses track of best friend. And the minute he says, oh, oh, there you are, and he throws his arm around him. Like, all six foot seven lanky arms. says, come on, it's oh. hit the bar. Yes, let's let's. That sounds like fun. That sounds that sounds relaxing. <laughs> so you you sidle past uh, Sir Julie and make your way towards the bar with Aldo, and the bartender looks up at you and points a finger right in your face, Halster. It's like, oh no, you don't. Oh no, you don't. You think I forgot about your ugly mug? You're banned from this place. Did you forget? What did you? What did you come to pay your tab or start another fight? They should have kept you in that holding cell at Fort Hale Course for more than one night. If it was me, I'd have locked you up and thrown away the key for what you did to that poor fella. They say he'll never see again. Now get out and take your friends with you. And he comes around the bar and he's this big guy and he's like, "Get out! You get out right now!" And starts kind of like he's not being physical, but he's being physical enough that you guys are backing towards the door. What do you say, Halster? Halster says. Oh, no, no, it's just the gray eyes. I often get confused for other people. Uh, please, sir, I, I would never start a fight. I'm, I'm not a pugilist. Um, I am. Please, um, I'm very hungry. Um, please have mercy on me. Uh, diplomacy check. Nine. Uh, damn! <laughs> 
He's like, nice, nice try. You're a terrible actor, but a hell of a fighter. Like I said, that poor guy was left uh, blind. He can't even see. He has kids. He'll never see his kids again. You think you can just walk right back in here? You get out. I never want to see your face in here again. And as he's pushing outside, you see a man in shoddy clothes, like wearing a signboard across his shoulders. And he's walking up towards the entrance and and shouting, shouting at you and like shouting into the bar. And he's like, doom is coming. The second vanishing is upon us. Pray for your salvation that the Briarstone Witch doesn't come and take you. And Sir the guy's Julie. trying to push you out. He's pushing you into this. Sir Julie? Sir Julie walks up to the sandwich board man and says, Tell me more, kind sir. Oh, what do you want to know? What do you want to know, Sir Knight? The Briarstone Witch is coming, and you think you will be strong enough? You and your false god to send her back from whence he came? She's going to take us all, all into Avalon Bay, and feast upon us. And uh, the guy looks at you, the uh, the owner of the bar, looks at you, Aldo, and... Uh, is basically like, uh, well, he looks past you at the guy that's yelling, and he's like, would you get out of here, El Grior? You're scaring away our customers. I'm not going to tell you again. And then he looks to you, Aldo, and, and to House. He's like, you know what? You want to you lift the ban? Lift your ban from this place? You and your friends? You want a clean slate? You get him out of here, and then we'll talk. If you can actually get him out of here, then I will discuss maybe lifting the ban on you. And then he just kind of pushes you out gets a foot in the door and shuts it behind him. And now you're left with this madman out on the streets. Atticus, you never got into the bar, so the guy's like just right next to you yelling, Oh, the Briarstone Witch is coming! And Sir Julie puts a hand on the guy's shoulder and says, I am very interested in what you have to say, sir. Tell me everything you know about the Briarstone Witch. And she puts a hand around his shoulder and just starts like walking him down the street. <laughs> He, he pulls his shoulder away. He's like, don't you touch me. Don't oh. you touch me. Because you're oh, one of them. You're, you're, you're one of the leaders, like the Count and the Magistrate. All the leaders, they're all responsible. And I bet you are too, because you probably work for the church. You're all working with the witch. They're the ones. You're the ones. You're the ones that called the witch here and made a deal with her. I bet you're going to leave town, too, like all of them did. Because they're, they're going to leave. They're going to leave. And then they're going to come back after the deed is done. So they can have full run of Thrushmore and all the spoils left behind. I know you. I see your truth. You're with them. You're with the magistrate and the count. You're going you're gonna to come here and then you're going to leave. And you're gonna come back Don't you t- Are you gonna touch my beetles Don't you touch my beetles I have them hidden away in my house <gasps> No I've told her where the beetles are She has come this night To steal my beetles You stay away from my beetles You sick pig So Julia uh, slaps him across the face <laughs> Now That was for the pig comment As to the beetles I have no I have no particular preference for beetles. If you like them, then you may keep them. I am more interested in what you say about the magistrate and the count disappearing. They left together? I've been a bit oh. out of the loop. Oh, yeah, act like you don't know. Act like you don't know about the magistrate and the count, because maybe you want to be the new magistrate, or maybe you think you can be the new count. I had a dream. 
I had a dream and I saw the witch rising from Avalon Bay, just plucking townsfolk one by one from their homes with her wicked long nails. Let me ask you this, Sir Knight, future magistrate or future count when there's no one left here to rule over and I'm dead in the ground. Do you believe in the power of dreams? You have no idea, sir, what I have, the power of dreams have had on me and my friends. Your friends? <gasps> what are their feelings on beetles? And <laughs> Sir Julie turns to the others. What, what say you to the beetles? Oh, they're great. I'm more of a Rolling Stones sort of person. I like a bit harder rock, but no, they're great. Empty Overrated. Empty your pockets! Most I want to see if you have my beetles. I can't abide it. No, they're great. You take that back, James. <laughs> this one has stones. Do you have my beetles? What about uh, you? Points a finger in Halster's face. Um, I've just learned that I may have blinded a man. So, um, if you know what's good for you, I'm I might blind you too, and you won't be able to see any more dreams. So you stop talking about your beetles and start telling us about the missing people. Uh, he means it. When he gets like this, I can't control him. Can hold me back. He's like an uh, NBA player trying to get in a fight. He doesn't really you, want to throw fists, but he's like, you, hold me back. Hold me back. You uh, could take away my eyes, but I will never be blind to the truth. The truth that the witch has come and will come again and drag us all underwater. You think I'm alone in my theories? Just ask the fisherman. The fisherman saw the Briarstone witch in a cave just outside of town. Soon all you mindless sheep. He starts banging on the window to the stain. All of you mindless sheep and ignorant fools will be believing, but it'll be too late because you'll all be dead and this night will be the one ruling over you so you realize this guy's gone now there might be some elements of truth to what he's saying but to try and suss it out is hard because he's a raving madman you also know that uh this guy that said halster is banned from this place might lift the ban if you can deal with this guy so how if at all would you like to deal with him diplomacy intimidate beat him up at julie to like kill him so it gets her attention just like so Julie receives the sign uh, and then and then says how do I, I unfortunately I cannot do that I am sworn to protect the good you know sworn to protect the innocent and I cannot enact violence against a fellow like this who is oh a victim of his own psychosis was you know, that what you meant? Sorry if no, I misinterpreted. No, no, sorry, no. I just meant really hammer home the point that everything's all right and he should go away. Not that's what this gesture meant. Sir. Ah, yes. I never what, what would do, What does violence. this gesture mean? The slashing motion across the throat. <laughs> that was like, it's like, hmm, you know, where I come from. It's sort of like a lot of people do it like that against the cheek. But like where I come from, it's like, hmm, there's this thinking what to do. And then it's just like hammer home the point. Tell him to go away. Ah, that I can do. Good sir, kind sir. We have no interest in your beetles. I have no interest in being a magistrate or a count. I am a knight of the Dawnflower, and that has always been enough for me, personally. Now, 
Perhaps we can arrange a later time for you to show us exactly where you saw the witch rise from Avalon Bay, so that we may perhaps investigate ourselves and, you know, do battle against evil if we must. How does, oh, I don't know, midnight suit you? Time no longer exists! (laughs) Well, I'm out of ideas. (laughs) But you can roll a diplomacy check to try and calm him down so that you maybe can reason with him. Uh, If anybody else wants to aid, what do you say to him? I should aid rather than roll the check. (laughs) None of us are good at this, right? Oh, well then I'll roll. I have a minus one to diplomacy. This is not our forte. I'm a plus plus three, so I can roll the check. Oh, man. Um... If you want to aid. All right. Well, I mean, if uh, well, Skinner Joe, roll, you want to aid, talking. you just got to tell me what you're doing, Dade. Uh, yeah, I aid. And uh, be like, look at her. You can trust her. Look how impressive she looks in her armor and everything. I mean, she's uh, she's uh, she's religious as well. I think, I, I believe her. I don't know about you. I aid as well. Atticus? I'm not going to aid. Not going to aid. Just watch this go down. All right, so plus four to this check. Uh, Halster, do you want to make a speech to see if he'll give you any uh, untyped bonuses? Yes. Um, there's always a place in the Church of Phorasma for those who love beetles. In fact, she is the patron saint of beetle collectors. And if you'll allow me to show you this literature on beetle collecting and their place in Phorasma's lore... I will, oh, and then he puts him in a headlock. No, that's not dipl- diplomatic. <laughs> he just wants to get this guy. He, wants he stabs roll. him in the neck with a dagger. He wants to get, he wants yeah, to roll a, check. a heel check to do a full frontal lobotomy on this guy, well, basically. Intimidate is another option, but it seems like yeah. he's going the diplomatic route. He'll just continue to like kind of meander on about the things that he seems interested in to mm-hmm. calm him down, to move him on, and hopefully that'll work. So that will be uh, 14 plus two aids takes it to an 18. He's like, ah, I, you would teach my beetles the way of Phrasma? Yes. Yes, her road is long and twisted, but many beetles have rolled their dung up it before, and many will in the future as well. It's a long and winding road, one might say. Yes. Listen, I might seem a little crazy, but is it crazy? To want your beetles to be blessed before they die so that they'll go to beetle heaven? If that's crazy, (laughs) then I'm crazy. I'm... I will think on this young man. Yes, yes, I will think on the beetles. But you should watch your back, for the witch is coming. And he just slowly walks away, talking about uh, converting his beetles to Phrasma worship. I don't know if I, well, maybe I could. Ah, but Jimmy's going to be a tough sell. <laughs> <laughs> He's always been more of a Saren Ray beetle. <laughs> and that's what he's saying as he walks off. Perfect. Nice. Should we attempt to re-enter the bar without this yeah. madman raving? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I invite Jeepers. Oh, well... Give it up for that guy on the spoons. <laughs> that guy on the spoons. Uh, all right, so you, you kind of start walking back in, and the uh, proprietor comes around again, and he looks, and he notices that Elgrior, 
is gone. And he doesn't talk to you, Halster, but he talks to you, Aldo. Uh, is he gone, gone? Yeah, no, he's gone. He's out there. Oh, no, he left. No, he totally left. He's. You won't see him again, at least tonight. Well, I don't know what you said to him, but thank you. As for you, you can't start any trouble in here again. Now, listen, I deal with people that are overserved all the time, and shit happens. But what you did to that poor man, it's not my place to judge you, but you got to pay your tab. And, and if you do, you're welcome to hang out here. But if you cause another problem like that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find somebody to take care of you, and that's a threat. Um, threat taken, noted. Um, how much is my tab? Ninety-five gold. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Roll a. Uh, is a massive bar tab. <laughs> yeah, like a staggering bar tab. Did, did I pay like for Norm a replacement eyeballs? Uh, here's how we're gonna do this: roll a d100 and divide it by two. That's your bar tab. Okay. Oh my, in gold? Oh my god. Sheepers. In gold? You, That's insane. Dude, what if you roll a 10? Uh, 36, so 18 gold. 18 gold. So imagine that. What the hell did Halster, this <laughs> teetotaling scaredy cat, what did rack he do up. here? <laughs> what did he rack up on that tab? Well, it's, um, it's just casting doubt on what we learned in our flashbacks and our dreams you were talking about this at the top some seem real some seem more uh, abstract and absurd and, and difficult to take as as what happened in the past but just as soon as he feels like he has any bearing on his being after seeing those flashbacks which scared the hell out of him he has more um more uh information to make him believe that he's not the kind of guy he is currently in the past So, you sit down, and uh, you pay your tab, and he uh, he introduces himself uh, as um, Emin. The hell's his name? He's got a good name. Eamon? Uh, Eamon? E-M-M-A-N. Emin oh. Gulston. Emin Gulston. It's like, uh, the name's Gulston. Emin Gulston. I guess you were too drunk to remember. Uh... You're welcome. You're welcome here. I appreciate you paying that tab. You can understand why I was so upset. 18 gold is no joke. Uh, people don't come in here and rack up tabs of that nature and just walk out after a night in Fort Hale course. Um, you're welcome to. You're welcome to hang out. You know what? Uh, first round and and apps are on me. We do some apps. Yeah. <laughs> a round of apps would be lovely. Yeah, no. apps for the table. Apps for the table. Yeah, do you have some sort of sampler? That you can, yeah. A bit of everything. You want to do the sampler? All right. I think uh, we do. Aldo, do we sampler? Yeah, no, sampler. I, I could go for a blooming onion, actually. I can't explain the urge, but I could yes. do that. Sampler onion. would be great, too. Yeah. Uh, anybody have any allergies? No. Not that I know of, but... <laughs> We don't know. So we don't know. Could, That's we could all be allergic to shellfish and peanuts. And you would know. Best way to find out the sampler platter. And that then you just. Sounds like a D100 roll to me. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
I'll bring start out vomiting. Somebody gets an EpiPen. Shrimp cocktail for me. <laughs> it's like shrimp cocktail, lobster tail, peanut satay. <laughs> It's like, all right. It's a Thai seafood. Almond crusted mackerel. Uh, all right, here you go. And uh, I'm sorry I got so mad. Uh, just, uh, you know, no, it's I all right. It's all right. And if- I don't wish to take more of your time. It's very busy in here. I completely understand. But if you could uh, humor me for a moment, I wasn't there, at least to my memory, or perhaps I had too much to drink. But when exactly did this whole incident take place? Do you remember? How long ago was it that uh, my beef-headed friend here started this brawl? A couple months ago, I think. Yes. Well, he's done a lot of soul-searching since then, I can assure you of that. And uh, what started the brawl? Do you remember? Uh, well, uh, this one. Uh, what is your name again? Houster, Houster, but you can call me this one if, if it's easier for you. This one uh, was way in his cups, and he was buying drinks for everybody sitting around him. Uh, he had uh, several young ladies at his table. Uh, he was maybe trying to impress them. I don't know what. And I think someone made eyes at one of the ladies. He didn't like that. And he just walked over to him with a mug of ale and smashed it right into the guy's face, completely unprovoked. Right. His eye oh. popped out, landed on the floor. Ugh. Doesn't I sound called, like uh, you at uh, all. The, yeah, I, I got the guard here. I went outside. Luckily, they were nearby. They took him off, uh, hauled him off to, to Fort Halecourse for the night. He spent a night in the tank. And uh, I went to check in the next day to try and get my money. And uh, they had released him after a day of being in there. Probably because of uh, your, uh, your associations. Somebody said you uh, were one of the, uh, the Count's thugs. Oh, yes, of course. Who was the fellow that's now missing an eye? Oh, I, I didn't get his name, you know. Uh, Has he I been in since? And... No, no, he can't find the place. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I would... That's just lazy improv. <laughs> well, just... <laughs> and mean, too. <laughs> yeah. It's just mean. Uh, I didn't find him. best if you see him. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I should try and find out where he is. There's maybe if you'd want to make amends. Uh, yes. Um, was there anyone else here who might remember the incident? Uh, a regular, perhaps? Uh, someone who also saw it all go down? A regular? Uh, no, no, I mean... Uh, here t- tonight? No, we have plenty of regulars, and you see more people are coming in as it's getting later, um, but... It's like, I, I don't... Are you asking me if I know what clientele was there that night? No, I don't know. Um, All right. But, you know... Okay. Just again, wondering if anyone else overheard something, something that was said, but, you know, perhaps it wasn't simply a look. Perhaps there was something else. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I, that, I'm telling you all that I know. Um, but, right. but once again, you're welcome here, as long as you don't cause any problems. If I see that bar tab going up, I'll be happy, uh, obviously, for the money that we'll be making tonight. Um, but uh, I'm going to have to keep an eye on you. I will just pay as we go. If it's all right. That would be wonderful. I'd Perfect. appreciate that. And how about a room? Is that something that we can negotiate with you, or should we speak with uh, the silver wagon upstairs? I only have two rooms here at the Stain, and they're both booked up for the night uh, with some out-of-towners. Um, but uh, Dana probably has rooms upstairs at the wagon. Um, you, you're welcome to, to go up there and check. 
and right. it's all connected. You just go outside, and there's like a stairway that goes up to the silver wagon. <laughs> what was the bar on top of Cheers? Wasn't there another bar oh, like Melville's. on top? <laughs> it was the restaurant. Melville's. Restaurant, yeah. It was restaurant. a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. But they they were like rivals. They like, yeah. yeah. It was that softball episode. Gary's Old Town Tavern. No, no that, that was Gary's a, Old that Town was the Tavern. Other, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Gary's Old Town Tavern. Uh, uh, all right. So, um, I mean, I, Atticus wants to square away lodging. Uh, he doesn't want to sleep outside tonight. So, um,. Can we go up to that silver spoon place after we get some food in us? <laughs> silver spoon, silver, <laughs> silver spoon, upstairs yeah, yeah. wagon. Yeah, nice to face. I think silver uh, spoons had a Cheers crossover too, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, right. every episode, they <laughs> <laughs> shoehorned it into every single episode of Cheers. Uh, all right, so your plan is to head up there and uh, and grab a grab a bite after you grab a bite and get some rooms. And sure enough, you go up. We'll to do apps. At the stain, right? Main course, <laughs> dinner at the at wagon, the silver wagon, <laughs> a little pre-game at the wag, dinner at the wag. Well, it's two for one at the stain. It makes sense to go with apps. <laughs> yeah, sliders, uh, two for one sliders. <laughs> um. Okay, so you're hanging out there, getting ready to go upstairs. Maybe somebody went and checked to see if she has rooms. She does have rooms. She's very nice, uh, and. Uh, as you're sitting there uh, having a bite to eat, a guy is like eyeing the table and he's this young, kind of ruggedly handsome guy. He's got like a, uh, what are those caps called? Scully cap. He's got a scully cap. Uh, you see his hands are all cut and scarred up. He's probably uh, like a fisherman or something. And he he's looking at the table and then he slides up to you and just slaps you on the back, Aldo. And he's like, ah! <laughs> goes right through your chest. It's like, <laughs> boom, Aldo, Aldo, you son of a bitch. How in seven hells are you? I was looking across the table and I'm like, is that, is that Casimir? And sure enough, it is. I haven't seen you around in a while. Where the hell did you get off to? Hey, it's, oh, it's you. Uh, Man, well, oh, it's been quite a tale. How well, are I, you? I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I just, I felt like we were hanging out, and then, uh, and then you just, you disappear. You know, I, I knew the weather's been bad. I figured maybe you were just waiting out the storms. But I'm at the stain every night, and you never, you never came by. We were having a good time. Oh, of course. And I was wondering as I came in here, and I was like, well, where's he? Oh, by the way, these are my friends. Perhaps they'd like to introduce themselves. You could have some nice greetings. Back and forth. <laughs> Classic. I, I do that move all the time. Yeah. And like, I hate when people don't pick up on it. I know. It's like, you fucking better respond to this the right way. <laughs> Here's one of my friends here. He points at Julie. Hello. My name is Sir Julie Andrews, Knight of the Dawnflower. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. And uh, what's your name? Points to Atticus. Atticus Grimm. A pleasure. Atticus. Like you... Something about you. You look so familiar to me. And so do you, tall guy. What's your name? Uh, I'm House to Price, but be careful when you look at me, because I might blind you, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will. Uh, I feel like I drink too much. I feel like we all hung out, but uh, Aldo, I remember. Aldo playing cards, drinking, going to those parties. 
Uh, we had a good time. I just... Do you remember... Do you remember the night we were playing... We were playing cards here, and those two sisters came up to the... T- what were their names? Betty and... Sweaty? What were their names? Betty and Sweaty? And then there was... And then we went to that... Oh, God, we had some good times. It's good to see you! Oh! Hey, let's, it's great to see you. Let me ask and, you. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your no, name. No, 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 wait. Hold on. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Aldo... Jumps up to hug him, and then he fakes a seizure. He starts like, oh, 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 and just falls on the ground and starts writhing, and then goes unconscious. The guy's watching him. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Is your friend all right? Is Aldo all right? Aldo, Aldo. Aldo kiss will come over top of him, start slapping his face lightly. Aldo, Aldo, nothing. Remember, I'm talking to the guy. I fall over. And what does he do? What does he do? Yeah. Is there a doctor in the house? I'm moaning like, uh, uh, uh. Are, are you all right? He gets down. And he's like, are you okay? Who, who, who's there? <laughs> <laughs> who's oh it? It's, uh, it's your buddy Keldron. 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 And he just pops up and he's just like, oh, sorry about that. Oh, it's been a long journey. Children, everybody. Oh, Keldren. Woo. Just great. Great to see him again. You are a crazy bastard. It is good to see. Do you mind if I sit for a sec? Oh, please. Keldren's welcome anywhere I'm about. What, uh, let me ask you. He kind of looks around. He's like, do you know, do you know what's going on with the Count? Are you, uh... Are you still working for him? I heard he he left town, and uh, now you turned back up. I, I, it looks like he's hired some uh, some new people over at uh, Iris Hill. It's a strange lot he's got over there. You know, certainly uh, not from around here, if you know what I mean. What's up with that? No, we quite don't know, actually. No. He's gone missing. From us as well. We came here looking to see if he'd returned, but apparently not. Alda, roll a bluff check to pretend that you actually remember this guy. Okay. Oof. Uh, Natty 16. Uh, my bluff. Uh, 17. (laughs) 17. (laughs) He's like talking and he's telling a story and asking you about the count. And he's just like... There's a way that you're looking at him that he doesn't, he kind of like, he stops himself. He's like, are you all right? There's something, there's something different about you. Uh, yeah, your little trip must have been something, you know. Old Meb said that you got shipped off to Briarstone, but he's always making up stories. I didn't believe it. But now the way you're looking at me and you're with these guys, were you... Did you, were you doing time over at Briarstone? Uh, Kevin, I, I have to come clean. I just... It's Keldren. Li- Keldren. Can't live with the lie. Um, yeah, we, we were in Briarstone. No I shit. know what they did to us, but to be honest, I don't, I don't think I've been the same since. My memories of you, cherished as they must have been, are so hazy now that I just can't remember much of my time before. That is fucking wild. 
What is it like over there? How long were you over there? No wonder I didn't see you. I'm walking over here. I'm all excited, and you're acting weird. I'm looking at you. You got your weird friends. No offense. And now, it's, so it's true. Oh, Memnu, you went to Prague. What is it like over there? How did you get out? Were you committed? Did you commit yourself? This, this is blowing my mind. I know. I know. Keep your voice down, though. I mean, oh, sorry, it's not sorry, the sort sorry. of thing that you won't spread around. You've been in a, the nut house. But, yeah, um, we don't really know, honestly. Uh, there's, we've sort of kind of been able to piece together like bit, little bits and bits and bobs. But we were there for, I think, a couple of months. I mean, when was the last time you saw me? Oh, God, it's been like four months. Four months. I think. Whoa. Maybe five. I don't know, man. I, you know me. I'm out every night. I, I lose track of time uh, more than uh, most people. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic. A <laughs> <laughs> best friend. They say that you were here two months ago. Is that right? Yes. Uh, apparently, that's when I assaulted that poor man. Um, you didn't see any of that, Keldron. Were you here that God, evening that I apparently blinded you, a man? You assaulted us. I got this fights here every night. But you, t- Talon, I feel like I've seen you and you. Not you, madam, but, uh... Oh, no, I've been in the asylum for more than 40 years. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're all you... We're all you locked up? Are you all... Are you all not chubs? I prefer the term... You know, crazy person. (laughs) I don't think that's preferred either. (laughs) This is wild. This is, let me tell you, things are, things are weird here too. You might have been safer over there. There's people disappearing left and right. You got, you mind if I grab some of this peanut crusted shrimp? No, please. (laughs) Grab, he takes a bite. He's like, you got, there's people disappearing left and right. The leaders of the town are just leaving. These weird murals all over the place. And then there's all these, yeah, then there's these like new people about. They look like rich out of towners. I think, what do I know? But I think they're here to make a move now that the Count's away. So, you know, they think like, oh, the Count's gone. They're going to come into town, shake the right hands, and then they're going to be the new Count. I don't know. But, you know, if you're still working with him, I'd watch your back. Because he's not a not a popular figure here in Thrushmore. And uh, I don't know. It's just not a, not a great place to live. Be honest, I was thinking about leaving. I was thinking about leaving yesterday. I was wasted. And I was like, I'm leaving this town. I'm never coming back. But I, then I woke up and I forgot. I forgot all about that. <laughs> I forgot that I said that. I, I swore a blue streak that I was going to leave. Uh, but now I'm here drinking. I'm glad I came because I'm seeing you and your friends. But listen, you're, you just got out of the asylum and now you're here drinking. I don't want to take up any of your time. Uh, I'm just going to take one more peanut crusted shrimp <laughs> and some of that almond mackerel. And uh, but we should hang out. Uh, do you do you have my number? How do people communicate? I this don't time? know. I don't, uh, give us a crow, I guess. That's all right. Send her in. Here is my address. Come visit me if okay. you ever want to see me. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's good to see. You. I'm glad you're all right. I was worried about you. Old Mev says uh, asylum. I'm like, it's down the asylum. You were. And he starts to walk away, and then he stops, and he's like. I remember. Yes, yes, and he kind of he leans back in on the table, turns the chair around. He's like, "Yes, I. I was, it was going to drive me nuts. I'm glad it's early in the night and I can still walk straight." The last time I saw you, he points at Aldo. You were with him, 
points to Halster. And this little guy points to Atticus. And some old lady, not you, and a green fella. Like, maybe in luck. Oh, no. Was he a loser? He looked like a real loser. Um, Uh, He looked like he'd go down in one hit. He looked like if... Uh, a strong wind would knock him out. Oh, um, yeah. I thought those guys. You know I what, Sir Julie? Or ferocity. <laughs> I expected more tr- from you. It's a paladin. I'm just trying to Serenry. get more info. <laughs> I saw you guys. It looked like there might have been a couple other people with you too. I was over over at the docks, and I was talking to this lady of the night, as it were. And I swear, I swear, I saw you over at Worm's Hook. You know, over by Pier 19. Nobody goes over there, obviously. And so I was shocked to see anyone. I keep looking over there. I'm looking like, the hell's over there trying to talk to my date. And uh, and I'm like, is that fucking Aldo? Is that Aldo? And who the hell is he with? It looked like a group of you were down the end of the pier stuffing like a bundle up underneath the end of the dock. Oh. I'm watching you guys, and I'm like, you know, listen, I know you were crazy. You and I did some crazy shit, but I didn't think you were that crazy to head down to Pier 19. And I certainly wasn't going to leave my date to try and stop you. What the hell were you thinking going over there? Well, well boy, maybe that's one know. of the reasons we were thrown in the asylum was that sort of behavior. <laughs> I don't, that seems like a strange cause to be thrown in. I don't know. You're lucky it ended up dead. How does one get to Pier 19? Oh, you just you, you head down to the water, and it's like it's right between Pier 18 and Pier 20. Oh, okay, so, okay. <laughs> you can't you can't miss it, but you, you don't want to go down there. Do you? What? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Do you not know what goes on down at Wormshook? What the rumors? No. What what? Well, th- about a, a year and a half ago, they found those three anglers just melted right down by the pier. You know, they say kids go over there and stuff, like trying to be brave to show off, uh, you know, but then another guy went missing. So that's why it was just, it's, nobody goes over there. Just was crazy to me that you would go, you're down there, it's like you and a couple other people. I saw you shoving something up under the dock. I'm thinking to myself. What the hell is he doing? I don't know. Maybe the rumors aren't true, but they found three melted bodies over there. So, I don't know. Urban legend, I guess. Uh, welcome to Thrushmore. That's what we do here. <laughs> Anyways, I, I've taken up enough time. You hang out with your friends. You have a good time. We, dude, we got to go out. We got to go out and do it right. We will. Yes. I'm going to hold really you enjoyed that. this time together. So this was I'm great. more of it. <laughs> All right, Aldo, Halster, Atticus, Sir Julie. Where the, I wonder where the rest of your friends are. Anyways, we'll talk. Good seeing you. Good Great seeing to see you. you. Oh, mate. Yeah. Hey! And he goes over to another table. <laughs> it's Keldron Mon. Keldron Mon. Keldron Mon. Sounds like a Star Wars character. Keldron, <laughs> sounds like an alias. Yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the what's um in what's the in the, the X Files re- not reboot but the new X Files uh guy man guy man <laughs> guy man Sir <laughs> 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 so Julie uh, so Ju- so Julie leans in is so what were you stuffing under the pier? Well, now that's the question, isn't it? I think maybe we should take a look. 
maybe there was something we knew we were being sent away and we left ourselves a little prize when we got back you know total recall style yes we are getting a great deal of information about who we are and what was happening here Mm. lots of clues to follow up on the dock seems very promising though dangerous does sound dangerous could I do a knowledge check on that? On, like, people melting? Like, if there's a creature that does that, or, like, a, a disease that does that? or Yeah, maybe a, a knowledge arcana, or knowledge wow. planes. Oh, I can do a knowledge planes. Oh, 27 knowledge. knowledge arcana. Well, that's pretty right, good. Then. It'll be a 15 for Atticus. Uh, there are... Lots of creatures that have abilities like that, whether it be like creatures that shoot fire, if it's some kind of a monster. Um, Were the bodies burned? It doesn't seem like they were burned. Uh, He would have said burned. Melted was the word he used. And you think, you wonder if like just all the blood was drained from them. (gasps) Exsanguination. Exsanguination. Good idea. Chupacabra. And they would look like just melted husks because someone just sucked oh the bones too like they look like a floppy floopy skin bag they look melty maybe we got some vampire action no I don't want to be a floppy floop I don't want to be a floppy floop don't make me be a floppy floop mommy Um, that should be on a t-shirt it will (laughs) I don't want to be a floppy floop James, you, you, you said we were finding out more about who, who, who we are, but do you think that's necessarily so? Do you think it, it could just be we're learning about who we were and we don't have to be that person again that we keep hearing about? I don't like what I hear about myself, James. No, that description oh, that they gave sounds nothing like you now. I mean, Please, I'm shocked. don't overthink it. It is simply an incident. You have no idea what the set it up or what you were thinking at the time or anything like it. Okay. Don't right. read too much into it. All right, all right. This man says that a man looked at a woman you were with funny and you bashed his face in. I refuse to believe it. I think okay. he must have provoked you in some way. He must have been harming one of these women and you came to her rescue, Halster. It's the only possible explanation. Thank you. Um, now, detect evil on Halster. I'm sorry, I'm kidding. I actually can't detect you. Hey, so I was listening back to our last marathon, and I just want to make sure, I can't remember if we talked about it, but your archetype, uh, does it prevent you from having any auras that help us? Yes, that is part of my archetype, is the auras only affect me. Mm. Okay, it's very selfish. Actually, Um, it's uh, it's a psychological uh, psychological baggage, but thanks for bringing it up. Well, sorry. (laughs) I'll just Thanks refer for... to you as a crazy person from now on, <laughs> as is your preference. I'm surprised all the treatment you received over the decades didn't help you with that. Well, <laughs> it might have helped, but I'm currently. But their their tactics were fairly medieval. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> did their tactics at the asylum move from a um, uh, science based treatment method to more of a like magical treatment method during Julie's stay there or did that changeover happen prior to her arrival do you know so, Troy so if Julie was there from the beginning you know from looking at the records of Briarstone they started out with a little bit more uh, 
scientific rigor medieval oh, the, they started a little more medieval and using magic and then they were like let's let's get away from this and oh. focus truly on science so what Lissandro did with the chain of knights was going backwards but she was desperate she was desperate to try and try and save Zandalus maybe for selfish me- measures maybe not oh. um, maybe she just wanted to get published can we so go got check lot, out this pier? You got a lot of information here, you know. So you you know that Winter's going to be back hopefully tomorrow. She might already be back, and she's either going to be at New Chapel where she's going to put the survivors, uh, or she's going to be back at the Sleepless Detective Agency. You think? You don't know. The Sleepless Detective Agency is another place that seems like a great uh, opportunity to get some information. They're a professional organization. Uh, get some information on what the hell is actually happening here without just talking to drunks and mm. guys with uh, signboards on their chest talking about Beatles. Now you hear from Keldron Mon uh, that you were possibly last seen shoving a bag up underneath this pier that's linked to another urban legend in the town. And the last bit of information is you find out that Halster uh, blinded a guy in a bar fight after running an up a tab worth 18 gold. But you got rooms for the night. What do you want to do? Can uh, we go check out the pier? Yeah, I'd like to go check out the pier under cover of darkness in case there's anything valuable that we hid for ourselves. Whatever it is, I don't want to be seen looking for it in case so I want to, I'd love to do that before we turn in well, allow me to offer another perspective as one who would have no problem at all skulking in the pure darkness into the darks uh, you all would be unable to see and so you'd be casting a light anyway and it sounds like from what our friend says no one goes there anyway so maybe we could go in the daylight and not be so concerned about being um, set upon by something that can see when you cannot and uh, not worry about passers-by seeing us for there are no passers-by. But what if someone nicks it tonight? What if After tonight, four tonight months, it gets nicked? Well, but he's just shouting about it over there. Maybe he's going off to tell somebody else in his drunken state. I don't I trust think no one. Men. I love that idea that you just look over and this couple guys just like... Let's get out of here. Yeah. Let's get out of here. 19? Yeah, 19. Not unless they want to be melted. Don't underestimate our They're drunk. Powers you can't trust there. the judgment. And, uh, and, and Mr. Ma- Mon was there himself. He Mr. saw it. Mon. Well, it's your grave. Hey, Mon. <laughs> yeah, Mon? <laughs> if Where's you wish to go now, adventure, then... Atticus? What's that? Where's your sense of adventure? Oh, I only seek to protect you, Sir Julie. We need so many more of you to keep this world in line. Why don't we... Once once there were more of me. Once. Yes, and they fought too much at night. (laughs) And uh, Sir Julie looks over at Aldo and, and, and Halster and is like, I think, as a theory, Atticus is afraid of the dark. Shut up. No, I'm not. <laughs> I heard you. Um, yeah, so Atticus brings up a good point. You know, it is dark, and Atticus is the only one with dark vision. Uh, you could use and a, as light, you know, a light source or, or torches. As you know, but our GM is notoriously 
unforgiving when it comes to anything like ambient moonlight or starlight. If it, if the sun has gone down, <laughs> one cannot see their hand in front of their face. That is the what it looks like outside. Could be maybe a dim light situation. <laughs> Uh, I do agree that it makes more sense to do it during the daytime, but Aldo, I think, really would be concerned because this guy, he just remembered this happened. Right. And now he he's off talking to God knows who else. So I, th- I would think that there's a, at least a chance that he or somebody else is going to hear about this and go try to find, find it before we do. But Houster says, theoretically speaking, anyway, I, I don't see anything wrong with being afraid of the dark or lighting a candle by your bedside. Um, Don't try to defend him, Hauster. No, we no. know that you are not afraid of the dark. It's just Atticus. Okay, good, good. Um, but again, no judgment if um, he were. I, however, have him immune to fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, you guys have to make a decision. All right, let's Aldo's just... here. Atticus is over here, pretty clear. Where are you two? Let's go. And then Halster? Halster is terrified, but he's going to follow uh, Aldo wherever he goes. It's his best friend. Right. Uh, Halster do really follow. doesn't want to go, but he will just Aldo keep off a bridge. He jumped off a bridge. Okay. All right. So you're going to head to the pier. Let's do this. And Halster will cast light on his uh, shield. Is plus one heavy wooden shield. Okay. You make your way over there through this now dark city. It's not like it was super light when you arrived because the fog and the rain clouds, it's just a gray, dark place. You see more of those murals pop up from time to time. Just makes you feel like where the hell are we and what is going on here but eventually you get down to pier 19 is it area. still raining it is an area affectionately known as worms hook and you see the dock in question driving rain just pours down on the decrepit docks boards with a sound like a score of out of sync drummers. Gentle waves lap against the barnacle studded posts that hold up mm. what remains of this sagging dock. And you see, Atticus, I'll say, can see what looks like a metal pail just resting, sitting at the end of the pier. There's a gravel path that leads from the road that you traveled to get here to the pier and there's a nearly collapsed shack sitting at the edge of the water nearby probably a a bait house that looks totally abandoned uh, perhaps after the rumored events that happened in this area the pier stands about five feet above the water and stretches about 60 feet out into the channel let's go to roll 20 you know, let's just go to roll 20, check it out, have some apps. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Atticus is going to cast 
mage armor on himself. Okay. Obviously. Takes you four hours to get from the gravel road to the beginning of the pier. That's wildly inconvenient. Oh! (laughs) Speaking of four hours, we're level four. Oh, I didn't roll God. any HPs. Yeah, oh my God! We didn't even I don't talk even know about what it. Talk abilities about the are. Level. We got to. You know what? Let's talk about this. I, I didn't have it on my list. I was just like, remember to talk about the level up. This is. Can I just say how fun this is? This is what we used to do before we had a podcast. We just played on Saturday afternoons. Uh, this, is, this is just fun. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying this. Let's talk about level four because yeah, God, in the in the heat of that last marathon, you guys. Leveled up after barely defeating the the Tatterman. Uh, fourth level's a big one. You get some ability score boost onies. Atticus, <laughs> you're the one chomping at the bit. What'd you get? Yeah, let's go, because I think I'll probably be the most boring. Wizards are, you know, generally pretty boring. It's all just kind of spell-based. So right. uh, they're, they're so interesting, though, when it comes to how spells work. I mean, the more I dig into it, the more I'm like, oh, my God. It's, it's so interesting because it's all about study and money. Like you can just buy spells. You can just, you have to just take time to learn spells. Um, it's, it's very unlike other classes and how they work. Uh, yeah, he doesn't get anything, uh, really. <laughs> I mean, except uh, the, so the ability score, I just did intelligence, uh, but it, it took me from 18 to 19. Okay. So at eighth level, hopefully, if I make it that long, I'll have a 20 intelligence. But Or you'll get a headband, and then at eighth level, you'll be. Uh, 20 what do you have now 19 you'll be a 22 which is sweet yeah yeah it'd be sweet so um yeah i guess that's it i got a couple new spells but uh, literally two new second level spells that i added to my spell book for free i'll bring those up when i uh when they come up and i um uh i took to remember we got the chain of knights so that's another thing i'm saying is like even as he's going to this doc like he's got the chain of knights like under a fold in his uh like uh suit coat that he's wearing and he's just like constantly sort of like touching it to make sure that it's still there he's very frightened of its power but also does just doesn't want to let go of it at all uh and that book as i delved into it after our last marathon has five spells that are fifth and sixth level so they're just like really powerful dream-based spells including nightmare that are well beyond him right now but he's he's got them um and i guess that's about it yeah that's it. So you didn't get access to any higher level spells. You just got more second level spells. Yeah. Next level, I'll get third level spells. Yeah, but that's yeah, a, fourth level, I'm still at second. It's a little game changey. Uh, all right. Let's roll for hit points. What are you, a D6? Oh, yeah. D6. Oh, and we have a, we have a special camera uh, oh, the, on my dice tray this evening. I don't know if you want to use that. It is a Strange Aeons Marathon, which means we have new visual uh, innovations to bring you. We have the fresh... Brand new. Joe's going to roll cam right on stream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. D6 for HP. Let's see. All right. Uh, oh. Ooh, I got to see it on the buddy. stream. Oh, five. Can we see it? Oh, you can see it? Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Five. Yeah. Excellent. So you got a five. Excellent. That's great. I'll uh, take it. What about uh, old Aldo Casimir? You've, so, got a, you've got an interesting situation here. Yeah, I realized that I didn't like the archetype that I was. I was mad oh. scientist. That was the mad scientist archetype. I think it was one of the things that was voted on. I just, I like the name, but I, I realized that the powers that it gives you, the one that I had was this 
uh, it was an ability to like you use one of your extracts and it gives you an extract of a level higher than your than the one that you took, but it's random. Yeah. So it was like I'll never use that. It's I will I will never ever use that. Like it could be fun, <laughs> but like I don't want to. So I wanted to shift from that to being more of a bomb focused like regular alchemist. I just want to be regular mm-hmm. alchemist. So the problem is that if you want to retrain, you have to retrain five days for every every alternate ability that you have that your archetype gives you. So at third level, I have one. So I'd have to study for five days. At fourth level, I would have two. So it would be ten. Not knowing how long we would have on that boat, my plan was to stay awake for five days, not go to sleep and thus level up in the morning. And just do all of my retraining over that period. Now, how would you stay awake for five days, Aldo, you might be asking? Well, I'll tell you. Homemade Pepsi, which is what I was talking about. I have a whole bunch of it. So I'm just jacked up on homemade Pepsi and no sleep for five days. Going over my book, studying how better to make bombs. And so that is my, my new thing. I have a couple of different discoveries now. And I got rid of that stupid power and I don't have the other one. So I'm, I'm good now. You are good now. So, uh, what is the effect of not sleeping? Are you like shaken? Fatigued. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fatigued. Yeah. That's what it is. I don't know. Just... I don't know if I've slept. I don't know how long it took. I don't know if I still haven't slept. Yeah. I, if... I think that's a fair trade off for at least now you're fatigued until you sleep okay. in a warm bed. So, that's a minus two to strength and deck. So, it'll, it'll, okay. it'll make you to hit on your bombs a little bit less, but uh, it's a fun so little So, I still haven't uh, leveled up then. It's technically... Yeah, technically I haven't leveled up. Technically you need to sleep. Oh, boy. Stay in the yeah. back yeah. Uh, <laughs> when a fight comes up. Uh, all right, so we'll we'll hold off on talking about yours, but that is very cool. Uh, what about you, Grant? I used to be terrified that this party was going to TPK around every corner. Every encounter we had was another brush with death. Now I'm convinced of it. Because my archetype, the Disenchanter, has replaced channel energy with mystic interference. Oh, dude, the archetypes are all so bad <laughs> for like survivability. Like they're very cool and weird. But like, I, I was looking at my thing, and I'm just like, oh, okay. So I got rid of Scribe Scroll. You know what I mean? Like this like very, very basic and valuable thing for survivability of a party that a wizard can bring. Gone. You get it for free. It's gone. We have, gone. We have no one to thank except for the Nash. Thanks, Nash. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Nash. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I might want to do the same thing if he has enough spare Pepsi, but I'll, I'll tell you what Mystic Interference does. It allows you to spend two of my fervor points, uh, which are very useful. To give everyone within 30 feet a plus one bonus on saving throws against spells and spell-like abilities for four rounds. So I don't know. If you guys can talk me into that being really useful or better than channel energy, uh, let me know. No, it's not better than channel energy. I mean, a plus one to saves is great, I think. But, like, channel energy uh, can can harm haunts, (laughs) you know what I mean? Which is going to be riddled through this entire adventure. Yeah. Um, and we have no other way to fight them. <laughs> I mean, I have other healing capabilities. I can Will Sir Julie be able to channel? Or never? Uh, spoilers, because of her arc. But no. Yeah, <laughs> so brutal. 
So yeah, I mean, it's up to you, Grant. It costs money too. Um, it costs a good amount of money, but I could I could rule the same thing that I rule for Skid that you're not leveled up yet and you're fatigued. Um, but uh, Skid works out what the the cost is. I, can't I think it's a hundred times no, your level or something. Uh, for to change archetypes, it's there's no cost. Oh, there's no, no cost. Okay. No, it's just time. As far as I can, as far as I read. Um, this could also potentially be, it doesn't have to be retrained as you level up, does it? Can you do it like at another period of time? Could we do this later on? Yeah, it would just cost, yeah, it just costs more time, more abilities you have to swap. Yeah, so so let's roll with it. Maybe it'll come up as being useful. I also get Sacred Weapon plus one. So to Daggers and Kukris, my Sacred Weapons are now Magical plus one. And that stacks on top of anything up to a, a total of plus five when it really levels up, which is neat. Um, for, uh, I have some really neat new spells, uh, went through the spell book and found some new spells that will also come out in combat, but that kind of go along with some of the, the flavor and the, um, kind of eerie evil that you see in a bunch of Halster's flashbacks. Um, so that, that'll be neat to show that side of his character and it made sense to do it now. Um, you ready to roll HP? Yeah, let's roll some HP. Uh, there is a cost for retraining, by the way. Um, I think it's like 400 gold, but we'll, we'll figure it out later. Uh, figure out how you guys pay that. What are we rolling? A D6? Uh, D8. D8. Nice, nice try. Uh, here comes the Granti theft system. Bwah, bwah, bwah. Um, Granti theft. Uh, that is going to be a two for me. I rolled a one. <gasps> oh, oh, no. no. Oh, man. I get to try out a brand new archetype after he dies this round. All right. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's so painful, Grant. Uh, very, very, I kept very looking painful. at him like, is that a seven? You know, oh. a one and seven. No, it's definitely a one. Oh, oh well, that's gross. I'll be pre-recording these in the future. <laughs> Sir Julie Andrews, what does a fourth level Sir Julie look like? So Pally, Pally, she does. She gets an extra smite evil per day. Great, which is going to come in handy. Uh, normally, she would get, an, uh, she would get the ability to channel positive energy or channel energy uh, because of her archetype. She does not. What she gets instead is the ability to convert two uses of lay on hands, which you would have to use for channel energy. Uh, to instead give herself an extra smite evil. Oh, I see. Yeah, the idea is it's not selfishness. It's that uh, a tortured crusader can't ask others to confront the same horrors that she's faced. So it's she's led too many people to their deaths and seen too much, and she can't ask. She can't. Her her, her auras don't extend, and her channel energies don't happen uh, because of that. So that, but she does get access to spell casting, uh, so I can cast cool. a, a first level spell per day, and uh, I, I got my ability score bonus, which I added to strength. Ooh, uh, let's talk about HP. What is your die? D ten. A D ten. Oh, we got another one and a two. Let's find out. Uh, you go. Eight. Ten. Ten. Oh. Nice. Stay in the back, guys. Oh, that's so good. Our paladin can stay alive a little longer. So, Grant, did you decide to retrain as well? I wasn't. 
hundred percent paying attention. Um, you know, I'm having trouble deciding that now. And the I cost thinking, for all retraining, if it matters to you, is ten times your level times the number of days. Also, as far as the cash, I didn't realize that there was actually a cash cost to just re- within the archetype. Mm-hmm. I would argue, did I even have those powers to begin with? Because I never used them once. I think it's a fair argument. Uh, and also, it's rule of fun. You want to enjoy the character that you're playing. So I'd rather I, enjoy the character. I'd rather f- find a creative uh, way to do this. Now, Grant, I feel like you may have used some of your archetypal abilities, but again, I'm not going to rake you over the coals for this. No, that's um, the first ability that then the archetype that gets replaced. So it would be the very okay. first time. Uh, it would be uh, an affront to democracy and the, the tournament we had for everyone. But... It's true. Um, oh, dude, you could do nothing. You could not retrain at all. You could do nothing. Okay. And just not take the archetype. Right? Oh, well, that's right, because technically you wouldn't have to make the decision on the archetype until it mattered. I, I mean... <sighs> again, this yes is so, no, like, nitty... Yes no, but, but I know for retraining, it's just about when an ability replaces an ability is when it matters, when, like, the money comes in and stuff like that. Yeah. Here's yeah. why I want to go towards deleting the archetype. It hasn't shown up yet, um, but also just, it's not just about having fun playing it. It's also just about being useful in circumstances. Yeah, for sure. And I think we get frustrated when like our characters can't do anything and it like ends up making like things become a slog when they shouldn't. So if you're cool with it, I'm ready to delete it. Yeah, I would say just go with my blessing. You can, uh, you can change it. Um, but just uh, the penalty will be you're fatigued and you can't level up till tomorrow. We could die here. You could die here, and then you don't have to worry about it. You can just go Schmaldo Schmazimir. I will say that the 2 HP is a bummer, but given that I rolled 8, 7, 8 on the first three levels, it's evening out to a decent amount. Oh, yeah. Um, and so then, you're not that far behind as a total character, yeah. Right. And then the, the, the other thing that's tough uh, for me is I ended up going, I had two scores at 16. Uh, my con was at 14. Uh, I boosted strength up to 17 in the hopes that, I mean, I don't know. It, it really wasn't worth getting, I mean, it, it might be worth four, four extra hit points at this point to change it to constitution rather than strength, but I wanted to be able to hit a little easier. Um, yeah. Well, think so. about it. You got some time, um, okay. but we'll say that you and Aldo are fatigued and you'll level up tomorrow as you approach this dock. Oh, Hey! Uh, welcome back to the Shit Time Fun Bunch with the Poop Gang. <laughs> I got a Kit Kat. Uh, it's a Key Lime Kit Kat. What? Oh, uh, I've seen those. Troy, I, I also have a green Kit Kat. Oh, is yours Key Lime? No, it's matcha. The superior flavor. Matcha. Yeah, mine is, uh, mine is American and delicious. Um, <laughs> it, uh... It tastes so good, and uh, I can't eat the other ones until someone else is monologuing. Um, that was a fun first half until the uh, horrible end. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Really fun. Glad Just... we're working out the kinks before we're back on the road. <laughs> hey, don't forget, to... you said you're editing it out of the video and the audio. Those people don't know what happened, and so, yeah, it was. It was the worst. Yeah, I, I used to mock Joe when he tried to use Instagram 
But really, Joe has managed to evolve. And now, Troy, you're the old man who <laughs> who gets mad at the cloud or technology doesn't work. And uh, yeah, well, the thing is, it's like I don't I, I, I only have myself to blame because I take zero time trying to learn it. Uh, but the problem is, it's like I'm just I, I just try to use the basic functions because I don't want to use all of the other nonsense. And then you change the basic function, functions, functions, munchkins. You change the basic functions. It just drives me nuts. Uh, but we figured yeah, it but out. But so you realize everything that you're saying is not helping you in the argument against Learning you're like it. an yeah. old man using technology. <laughs> like that's exactly what my dad says. He's like, all I needed was the basic function. I didn't need all this other stuff. And Why can't I the just basic e- functions? Well, I think we just had a breakthrough. Troy just admitted that he had only himself to blame, and I think that is a large well, step. That's for huge. I, I that's will, huge. I, I, listen, I'll admit that I not spending any time to try and learn it. That's fine. I don't have time. Uh, that's why. But. In this case, uh, there actually was a change that fucked it all up. So it's not my fault. It's my fault that I didn't learn it. But it's so not it was my a, fault. It was I'm, a glitch. It no, wasn't it's not a, a glitch. But I think this part of you guys are thinking <laughs> that like, oh, Troy's just saying that they changed it. And they didn't. He just can't figure it out. No, they changed it. It was already garbage. And they made it even more difficult to navigate through the garbage. I feel like I was thrown in a landfill. And they said, find your keys. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Well, like such a specific reference. Has this, one, has this happened to you before? <laughs> yes. One step forward, two steps back, I suppose. I'm with you, Troy. I think if there's if they change something, and there is a legacy mode, so it operates the way that people who are used to it want it to operate, it should just operate the way it used to operate. And the solution was turn off both modes. That's the that was what we discovered in the break. Uh, but anyways, I digress. We digress. Can someone talk for a while so I can eat these Kit Kats? No. <laughs> we learned a ton. There was a ton packed into two hours before the wheels fell off. You know and what? I will say, if you want someone else to talk, I'll do some talking. I'll do some talking right now so you can eat some lime Kit Kats, key lime Kit Kats. I went out for in our brief intermission uh, and to the amazing smell of Taco Bell. I don't know if there's Taco oh Bell fans. No better God. smell on earth. There is a Taco Bell, a, a, a softball's throw from my house, and I never go. I actually don't think I've ever gone once in the three years that I've lived here. Um, but I come out and I'm like, college. Like the first, like as soon as the smell hit my nose. And here, my wife had the kids down at a, at a park, brought them back. And decided to go to Taco Bell. Like, I don't know why, but I was just like, did you go to Taco Bell? And I'm like, what (laughs) is left? And she was like, I didn't even think. I thought that you were going through until five. I'm like, did you not give me any Taco Bell? I'm like, I'm coming out so hungry. (laughs) Nothing to eat. Uh, I'm like, it was just torture. An empty bag of Taco Bell in the kitchen. Oh, that's the worst. it It was terrible. But I did find myself, and this is where I'm getting back to why that first part was so good. I found myself just like unloading to my wife, like what's happening in the story. <laughs> and like, she don't really doesn't care about this shit at all, but I couldn't help myself. I was like, it's so fun. Cause it's like, you walk into a bar. It's just like, no, 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 not again. Not when you do. And it's just like, what was I doing here? Who was I? And then somebody else being like, well, I saw you guys down at the docks. And so I'm telling her, I'm like, so now we're going down to the docks. It's gonna, <laughs> we're going to see what happened down there. And she's like, wait, you just got to the docks. You don't know yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, she was That's into it. Exciting. It's a cool story. All right. All right. That makes me feel like we can do another couple hours.
Okay. <laughs> Your sheer excitement. Uh, thank you for letting me eat those Kit Kats. They were delicious. God, what is good. is it just the chocolate that's key lime flavored, or is oh, it the, also the filling? It's basically got a lime coating, and and uh, in, in the inside, it's got sort of the cream. It's just it tastes like a key lime. You close your eyes, you think you're eating a crunchy key lime. But Troy, you let me know in 20 minutes. I always have problems with lime flavored candies. Bad aftertaste. You let if me know if you have an aftertaste. Oh, I thought you were say if you start um, if your asshole starts leaking. <laughs> That's my problem with key like lime. Fifteen minutes after I have a key lime pie, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's, it's just, just your just anal drainage. Right, we talked about it before. It's the second slice of key lime pie. That's why you never have the second slice. <laughs> right through liquid. me. Yeah. So if you start sitting in a puddle of Troy in about twenty minutes, let me know. All right, we're gonna play a little uh, Pathfinder. Yeah, you learned a ton. Uh, in that first, in that first beat, a lot of information. I like that. I like to throw a lot at you. Now you decide where you want to go. Uh, Atticus was a little like, I don't know if we should go to the pier. It's night, but this town is dark and crazy anyways. It's not going to be much better in the day, or maybe it will. But you decide, you know what? I want to know what's in that bundle if it's still there. So you go to the dock. Let's go to World 20. Yeah, Rain. what I'm happy to see is that uh, it's very well lit. So we don't have yes. anything to worry about based on the map. So based yeah, on the map, it's it is the middle of the day. I would try to do something to make it dark, but I don't know how to use this program. <laughs> so, uh, there the four of you stand. <laughs> the funny thing was, it looked perfectly dark, and then you you changed it. It, it was very like grayscale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that was what I needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take another quick intermission. And, uh, <laughs> fucking nonsense. Uh, uh, All right, so this so pier we're move looking yourselves? at. This is Pier 19. Yes, I can move Atticus. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's Worm's Hook. Six, okay. oh, Atticus taking a quick dip. Somebody <laughs> else moved Atticus. That was me. <laughs> As is tradition. This is the shack that looks all but abandoned, uh, totally dilapidated, starting to cave in. Um, and then you've got this pier jutting out into the ocean, and you see a little rusty old bucket at the end. Atticus, Atticus can see that. What do you guys do? <clears throat> well, I suppose we go check out where we were stuffing something up under the dock there. Ooh. Would you like to head up there, Halster? Or Sir Julie? I'm wearing heavy armor, and I suspect that if I fall into the water, I will drown. So I shall bring up the rear, though perhaps we should take a listen into the shack to make sure we're not set upon by things behind us. So, Julie, we're not going diving. We are going to the very edge of the water. You're going to drown. <laughs> I live my life by code, Atticus. And one element of that code is, if you can fall in the water, you will fall in the water. And if was, you're wearing armor like I am, you will drown. I was hoping Sir Julie was going to say, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, let's check out. Let's let's take a listen in on the shed, uh, see if there's any boogeyman inside, and then move on to the dock. Sir Julius happen happy to lead the way unless Halster wants to go first. Uh, you're more than welcome to lead the way if you really know no fear. I mean, it doesn't make sense for Halster. To, Halster will be right on your side, right next to you. In fact, immune to fear. Yeah, because you're immune to fear, he's taking your your lead as example. 
Uh, Celia will slowly approach the shack, rolling perception as we go. And Aldo is going to pop an extract off of his bandolier, shake it up, drink it, cast shield on himself. Okay. 20 on perception. Excuse me. 20 on perception for Sir Julie. Okay. Um, You listen near the shack. You don't hear any movement, anything within. Uh, Only thing you hear is the sound of the water lapping against the shore and against the sagging wooden planks. Um, is there a door on the shack, or is it like, or the, is it so broken down we could see in if we got close enough? No, there's a door. It's actually broken, laying on the ground because it looks like the uh, the ceiling kind of caved in and crushed the the opening of the door, which would have popped off the door. So you take a look in. It's nothing. Looked like there's a little uh, uh, counter where things were sold, but you don't see anything or anyone. Just shingles lying on the floor. Can I detect? Can I detect magic? Yeah, you detect magic on the shack. Wait, no, I don't even know if I can yet. Oh, no, I cannot detect magic. You don't detect magic on the shack. Uh, Atticus can. He will detect magic. Do I detect the presence or absence of magic? Absence. Absence on the shack. What about over toward the dock? Uh, How far does it your range extend? Sixty feet, dude. 60 feet. Um, Which okay. would be about halfway up the dock. A little less than halfway up the dock. Nothing. I detect no magic here. Go on, Hulster. You're fine. As we... I, sh- I shall get- wait for you on the shore. <laughs> I really keep on getting screwed and going by myself, even with the frontline <laughs> fighter now. This is incredible. Uh, as Hulster gets within uh, 15 feet of the shack, the light emanating from his shield begins to fill in the uh, umbrous gaps within. Does he see anything else? No, he just looked down and you see the water uh, lapping. The deck is kind of like swaying, or the pier rather is swaying a little bit from the waves. Okay. And Halster will approach the edge of the dock. At the water's edge, I don't know if it's high tide now in the evening. Uh, maybe we uh, just see the edge of wetness at the sand and the waves lapping at our feet. What's a and river, isn't it? It's a, it's a tidal lake. river. It's affected by the moon's gravity. <laughs> this, is a, this is right into Avalon Bay. So this is a bay, and the water is uh, all the way up, about 10 feet in. You don't know how deep it is. Okay. Houser uh, also has a plus two uh, to swim in his heavy armor, so not great. But as long as it's shallow, he'll raise his shield up towards the bottom of the dock where it was told to us by Mr. Mon. That we were stuffing a bag. You don't see anything there, but you do remember that his story said he saw you guys at the end of the pier. Hmm. Oh, so maybe we go... Oh, at the end. So, yes. Well, so, Julie, I assume you could step back. Um, I could give it a go. Unless, Halster, you want to... Okay. Good luck. <laughs> Elster's charging ahead, that and was, that was right with him. That was the equivalent of Joe 
pulling out a wallet, an uncle that pulls out his wallet to pay at TGI Fridays. <laughs> he never was going to be there, no matter oh, what happened. Oh, you oh, got, oh, you got uh, I'll get you the next one. You beat me to it. Oh, too slow. Oh. <laughs> I'll go to the far end of the next dock. So as, <laughs> as Aldo and Halster are moving forward, I think we're looking through kind of the two wide for comfort gaps in the wood in the dock, trying to see if there's anything blocking the view down to the water below, indicating some sort of, uh, of cache that we've left there. Atticus is also going to take out a, and load a crossbow. Okay. And so Julie will actually step to the side and see if she can see, you know, kind of keep an eye on the water, see if she can see if anything's coming up from any way. She'll have her sword out, just in case. Okay, so Sir, Sir Julie stays back on the shore watching as Aldo and Halster uh, creep towards the end of the pier, and Atticus is back as well. Uh, Halster, you keep looking down, and you just see water through the cracks in the planks. The uh, pier is really moving under your weight right now, sagging. Ugh. Uh, Halster will do a perception check as he moves forward, really looking through until he sees something in his line of sight. Uh, Nat 20. Ooh. Um, this is a after the fact, but Grant I theft is active. Um, so that'll be a 23. Listening to the waves as well, in case there's anything on the wind. You, uh, you look and right where I'm pinging here, right towards the end of the dock, kind of underneath the deck where the bucket is, it looks like there's something stuffed up between the planks. Um, In order to get it, you feel like you'd have to lay down and reach your arm under. Uh, At this point, Atticus, now uh, slightly out on the deck, We'll attempt another detect magic, which would cover the whole dock. Is it detect the presence of any magic beyond Halston? Um, yes. Uh, Halster can do that as well, and he will stay there for 18 seconds to determine the full benefits of detect magic. Yeah, you detect several auras of magic coming from the bundle. Okay. Are you seeing what I'm seeing, Halster? Yes, um, I'm not sure if this bodes well for us or not, but there's magic at the end of this dock. Um, speaking of mundane objects, on the other hand, does anyone have a rope? Should I fall in at the end of this dock? Does anyone have rope on their gear sheet? No, we just came from an asylum. I've got a rope. Oh, well done, Aldo. Bravo. (sighs) Well, I'd, I'd love this friendly umbilical cord, and uh, Halster will tie the rope, cinch it around his waist, and throw the other end back to Aldo. Uh, sheath his sword, put his shield over his back, Captain America style. There's a big magnet back there. And he goes prone the last 15 feet and crawls army style to the edge where the cache is and reaches his hand under. He reaches his hand under... Aldo, do you stay there in the middle? Do you get closer to him? Uh, Aldo is going to get just at the edge of his light aura. Okay. Makes sense. Atticus, you can see the full length of the dock. Do you do anything? No. 
Okay. And Sir Julie, you stay uh, on the shore. Yeah. Watching the water. Yeah. I'll alternate between looking at the water, making sure no one's coming up behind us, looking at the water. Your sight, obviously, limited by your lack of dark vision. But Atticus and Aldo roll a perception check. Oh, not Halster. Okay. I'm so tired. Halster, you can go ahead and roll one, too, actually. Because you're you're not just blindly reaching over there. You're paying attention as well. Ooh. Joe's going to roll. Cam would have caught that natural one. Oh. <laughs> On perception. God damn it. Natural 20 for Aldo. 28. 18 for Halster. As you're standing there, Aldo, <laughs> you see something crawl up one of the posts of the dock. And Halster, you're reaching over there and you your hand brushes up against something and it feels wet and leathery, but then you get the sense that something's nearby and you turn while you're on your stomach and you feel that wet leathery thing in your hand and Aldo you see at the same time crawling up the post and onto the deck this horrid mass of eyes mouths and formless flesh staring in all directions oh no all of its mouths just going gibbering mouther it's a gibbering mouther they're so bad roll for initiative oh they're so deadly oh my god oh dear oh dear I'd say the biggest issue is Aldo and Halster are still third level, and Atticus and Sir Julie are fourth and very far away. And tired. I'm tired. And tired. Oh, yes, it's the third level and fatigued. (laughs) Uh, It's horrible. up on homemade Pepsi. It just balances out. (laughs) That's true. Sir Julie, what's your roll? Uh, 16. 16. Atticus. Uh, sorry, I forgot to roll. <gasps> oh, oh, natural Twanzo! Oh! That's for a 27. <laughs> oh, and you got it live on the stream! Awesome! Uh, nice hey, work, Grant. Hey, hey. Aldo! Uh, 18 for Aldo. 18. Halster. Halster rolls a 13 for a total of 16. 13 for a total of 16. It is a surprise round in which this creature, Aldo... And Halster will act. Aldo, you will be able to act first. You can do a standard or a move. Let me reveal this creature to you. Oh, man. They're so bad. Uh, and Matthew, have you faced one like, of these before? Ah! <laughs> no, That's I don't awesome. think I've ever seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like as it comes for you, and it's so terrifying. Aldo, what do you do? Aldo, oh man. Okay, so he's actually in a unique position with his current third level abilities and sit and position on the dock. He'll fire in the hull and like poof, pops a bomb off of his belt and tosses it at the creature's spot. 
Uh, that is a 13 against touch AC. That is a hit. Okay. Oh, thank God. Okay. Uh, that is 15 points of fire damage. Ooh. Awesome. Awesome. Boom. 15 points yeah. of fire damage. Amazing <laughs> opening salvo. Uh, they're getting that shot, uh, that shot, that bomb off. Uh, Halster. What do you want and to I'm do? also, I'm going to move down on the dock and run away from this thing. It's surprise round, like. so you can only do the standard. Oh, surprise yeah. okay. That's okay. You, you rolled high enough. You feel like you're going to be able to get out of there before it does too much damage. Uh, Halster, what do you do, mover a standy? Uh, Halster feels very trapped at the edge of the dock. Um, the question is, if Halster uh, was unable to level up, uh, does he have, was he able to memorize any new spells? Even uh, yes. third spells. Well, when would when when do you get third level spells? When you level no, no, up? No, just just my my the spells I had at third level. Am I able? Yeah, to... no, you would have had time to rest. Just okay. you wouldn't get the new stuff yet. Then, as a standard action, Halster panics and says, "No, no, no, not again!" And you see two barbed chains materialize out of the out of the dock and whip out at this gibbering uh, uh, mouth. He's cast Barb Chains, and instead Ooh, of making Barb a, Chains, instead of making a trip combat maneuver, uh, because it seemed like this thing's floating, was that true? Um, no, it's kind of just moving slowly. It's like it's a like on the ground, like <laughs> the picture makes it look like it's floating, but yeah, it's the, just kind of blobbing along the ground. All right, well, these chains are going to just do standard attacks. Then here's the first one, uh, twelve to hit. 12 is a miss. Second one, 17 on the die for a 23. 23 hits. All right. That will be D6 damage. Two points of damage. Is that slashing damage? Uh, Let's see what type with chains. Here's slashing damage. Slashing Slashing damage. damage. All right. So you notice that it has no effect on the creature as the second chain hits. And it doesn't do any damage. Okay. It is now the creature's turn. You can take free actions during a... Uh, <laughs> oh, this free action is so, <laughs> so unbelievably bad. overpowered. It's uh, <laughs> a free action. A little free action during a uh, surprise round. Let's see if Sir Julio... Sir Julio, right at 60 feet. Everyone roll a will save. All right. Uh as it starts gibbering, catch it on the Joe's gonna roll cam, where you'll see the live natty eighteen, <laughs> natty nineteen for Sir Julie, natty Sorry, twenty-five. The two who matter least in this moment. Yeah. Uh, what about Aldo and Halster? <laughs> How's a natural one suit you, mate? Oh, oh no. no, we need Aldo. Oh, and Halster ten. <gasps> Both Aldo and Halster are confused for one oh, round. Oh no! Roll of the dice to see what they do could be damage against themselves, damage against their allies, or maybe they'll be able to. Attack the creature, or just babble incoherently as this maddening sound, like an earworm, gets into your brain, and you're like, Gah! "That was its free action." I believe I can take a f- 
five foot step. So it will five foot step and it will then take one attack on Halster as one of the mouths bites out at you. Uh, Natty 19 for a 26. That'll hit any AC I have. Couple things are going to happen. First is going to be the regular damage, which is one point of damage. Not bad, am I right? Then the free attempt to grab is going to be a natural 20. So one of these mouths just (laughs) grabs onto you, and as it grabs onto you, it starts widening. It is round one. And it is Atticus's turn. I hate this. You just, you think that the wizard can fix everything, but not at fourth level. Uh, oh. Duh. Um. Okay. Um. Let's see. Oh, now that it's all up with Halster, this is super bad. <laughs> At least you're fourth level. <laughs> Where's your head at? You were thinking about an AOE spell, but now you're like, well, I can't because Halster's there. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about color spraying it, which I think it, you know, at best would give us like one round. But it would be way worse for Halster than for it now. If but Halster that's a cone, it. right? Couldn't you just step one step further back and just target it? I mean, not with this dock and the way it's located. I can see no cone that doesn't hit you unless there's an edge of the well, cone. Actually, I can stand next to Aldo, yeah. but I'm still that's a full round away. Uh, another thing is, well, let's see if we can get Aldo out of this confusion. Then I might have an option. Um, uh, can I, first, I'm going to do a knowledge. Okay, so this is uh, an aberration, right? So it's dungeoneering? Uh, yes, it is an aberration. Uh, uh, let me just throw this out here, too. Uh, on that successful grapple, Grant, you take one point of con damage as it drains oh. your blood. Oh. Um, and then the other question I had is, I'm guessing in the surprise round where it kind of moved onto the dock, am I standing now? It's not grappling me while I'm prone, right? Do you think I stood up at the same time it kind of moved to where it was on top of the dock? That's fair. Yeah, okay. that's fair. Ooh, the way this, the the uh, the generosity Troy is showing there is, is uh, very scary to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. These things—they're really bad, really, really bad. Uh, all right, I don't have an answer. I just don't. Uh, I'm going to uh, try and uh, knowledge dungeoneering. Um, yeah, let's just see. Knowledge Dungeoneering. That is a 16. Okay. It is, in fact, a gibbering mouther. Um, I can give you one point of uh, interesting information. Is there something specific you'd like, or you want me to just give you something? Um, um, How about uh, how it reacts to mind-affecting things? It is, is not it immune? immune to mind okay. affecting effects. Okay. Uh, okay. I am going to move up 20 feet. Okay. And then I will just attempt to shoot it with a crossbow. 
Uh, really tough shot here. Okay. Uh, here we go. Great. Natural 20. <laughs> wow. Needed it. Needed wow. it. Wow, did you need that. Uh, roll to confirm. With the Joe's going to roll cam. To confirm. And the Joe's going to roll cam. That is a 19, but it's minus 4. So it's a 15. It's not confirmed. Of, oh. Yeah. Unconfirmed. But, but exploding uh, Johns. Exploding dice, yep. All right, let's explode it. Here we go. Uh, three. Three points of piercing. Did any of that go through? Uh, it appears the piercing did go through. Oh, it hit an eyeball. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, it didn't go through. I lied. Oh, okay, so it's only bludge. Yeah. All right. Uh, it did nothing. It, it, it will not be hurt by all slashing weapons. Yeah, so you needed that crit to even, like, break through the DR. Uh, unfortunately, you didn't get it. Fortunately, it is Aldo's turn. Aldo, give me a D100 roll. Okay. 49. 49. Uh, I don't have the condition up in front of me. I'm slowly trying to get it. Uh, it is... 49 is do nothing but babble incoherently. Just like the mouths. Yeah. So the, the, the only one better than that is act normally, but uh, everything after that, you take damage or hurt your friends. Uh, all right. It is Sir Julie Andrews, sir, and Sir Julie. You can't see what's going on down there. That must be terrifying. Like, you just, you hear Atticus act, you hear something going on back there, but it's just pitch dark when you look up at yeah. it. I'm sorry. So there's no moon, and this gleaming light at the end of the dock, I can't see a thing. So yeah, you can see everything in the light. At least that's what they were very specific about in second edition. If there is darkness between you and the light that is not magical darkness, you can see everything in the light that's kind of far away. Yeah, I would say, you know, I would say, in, in, think of this in terms of uh, if this was realistic and not a game. You can see, you see shadows moving. Like, you can see in the pale moonlight uh, silhouettes of things happening. But you can't, like, see the, out, you couldn't draw this creature from memory. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but that okay. doesn't make any sense. Well, hold on. Imagine trying to on the beach. I don't mean to attack you, but I just want you to imagine you're standing at the edge of a dock at night. And at night. just at the very end of the dock is a floodlight. Just on the edge of the dock. <laughs> but I can't see anything. No, it's uh, that's that's not how I picture it. So it, all that matters is how I picture it. And you look down there, and it's it's dark. You're sixty feet away. But there's a giant em- shield emanating light in a twenty foot. Tell me what you want to do, direction. and I'll tell you what how it's going to work. I want to target it with a spell. Uh, you can't do it. If I'm going to move, and then I want to target it with a spell. All right, then you got to get the same within... distance. Atticus is. Okay. Okay. So, so Julie will move and sheath her greatsword as she goes. Can't do and that. And I can't do that? No, it's a separate a, action. That's a move to sheath is, Oh, right, it can drop. Uh, all right, for, for now, she'll just hold on to it. And then she will reach out and cast a spell on the creature. Please okay. roll. Okay. Wow. Fourth level pally. Isn't this your first level of spells? Is this my like first level of spells. Level oh. one pally spell zone. Yep. Please roll uh, a very important will save. A very important will save. Thirteen. You got it exactly. Oh, he's so good. Oh, would have saved so Matthew. Oh. Everyone's lives. You know what? If you could have seen it better, you might have been able oh to pull that God. spell off. But uh, it's really fucking dark. All right. That's your turn. That's Sir Julie's turn. Halster, even you get to go before the creature. And let me tell you, good buddy. Big turn. All right. Here comes the confusion die first. 
87. One away from 86. Oh, man, that would have been fun. 87 is deal. Oh, no. Attack nearest creature. So you, you can go. attack. Nice. Oh, Grant. Excellent. Grant I theft in action. You Learning. do have the grappled condition on. Learning about the uh, um, piercing and slashing and seeing two attacks fail against it. This is the time for Halster to use his heavy shield bash. Wah, 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 bludgeoning damage on the way. <laughs> nice. Hopefully this will get through. Heavy shield bash? 21 point. Well, hold on. Let me Question. Can you use heavy shield bash while you're grappled? I don't know. I, it's not a, it's a one-handed it's weapon. It's a one-handed weapon. Yeah, it's it a is. Light. I don't know if Does it's... Does that have to be a light weapon? It makes sense to me I think it only needs would... to be one-handed in order to for the grappled. Okay, then you're fine. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, so that's a total of a 19 to hit with grappled on. 19 to hit with grappled is a hit. Yes! Oh, crap. Crash it! All right, let's... Might as well get the damage on screen, too. Here it comes. Gosh, dang it. Right out of the box. Perfect. Gosh, out of the box again. Oh, out of the box a third time. It's so this unlike is unprecedented. You. No, it's One not. One point of damage. One point <laughs> One of bludgeoning point damage. Of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> it is the creature's turn. Uh, first free action. It, it uh, gibbers again. Atticus and Sir Julie are immune, but uh, Aldo and Halster need to roll again on it. Oh, I'm so glad we're immune. I didn't remember that. That's good. Yeah. Because it's a free action. It seems so awful that it can make everybody confused. But the one nice thing about it is the confusion is only one round. Yeah, but you're again, immune for 24 doing hours. it for free, so it's kind of tough. I don't know. For the record, there's actually an, the, the spell light sheds an additional area of a tw- with a 20-foot radius of dim light. So it is. Here's the thing. I live out in the country. There's no street lights. I can't see 60 feet in front of me. Well, if but there I'm also blind. There was there a street light, a street light right here. That you could. There's a street light on my shield. But also by you. the rules, there is a 20-foot radius of dim light <laughs> around the other light. Of dim light. Right, 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 right. So Halster casts street light on his shield. <laughs> that's, that's exactly why, what that's he did. That's why I let you cast the spell. That's I wasn't going to let you cast the spell. That's my new archetype. Street light people. <laughs> street light people. Streetlight. Uh, all right, what did you roll, Halster? Uh, 20. 20. You're fine, Aldo. Uh, six. God, so Aldo is still confused. Aldo. The creature... Get your shit together. ...will oh. then uh, attempt to maintain the grapple, and then fun stuff shall happen. Uh, got it with a 24. Rocks. Oh. Absolutely rocks. So now, a couple things really are going to happen. First, you're going to take some damage. You're going to take a lot. You're going to take 15 points of damage. Oh, holy moly. And then the mouth engulfs you and swallows you whole. Oh, no. And that just happens automatically. No save against that, right? It, uh, yeah, it happens automatically if it succeeds on the grapple check to maintain the grapple. Whew. So uh, you are inside of it. You take 15 points of damage and two more con damage when you're engulfed. Oh, man. So you're down three con. Uh, few hit points. You're a level behind the main party. You will take damage each round you are in there. 
Uh, you cape the grappled condition. The creature does not. And you know uh, from past experience you can try to cut your way free with any light, slashing, or piercing weapon. Or you can just try to escape the grapple. I didn't think the first combat of this book would be a possible death. But that's why we do it live. Uh, Houser is inside of the creature and... Just for good measure, as another free action, it goes to spit something at Aldo. It just like turns and spits at Aldo. Here we go. Uh, 19 against touch. Yep. Oh, yes, yes. All right, so this acidic spittle comes flying at Aldo. I need a fortitude save to see if it blinds you or not. Oh, I'm sure it will. Oh, well, 18. 18, it was DC 18. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. That's a high DC, too. Oh, wow. man. You would have been blinded for, uh, I rolled two rounds, but instead you just get hit by this thing, and uh, I don't think you take any damage, which is nice. Yeah, no, it's just, just to blind you. Okay. Aldo's gone, uh, but he's no longer confused. Excuse me. Uh, Halster's gone, but he's no longer confused. Aldo is. It's basically a two-on-one fight at this point. New round, Atticus. Uh, All right. I'm just going to try something here. Uh, Put myself in a lot of danger, but uh, Atticus is going to run out to the edge of the dock right next to Aldo. I'm assuming there's no mechanic in this for um, shaking him out of confusion, right? That's not that kind of confusion. Uh, he's uh, just confused, right? The Nothing confused that can be done. condition. Yeah, I don't see that anywhere. Uh, all right, I've got it prepared, so I'm just going to say, what the hell? Um, Atticus is going to fire off a color spray at it. Oh, by the way, sorry, I will say, because the creature spit at you, Aldo, you can now attack it as normal. Oh, right. So that was foolish of the creature uh, to do that, because uh, that's part of the confused condition. Um, You now know you can attack it. Sorry, Joe. Uh, That's okay. I just need a will save. A will save. All right. Natural 20. Is that good for a uh, will save? Just, just really hitting the rolls when they. Dude, count. I mean that's so fucked. Uh, this is how characters die when like one person starts rolling rocks. Yeah, you know, and when the creature is immune to slashing and piercing damage, yeah. yes. and we're on a dock. <laughs> but hey, at least you have the light of the moon. It's a beautiful, Shit. beautiful way to die. Okay, that's that. Do you want to move at all? I already did. did. I had to move up to do the spell. There you go. There you go. Save or suck. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Never have to wonder about why my stance is the way it is. (laughs) All right, Aldo, per the confused condition, any confused creature who is attacked automatically attacks its attackers on the next round as long as it's still confused when its turn comes. So you can either move up to it and attack or throw something. Uh, What are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to say, Hey, how dare you spit at me, you bugger? And he's going to pop another bomb off his belt and toss it. That is a 25 to hit. 25 is a hit. And I will say, the light is gone because Aldo is inside of him. 
Is there oh. any light emanating from this creature, being that he has a light spell cast yeah, just inside like his body? Streams of light going out of every hole. That's amazing. Every, every light every it's like a disco ball. His mouth. Okay, then it's I like can see the target. <laughs> yeah, 25 is an absolute hit. Okay, so that is uh, 13 points of fire damage. The, the damage that Aldo's doing is the only chance you have of Halster not just dying in there. I mean, you're still conscious, right, buddy? Correct. <laughs> oh! But for how long? Aldo, do you want to move at all? Uh, I'm going to say right where I am. So, Julie. Would, so, if, if Aldo, if Halster can cut himself out of the gibbering mouther it stands to reason that we could cut the the mouther out of it even though it does no hit point damage to it right it stands to reason that what so troy said aldo has the ability to cut himself out of the gibbering mouther though we know that piercing and slashing damage doesn't do any damage to it so i'm and, i'm trying well, to it's see just if, DR. don't drag me into this yeah it's it's just so DR, basically dude like oh, your great sword is going to be fine all right. It's going to be like uh, DR5. Like, if you yeah. roll 12 or 13 points of damage, that's going to do damage. I'm pretty sure it's not immune. Okay. I think it's just uh, a DR5. Let's see. What a great... Yeah, so, so Julie has to double move, but she will double move to... Uh, the And she'll move to right next to it, incurring, if it does... Wow, get an attack opportunity. that wow. is so brave. She just saved our lives, Aldo. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I will. Uh, I will take that attack of opportunity, uh, which you can only do because you're currently not considered grappled. Now that you saw me whole, correct? But I might be after this. Uh, Seventeen to hit. Get out of here, Mister Julie. Mister Julie Andrus. That's why she took the AOO because she knew it wasn't going to matter. Uh, all right, so. Julie double moves right up next to the creature, avoids one of the bites from its horrible mouth. If Halster. you would do me the do me the favor oh. of spitting out my friend. <laughs> Halster, here are your options. They are a few. Um, I, I'm trying to see. You might take the damage. Uh, you know, you'll take it on its turn. It doesn't really matter. As far as I can tell. You can cut your way free with a light slashing or piercing weapon. Or you can just try to escape the grapple. You are effectively pinned. I'm aware that I'm unable to cast spells while grappled. However, what is the GM's rule on using supernatural abilities? Supernatural abilities, uh, that sounds fine. What do you think? I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, As a swift action... Um, Halster will expend a use of fervor uh, but he will also use a blessing to empower said blessing of fervor to heal himself for 1d6 plus 50% healing uh, as his first action alright how many hit points is that Grant let's get a 6 max baby 9 points of healing huge uh, all right, nine points of healing. Absolutely huge. Uh, and then just let me one other time. Let me just make sure. And that was Burr, a swifty. I'm just making sure it's swift. Uh, the war, war priest targets himself, in which case it's a swift action. Okay. Um, great. So nine points healed. Um, so I guess grabbing my short sword is what what is that a move action while i'm inside this thing what is the deal you had my yeah. shield out i don't i don't know yeah. it's your call 
Uh, yeah, you. Uh, it's a, it's a move action to, okay. to draw a weapon, and then he will strike out with a plus two short sword. I believe called Red Dawn. Was that the name of it? I can't quite remember. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? You found the sleepless... Red Destiny. Red Destiny. Red Destiny. Maybe oh, you you found the Sleepless Agency's card nearby there. The plus two short sword. Okay. Uh, I love it. A business card. <laughs> and I am still grappled. Making Another sure that's fantastic on. trinket from the Sleepless Detective Agency. 17 to hit. 17 hits. All right. And now this is the other interesting thing to, that happens. Like, I don't know. Inside of the creature with its internal organs is whatever damage reduction to cut out going to count. That's a, another Troy call, I suppose. Uh, I don't know if it is a Troy call. I think it's a. By the book, yes, the DR is still effective. It says in the DR rules, if you're swallowed whole by a creature, it's still effective? Mm, I'm going to say the DR does count. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not really coming from a hide. It's sort of coming from its, like, entire bulbous nature. Okay. Uh, here comes the damage. Uh, almost max. That will be ten points of damage. 10 points of damage. All right, so you are able to cut yourself free. Yes! Nice! Like a a birth in the back of a New York taxi. It comes oozing out of it, which is huge. So you just kind of like fall out of it onto the ground, and you notice that unlike the swallow hole ability, that hole seals right up. Oh, because it can just create mouth so it can, space. So it can, uh, it can this is what I was trying again. to get at, Joe. Isn't it like a different? It's like a different number you have to hit to to get out of a creature, right? It's not it has nothing to do with its actual hit points, isn't it? It has it has its hit points are like one fifth of its hit points one-tenth. or something. Yeah, it's one-tenth. very small. It has its own AC and HP. Um, but yeah, you you went enough to get out of it. I but thought you were talking about hole, trying to yeah. cut him out, cut Halster out of the creature. I'm like. You just have to kill the creature. There's no cutting Halster out of it without killing the creature. I want to see a battle scene of Aldo with a bomb in his hand, Sir Julie flanking this thing, Atticus thinking about casting a spell, and just this light emanating from a shield as Halster's being birthed out in this ooze out of his gibbering mouth. That'd be so cool looking. That's awesome. Uh, it is the gibbering mouther's turn, and he has uh, six attacks. Yeah. Uh Six. Six attacks with all these little mouths. And he can swallow whole again, unlike the normal swallow whole ability. So the first one will be against Sir Julie, and that's going to be a 21 to hit. That is my AC, exactly. Oh, Sir Jules, he's hungry. I should have smited evil last turn in case he was evil. It's going to be three points of damage, one point of con damage. Okay. And then what the heck? Let's go for a grab. Uh, you've probably got a pretty high CMD. Ooh, but I rolled well. That's going to be a 20. You got it by one. Oh. Ah, gotcha, you son of a gun. Uh, all right, so first attack grabs Sir Julie and does some damage. I got five more attacks. Now we're at a minus two. Uh, you know, I'll throw another one at Sir Jules just for old time's sake. Uh, miss with a 13, and another one at Sir Jules, the miss. And then three at Atticus. Uh, miss. Uh, miss. Terrible rolls. And then the last one is a 21, which I'm assuming is a hit. 
you'll take three points of damage and another point of con damage. Oh, no. Excuse me, you don't. That's only on a successful grapple. So just three points of regular. And then free action, it will gibber again. Only Aldo has to roll against the gibber. Oh, natural three. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's so hard. It's DC 19. Um... So yeah, that is hard. I literally like, again. will almost never make. I'd have to roll natural twenty. And then you know, I'll give myself another free action, and I'll spit at Atticus. Uh, that's going to be a seventeen against touch, Atticus. Uh, that is a hit. Give me a DC eighteen fortitude save, or you're blind. I'm going to be blind. Joe's going to roll. Here we go. Twenty. Twenty. Oh. Natural seventeen. Nice. Acidic spittle just comes flying out of one of the mouths and phew, you get right out of the way. Okay, Sir Julie is in its in one of its mouths. Both Aldo um, excuse me, both Halster and Sir Julie have taken some con damage. I am grappled, not swallowed whole, right? Correct. You'll be swallowed okay. whole this round. So I cannot use my greatsword. Sir Julie will, will uh, let her greatsword fall to the dock. <gasps> Wait, did you already go yet this turn? No. I, I didn't go since I charged up next to it. I think that was this turn, no? Because it's I, not your turn yet. It goes to the top of the next round. It's Atticus's turn. Alright. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, oh, I'm so glad he didn't get blinded because... Uh, Oh, jeez, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Blind would have been so bad for you, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Atticus will reach out. Uh, so he keeps uh, Julie out of your filthy mouths. <laughs> and he will cast... Uh, uh, magic missile. There you Classic. go. Let's try to get a couple uh, juicy hits here. Here we go. Whoa! Max Ooh. and oh, I hit the camera and min. Uh, Maxi Minnington. So seven, seven points. Okay, bottle cap. Bottle cap. Son of a bottle <laughs> the cap. magic missile. Classic missile cap. Uh, all right, so you did seven points of damage. It's still alive. Damn it. I was hoping it was getting low. Well, Aldo, oh, big roll here. Can you oh. beat the confusion? Oh, no. This is the world we live in. Oh. 48. 48 do nothing but babble incoherent. The biggest damage dealer is just, this thing is getting inside of his mind. I'm like, I think I'm like mesmerized by this thing. I'm not, I'm not, like I'm kind of mimicking <laughs> it, what it's doing. <laughs> He's trying to communicate with it. Uh, no, I think I've got it. I just told it that my sister is very good looking. He's single. Sir Julie Big round, Sir Jules. You're grappled. Eyes. Minus two to attack. Dex is down. Daisy's down. What are you gonna do? Sir Julie will drop her greatsword to the dock. Ting, she ting, will... ting. Goes into the water. I knew you were going to say that. I'm just going to keep moving. You'll never find it in this darkness. Uh, I will draw. My... It's light now. Halster's out of the, out of out of its out of its belly. Uh, she will draw her masterwork dagger. 
she will smite evil in case this thing is evil. Oh. Is it evil? Is it evil? It's actually chaotic good. <laughs> it's trying to help us. Uh, no, believe it or not, it's, it's neutral. It's neutral. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I will, I'll use power He's an outstanding gentleman in his plane of existence. <laughs> He's a father of three and has a good job at the factory. All those mouths to feed. Um, hey. <laughs> hey. Have a good time. Hey-oh. <laughs> Hey-oh. All right. I Is that will, Robin Williams over there? I will risk using power attack. <laughs> or what is it What is it to break free? I should uh, ask Escape that. artist or, or CMB. Uh, CMB. It's, uh, it's impossible. It's not happening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will stab at it with my dagger. Power attack is on. Uh, that is going to be a 14 to hit. Oh. Big old miss. Sir Julie, it's flashing back to when you were restrained by the orderlies. Now, same amount oh, of miles yeah. holding you down. And Good throwback, Troy. Bottle yeah. cap. And you just look out and you see the fog on the very same lake. It is Halster's turn. Big round. All right. Big round. You're about to see how powerful Halster can actually be. He's going to expend a use of fervor to as a swift action that uses no somatic components and does not provoke Cass' divine favor on himself. He is a level three caster by the rules, which gives him a plus two bonus on these. But he also has fates favored as a, uh, a feat, which gives him plus three total, bringing his two hit up to plus ten on this attack. Oh, wow. And what power allows you to do that without provoking? Fervor. You can expend one Fervor. use of the ability to get a spell cool. to target self as a swift action without provoking. That's, That's amazing. amazing. That's huge. I mean, it's grappling anyways, but very, very cool. That's going to come in handy. And here comes the attack. Oh, okay. 14 on the die for a 24 to hit. Yeah. 24 is a hit. Yeah. Nine points of damage. Let me, sorry, I'm clicking on it. Still up. Oh, oh, come on. on. I'm not even adjusting these HP. It's just straight by the book. It is still (sighs) up. And it's its turn. Try another jibber. Let's keep Aldo out of this and those big, big old bombs. DC 19 will. Come on, Aldo. I'll never make I know. Natural (laughs) one. Yes. Now you're getting attitude. all your natural ones out, so he that's off the yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, let's try to maintain the grapple on Sir Julie. This is big. Uh, rocks La Valley twenty-one against CMD. Yeah. All right, you're going to take six D four regular damage. Six wow. D four. That's going to be seventeen points of regular damage. Mm. Ow. And two points of con damage. Uh. And you are just this mouth goes really big and engulfs you inside of it. It's not even like eating you so much as like engulfing you with its amorphous body. Uh, And you're just inside of it. We put it right in there. Boom. And then for good measure, I'll spit at Atticus. Actually, you know what? I'll spit at Halster. You're right next to me. Or is that rain? Now range. Actually. Will that provoke, yeah. Rain, would a ranged touch provoke if I yes. spit at Atticus? Uh, I yes. Think it would provoke any yeah. spit will. All right, I won't spit. Um, you spit last time. Go ahead and do that uh, 
attack retroactively you're telling, me, you're telling me we have to believe your streetlight nonsense and then you're telling us this gibbering set of mouths would know not to spit to avoid provoking attack of opportunity that is the height of absurdity it says right here the gibbering mother knows not to spit when someone casts divine fervor on themselves uh, divine fervor the second uh, before I am just very much <laughs> looking forward to Boston go up there we're gonna do a little live show mm-hmm. later on in the evening We'll go over to the docks. We'll take a little Instagram shot of Troy near a dock with a light at the end of it. And we'll see if he sees shadowy silhouettes. <laughs> or if he just sees in what's photo. in the light under the light at the dock. Is, Is this it a- possible there's clouds in front of the moon? <laughs> it's not about the Wait, moon. The, the light source? This, this is, is amazing. This is this Mythbusters for kindergarten. shield <laughs> is what it is. It's Mythbusters for four-year-olds. You're talking oh, to somebody that reads like this these days. So all I have to go on is my experience, and I can't see anything. Moon or no moon. Fair enough. <laughs> I've also lived in New York for 20 years, and you can't see the moon at night. Or sure. any stars. You, you do get the moon's light, though. It still yeah. diffuses through the clouds. <laughs> You take me down to the docks and I'll push you in. <laughs> it's Atticus's turn. Atticus, what are you going to do? Atticus, what are you going to do? And a voice inside his head says, Run. Oh, no. And he says, Yes. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, he will. Man, I. I got nothing. Um. Yeah, this is such a weird situation. Uh, I will... You know what? I will fire off another magic missile. I just have to make sure that I can do it by the rules. So just give me one second. Okay. Do you guys Uh, have dim light or low light vision? What'd you say? Do you have low light vision? Not you. You have dark. But do the other guys have low light? No. no, everybody's just got... They're all humans. So there's various spells that are, like, based around moonlight. And when you cast it, it creates dim light in an area. So one could argue, what I'm saying isn't that ridiculous. No, we're talking about Halster's light. We're not giving, talking about the moon at all. Moon. Halster has a light cast on his shield. That's, That's the aura you put on my shield. That's Never why we once, keep talking about a street light. Never once during this entire discussion did I realize you were talking about Halster's light. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were just saying the light of the moon. No, we're saying no, that's, that's why I screamed emphatically a moment ago that it has nothing to do it's, with the moon. I, that's why. Yeah, and even and when you said that, I was like, "What is he talking about?" And you were like, "There's no street lights around me," and we were all like, "There's the equivalent of a street light. It's the smell." Light. Again, the whole time I thought you were talking about the moon, and I'm like, "Am I crazy? It's just." <laughs> I'll give him that it's dim light. <laughs> I forgot all about Halster's light. And to Grant's credit, you have the big beacon on your thing. Yeah, the big aura. I've just got 17 tabs open. I, I'm not listening to what you're saying. Uh, okay, so, so basically what I want to do is I want to use my my Eldritch Talisman of Revealing uh, to... It opens up like the freaking time crystal in uh, in Doctor Strange. It's just... Opens up and a magic missile flies out of it. I wanted to make sure that I could... Uh, you can use it to cast any spell in your spell book, even if it's not prepared. It doesn't say you can't cast a spell that was prepared that you've already cast, but it's in the spell book. It's not an extra one wasn't prepared, but I think I can cast it. So I'm going to cast another magic missile. For example, like what you just said, I didn't hear at all. 
just because yeah. I'm thinking of other things. But it sounded interesting. I'm just talking it out loud. Yeah, uh, no, they appreciate it for the audience. All right, here we go. Let's get a little Joe's going to roll and magic missile this thing. Uh, I'm really throwing everything I got at it. Uh, that is a two followed by a three. So that is another seven. Seven points of force damage. And that kills the oh, creature. Yes! yes! Oh, the arcane bounded object. However, Sir Julie is still trapped inside of it. So for her to avoid taking another 64 and two points of con damage, can you cut her out? How's the get her out of there? Can I cut myself out? It's Aldo's turn. Aldo is confused. Roll a d100. Uh, 51. 51, deal 1d8 points of damage plus strict modifier to self with item... Uh, Skid's favorite. That's really... That's on the top ten of things Skid hates. I think it's insane that I'm barehanded. I'm as weak as a brownie. And somehow I'm dealing up to nine points of damage. Or eight points of damage. You you could take more damage than if I shot you with a crossbow. Point blank. (laughs) With my own fist. I've tried hitting myself in moments of extreme frustration, which I'm building up to right now. I don't think I've ever hurt myself that badly. But that's one point of damage, so it's not too bad. Oh, not too bad. All right, the uh, acidity inside of the stomach is churning away. Uh, Sir Julie, cut yourself out and end this fight. Thank you. Uh, Do you have a light weapon? Uh, My dagger that I have in my hand. Perfect. Uh, I'll leave power attack on so I can make sure I hit that damage. Uh, okay, that should do it. That's a 22 to hit. You got it, and you get out of there. So <laughs> <laughs> Julie just... So <laughs> Julie just, like, saws her way out of it. Like, out of the side, you just see, like... <laughs> and she peels back and is like, Did we get him? And it just oh. slinks off the dock into the water. <laughs> he got got. Good fight. Good Hell of a fight to start book two. I used my entire compliment to first level spells. <laughs> Would we? Uh, that's the thing. It's like you take Aldo out, and now it falls on me to add in to the damage dealing, which is like he's not a damage dealing wizard. He's not a blaster wizard, and so it's like I got to use my bonded object. I got to. If, if Aldo doesn't isn't confused, it's like yeah. boom, boom, boom. We're fine. You know, over three rounds. Right. If I was leveled Huge up difference. and I wasn't confused, yeah. Would we conclude that, based on my injuries and Halster's in- injuries, that the gibbering mouther would have produced these the so-called melted bodies that were found yeah. here? Yeah, it would just sort of spit out someone whose con had been entirely drained. Just like, yeah, because while you're inside of it, it's just draining your con, and then all that we left would be this puddle. Uh, but yeah, you guys, both uh, Halster and Sir Julie took three points of con damage on top of all this other damage, but you seem to be out of danger, and there's a leather sack. A leather sack of lesser restoration potion. Oh my god, and normally you'd say, we'll see you next week, and we have so much more planned to do! It's amazing. amazing. Solid 90 plus! All right, we, um, we, we do have a wand of lesser restoration, by the way. Do we? Oh, oh great. Yeah. We Good. found it with seven charges. I think we may have used a couple, but I think we still have some left on it. You would gain one that's point per, sl- per, per rest, Per right? rest, yeah. So it might be probably worth using How it. How much damage did you take? Three, Three altogether. 
Three. Okay. So, yeah. You just need two to be healed, and you're fine. Yeah. Um, all right. Who's going to grab that thing at the end of the dock? Uh, Atticus will walk by. Halster's just, like, beaten, bleeding, lying at the end of the dock. He's like... <laughs> Thank you for drawing it out, Hasta. And then I'll <laughs> climb around him and under the top. Hey, I, I was going to get that. I will. Sir Julie will rest. lay on hands herself. You should rest. Uh, if you're if you're telling me that it's not going to be unbelievably treacherous, Troy, he'll crawl like down and around and pull up the package. Oh yeah, let me retcon my turn before this combat started. If you're telling me this won't be unbelievably treacherous when I reach down here and that a gibbering <laughs> mouth stalker won't attack me, I'll reach down and grab my bag too. Gibbering mouth stalker. Whatever That's the hell kind of it's a called. Good, it sounds scary. That's I good. am the gibbering mouth stalker. I may be uh, jamming so. several different enemies. That's going to be the title of your memoir. <laughs> gibbering, gibbering mouth, mouth stalker. stalker. The Grant Burger story. Uh, <laughs> Atticus, you go flat, you go prone, you reach around with your little rat hands, and you brush up against the same wet leather, and you dislodge it and pull it up. And it's a package. Here it is. Take the strings off of it, and you open it up. And Aldo, you're shaking off the confusion. (laughs) Shaking off the self-inflicted damage, and you're just watching uh, Atticus untie the package, and you're like lost for a moment, taken back to a strange memory, and you're watching the strands being pulled, and the strands start to turn into dozens and dozens of naked bodies writhing all over each other in an opulent room. There's wine stains on the floor and the walls, and there's just bodies everywhere copulating. It's all so hazy. Even the air in the room is thick, and you're looking around, and you look down, and you're naked as well, but there's something weird going on. The bodies surrounding you undulate in a pseudo-sexual rhythm that makes them all look like one. And there seems to be chanting going on as well somewhere in the room. And, and, and you just like look to the left and you see Keldron there and he's in the throes of passion with a couple different people. Whoa. And he just like looks at you and slow motion nods and smiles <laughs> like Ew, and from there, you're, just, you're taken out of that, and you see Mrs. O'Lady and Borel and Haster and Atticus and a couple other people just creeping through the shadows coming towards this very dock. And you see Atticus scramble down to the end of the dock while the rest of you keep a lookout, bundle up the equipment, stash it underneath and then he runs back to the end of the dock and all of you disappear into the woods and you come back to this moment watching Aldo unwrapping this package and you have no memory of the first part and the second part of you guys putting this package here you can almost perfectly remember now but you have no recollection as to why you stashed this stuff here. Hmm. 
Atticus, you unwrap it, and there's a potion in there, there's a scroll, there's a wand, and then there's a box with Aldo's initials on it, A-C. There's a, 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 a box with Atticus's initials. And then there's a, a weapon, uh, some chain mail, and 120 gold pieces, and six platinum pieces. Oh. What? Wow. Uh, amazing. Um, he'll immediately go to a box that has his name on it. I mean, he'll start like pulling out out at this stuff, but then he sees a box with his name on it and it's just his curiosity can't be stopped. And he immediately goes to it, tries to open it. You open it up and there's a small pearl inside and a cloak. Uh, detect magic. Yeah, almost everything here is magical. Uh, okay. Um, well, he'll start spellcrafting stuff. Um, yeah. You know, in the interest of keeping things popping, just give me spellcraft checks, those of you who have them, and then I'll let you know what you discover. 22 Ooh, for Aldo. Dear. 12 for Sir Julie. 12. Uh, you only got a 14. Rolled a bad roll. Nine for Alistair. Okay. So luckily Aldo is going to be able to suss most, if not all, of this stuff out. And Aldo recognizes the pearl as a pearl of power. And the cloak is a cloak of resistance plus one. Ooh. Nice! Nice. Holy shit. Um, What is the... What is the weapon? The weapon is a plus one great sword. Ooh. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Julie will, will gingerly pick it up and kind of test its balance. Like, ooh, a most useful weapon. Wow. Uh, the, the armor? The armor is quite strange. It's ugly. It looks like it's never been polished. Its magical ability is that it's plus one chainmail. But there's something more about this. It has a, a dark quality to it. And as you look at it, Halster, it seems very, very familiar to you. Like perhaps it used to be your armor. And Halster in that moment flashes back to the moments you saw in his flashback at the top of the castle in the swamp speaking to that silhouette of a prince that was giving him some sort of orders in the past and shivers as he reaches out to retrieve it it is known as grim gloom mail Ooh. Mm. this ugly plus one chain mail resists polishing and easily acquires bent links and other cosmetic damage from everyday use though such blemishes never impair its function as armor once per day is a standard action the wearer can afflict one target within 30 feet with bad luck giving it a minus two penalty to armor class attack rolls or saving throws for one minute oh cool in a 
addition, wow. once per day, the wearer can use protection from good. Oh. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. Wow. Grant thinks that's really freaking cool. Alistair's yeah. <laughs> probably terrified and trying to, like, clean it, but it won't get any cleaner. Yeah. The potion is a potion of non-detection. The scroll is a scroll of protection from energy. Mm-hmm. The wand is a wand of death knell with 18 charges. Death knell? I know that spell, don't I? And then, Aldo, you're handed your box. You pop your box open, and inside is, you recognize it immediately, a boro bead, muleback cords, oh. and a jar that just says Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Awesome. Especially the Vegemite. Why was this stuff put here? You don't know. Some of it seems for you. Others? Maybe not. What was the potion? There was a scroll of protection from energy and a potion of... Potion of non-detection. Death Knell is an anti-paladin spell. Wow. Also Witch, which is, I think, I've seen it on the spell list for that reason. Interesting. Oh, Um, Oh, you know what? I might have the wrong list selected. Okay. Oh, I know. I know what I did. Okay, never mind. Ignore that. Oh. Oh, wow. So you're actually drawing out the dissipating life force of a dying creature, pulling it into yourself. Get healing by casting it on someone who has minus one or fewer hit points. And you get temporary hit points and a plus two strength bonus. That's dark. Uh, It's dark magic. (laughs) That's that's on the War Priest spell list. Oh. Um. Could I? Could we use that wand of lesser restoration? Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I think we can assume it has. And I may have taken track on it, but I think the safest way to do it is to say it has two expended off of the seven I have on my notes. Um, just because I want to be fair and um. Say it has five now, and I'll do a casting on you, Sir Julie. Do you want me to roll the D four? Yes, I do. Okay, we're putting <laughs> it on the Grant Theft system. Here it comes. Oops, totally wrong. Here it comes. Two. Great. And for myself. Four. four. <laughs> Why do we even ask? Sorry. Right. If we rest, I'll be fine tomorrow. I'll be good as new tomorrow. So three or three charges remain on that. We're gonna say. Great. It's been a rough, uh, rough day. You decided to just keep, keep pushing it and come to the docks. But I imagine by now you're pretty tired. Yeah. And you've got uh, a wealth of things to check out tomorrow. 
So you make your way back through town, back to the stain, back to the silver wagon where your rooms, where your room awaits. Get up there, you take your armor off, and you go to bed. For the first time in, you don't even know how long, in a bed. You had some apps earlier. And you almost died because you got eaten by a gibbering mouther. But now you get to sleep. It's comfortable, but you're... At this point, you're probably almost afraid to go to sleep. Yeah. You're not even safe in your dreams anymore. (laughs) But you do rest easily enough. And you wake up the next day, you look out the window of your room... And it's gray out. You think it's probably gray out here every day. Across the street, you see just the tiniest little bit of one of those murals. Like, uh, about a foot, foot and a half wide. And you're like, what's that? I don't even remember that being there yesterday. Are these all over the place? Got some options here this morning. You don't know when winter's getting in. Maybe she got in yesterday. Maybe not. What do you want to do? <sighs> the Sleepless Detective Agency? Sure. That makes yep. more sense, right, than trying to go up to... Would it stand a reason if we asked around that uh, Iris Hill is the name of the hill that the Count's residence is on? It stands to reason. Um, you would because Keldrin get... said, uh, "Well, we saw they hired those new people up there at Iris Hill, and I assumed that it was like quote unquote replacements for us or something." But yeah, you have um, a good feeling that's the case. You, if you went to Sleepless Detective or someplace else, you'd be able to find out more. Yeah, I mean, we don't we haven't heard anything about the count being back. So why would anyone up there have anything to help us with at the moment? I think Sleepless Detective Agency is probably best. Unless you guys can think of anything else right now. I'd like to roll hit points. Oh, that would be a good uh, yes. start. Yeah. Halster, we already rolled yours, but Skip, what are you, a D? D8. D8. Here we go. Four. Eight, good buddy. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Helping, the building, him out. Helping him out. Thank you. Eight. And if you uh, didn't have enough, Sir Julie, with your lay on hands for whatever damage you took, and anyone for that matter, there's plenty of healing left on Halster to top everyone off before that. I was hey, totally baby, fine. Hey, there's plenty of healing to go around. <laughs> I shall lay my, I laid my hands upon myself when you weren't looking. <laughs> normally Sir Julie, I do, normally we're sharing a room. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I am going to go ahead and take the scroll of protection from energy and then the potion of non-detection somebody else should take. I, I mean, I have means to just like vanish myself in an instant and stuff like that. So like, um, basically like it's not invisibility. Oh, actually, just, no, yeah, it's like, not. It's, it's more like protecting it's more divination, protecting you from divination. Uh, well, let's, you can hang on to it. And then if we ever want to, if we ever need it. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, I already put it on my list, so I'll, I'll just hold on to it. And then Wand of Death Knell is going to have to be, I think, 
Halster. Yeah, and between this gnarled wand, I imagine wands kind of take on the aspect of like the character of the spell that they have in them, and a healing wand looks welcoming and, and smooth. Polished. This is a gnarled kind of gray wood. Broken branch. He holds it uh, in one hand, and he's wearing this dark gloom mail on top of himself. He looks like Yurt the Silent Chief. From Demon Souls. Wow. Yes. Good reference. Bottle cap. <laughs> Yurt cap. Yurt cap. Oh, okay. So you're heading to, heading to Sleepless Detective Agency? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Halster uh, pulls out that card. It's just got that accusatory eye on the back. Sleepless Detective Agency. That's right. So you follow the address on the card. Maybe you ask uh, Dana Galagos or whatever the hell her name is on the way out. How do you get there? She's like, oh, you just got to... John up the John. Just John up the John. Actually, if you guys would like, let's... uh, You've walked around a little bit. Let's look at a map of Thrushmore. All righty. Sweet. Oh. Beautiful. Oh. All right. So it's a fish... this This is a pretty big fishing village. Yeah, it is in Pathfinder parlance, uh, a large town. Mm. Okay. Okay, so... That's a little interconnected islands. You guys are staying right here. This is right up here. Uh, Sorry for our audio listeners. Uh, Up here in the northwestern portion is where the silver wagon and uh, the stain is. And then the sleepless building is this big building uh, right kind of in the middle. Oh, wow. So we're sort of just crossing the center of town, and that's it. We don't have to go to the extremes of town. Aside from the fort, that's kind of the biggest building in town. Yeah, this must be a very prosperous detective agency. It's pretty big. It literally is the biggest building in town. Well, it has the biggest roof. That's all we know so far. There's like a a little bridge that leads to a smaller island. Um, It's kind of like an archipelago here. But uh, this is where Pier 19 is, off of that small island. So that's where you went last night. You guys walked through town, went over that bridge. And Dude, that just even hearing it made me think of like Chelsea Piers and like all those numbered piers and stuff. And I was like, "What yeah. do they have inter- intramural uh, soccer down there?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like you know, picture a small fishing village having that many piers. So that's really yeah. this is bigger than I expected. This is a big yeah. place. I'm glad I I'm glad I showed it to you. But uh, yeah, you came in and you went all your all your way uptown, and then you came all the way through, and now you're going back down to Sleepless Detective Agency. Okay. You get there, and yeah, it is a large wooden uh, two-story building. Sorry, one more question about the environment. What is it like today, weather-wise? And I just mean that is it is like is it like rainy here all the time? Is it like foggy and overcast and stuff? Or is it like a bright, beautiful day today? Is the weather warm? Like, what is it? Well, you do remember Keldron was like, it's been raining for the weather's been bad recently. Maybe that's why I didn't see you. But he's like. I still came out to the stain. I was surprised I didn't see you. So uh, you know that it's probably been raining for a lot recently. Uh, this morning, it's like spitting. It's not pouring, but it's... That annoying. It's wet out. Yeah. It's the kind of wet that when I see people wearing an umbrella, I'm like, we just... It's not that bad. Put okay. your umbrella away. Wearing an umbrella? It's a fashion yeah. statement? <laughs> wearing, yeah, wearing I see people wearing umbrellas. I'm like, Ugh. whenever I'm like, why did you stitch that into your clothing? <laughs> it's, it's foolish. Now you understand why I'd be mad. <laughs> uh, all right, you head over there. Large wooden two-story building. It's wet out. Uh, 
It appears pretty dark and quiet from the outside. You see a wooden carving of that same accusatory eye outside and a sign that says the Sleepless Detective Agency. What do you do? Uh, Atticus will walk up there. He'll, he'll lead the way. Okay. Knock. Yeah, he'll knock on the door. Dum, 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 dum. It's no answer the first time. Dum, 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 dum. Nothing the oh. second time. We know they're not, not asleep. Right. Couldn't be dum, that, dum, right? Dum, 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 dum. Well, it's false advertising. Hey, wake up. You liars. The, the detectives might sleep, but the agency goes without sleep. Finally, on the third knock, the door opens, and there's a woman who answers. Um, she opens the door kind of absentmindedly and then sees you, and her expression changes. How can I help you? Good morning, my dear. Uh, we are coming to discuss the case of Count Hasserton Laus. May we come in? She folds her arms and looks right at you, Atticus. <laughs> I'm surprised you would even show your face here. And why you wanna... do you say that, may I ask? <laughs> she shakes her head and she's like, uh, you're going to have to speak to Miss Rents if she'll even see you. Come in and wait right here. And you... Understood. ...are allowed to come into the foyer. Come in. Let's go. Yep. Uh, we'll walk in, and we'll wait by the, uh, the waiting area. Uh, Atticus will grab a magazine. <laughs> there are none. What the fuck? Just no butted you on the magazines. <laughs> <laughs> She's just kind of like eyeing you. She walks down the hallway. You, Atticus. And she leaves. And a minute or two later, a tall woman approaching middle age. She's got a long black coat with double buttons that run all the way down from top to bottom. Purple scarf, short reddish brown hair, pale skin scattered with freckles across her cheeks and the bridge of her nose. And she's uh, got like a tiny hat with lace that could be pulled down over her face. She just slowly walks down the hallway towards you. Also very arms folded, kind of eyeing you up and down, and it's all at you, Atticus. But she still looks at the rest of you. She's like, well, well, I was under the impression that all of Lowell's flunkies were committed to Briarstone. How did you get here? Why are you here? And she looks right at you, Atticus, and said, Should I bring the rest of my agents out so that you can scream insults at them again? Well, your investigations are correct, madam. We were taken to Briarstone Asylum. We've recently left. The asylum is no longer in operation. We have uh, been released, as it were, for suffering from a spat of amnesia. And it is for that reason that I do not know of this behavior of which you speak. If I offended anyone, I apologize. We are here only seeking answers to what the Count may have been up to and why we were in his service. 
Well, that's very convenient. You don't remember. You don't remember berating my hardworking agents in the streets, almost causing a brawl in the town square. I heard you went to Briarstone. I'm surprised they didn't lock you up in Fort Halecourse and throw away the key. An asylum was the better place for you. How you got out is beyond me. But you want to tell me that you forgot all of this. You'll appreciate that I need a little more information. Of course, I'm happy to divulge as much as I can. You are welcome to question me, interrogate me all you like. If this is such a crack detective agency, you should be able to get to the bottom of it. Uh, How else do you find out if people are lying or not? Isn't that your job? Are you all under the same story with him, that you don't remember anything? You, madam, I don't know, but if you're hanging out with the likes of them... Um, you'll understand if I have to call your character into question as well. Yes, they do seem to be a disagreeable lot, don't they? Now, Sir Julie, please. Ma'am, you are speaking with Sir Julie Andrus of the 3rd Cavalry Regiment of the 4th Winged Brigade of the 17th. Yes, she dual-wielded Uzis in the world wound, so I would be very careful. None of that is true. With how you address her. <laughs> she says flatly, none of that is true. With I all due respect, ma'am. Sir Julie Andrews, that, that part. Yes, that was, that was not a lie. With all due respect, ma'am, Sir Julie Andrews would not deign to adventure with folks such as us, did she not see that we were on a mission of particular importance? Something very horrible happened at Briarstone, and I believe that the Count is the key. We are here seeking answers that could save Thrushmore itself. So, I am happy to answer any questions you have. And you? You? She looks at Aldo and Halster. Uh, Halster nods, but then at the edge of the table... He sees an unattended mug, and he's fighting back the urge to reach out and stab her in the eyes with it, just like the guy at the bar. <laughs> <sighs> but he, he nods and says, I, I don't remember anything at all, um, but uh, I ran into a similar mix-up at, uh, at the stain, actually. Uh, the proprietor there said that I did something I don't remember doing and was very angry at me, but we made things right, and I think, oh, no. Did anyone else? It's a lot. Can you hear me? Yeah, we I can. Hear. Yes, did you alive. see all the lights flicker in my house? Yeah, wow, that was bizarre. Wow, I didn't see the lights flicker in your house. I was perhaps where you were having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "Wow, whoa!" whoa. No, uh, I thought the power was about to go out here. Um, and I thought perhaps the stream it's stopped. Just an eldritch nightmare creeping into your window. <laughs> That's terrible. Terrifying. Um, but, but yeah, we, we made things right at the stain, and I'm sure we can make things right again. Please, please, listen to us. Listen to us and believe us. She stares at Aldo. Aldo sees the reaction that Halster is about to have. Like, he sees that flicker in his house. No, over his face. <laughs> like, this happening. And he, like, puts a reassuring hand on his, on his shoulders. Is to say, no, no, we're all uh, ready to help. Uh, we're 
there's no secrets here, uh, whatever. We just want to get to the bottom of things, as I'm sure you do. And you... you your memory loss, does this extend to your relationship with the Count as well? Oh, no memory of him. Couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Yes, I'm afraid it does. He could walk in right now and none of us would know him. You could be the Count, for all we know. Yeah. Are you? She scooby-doo masks, unmasks herself. Ah, I knew it! And he goes, ma, ha, ha, one, (laughs) two! (laughs) We did discover, without any question at all, definitive proof at the asylum that we were in the service of the Count. That is all we know. That is what has brought us here. You have to appreciate if I have a hard time believing any or all of this. That's not to say that you're being false, but there's a lot going on here, and I need to be cautious. Your reputation precedes you, and it's a bad one. Of course, if what you say is true, and you are looking to help and get involved, actions speak louder than words. She turns from you, and she's like shaking her head, talking to herself. She's like, this town... I don't know what you remember, but this town is falling apart. The leadership has collapsed, abandoned their posts, shut their doors, and somehow the responsibility of putting it all back together has fallen to me and my skeleton crew of agents here at the Sleepers Building. (sighs) I don't even know where to begin. What do you know about the state of Thrushmore these days? Anything? Nothing but what we see in the streets as we walk it. It looks rather gloomy. Your friend, Count Lals, has always been a peculiar man. This is not something that is unknown around town. His family has run Thrushmore for over a century, but his focus has always been on his scholarly pursuits instead of what it should be, running and maintaining Versex County. I guess you could say the trouble all began when people started disappearing. There was a, a rash of kidnappings, which, while strange, is not altogether that rare here in Ustalav. But when they started happening here in Thrushmore, a group of concerned citizens went up to Iris Hill to seek support from their count, which is when they were f- informed that he was gone. And his assistant, left in charge of the state, refused to help, advising the citizens to just wait for her master's return. So then the townsfolk headed to uh, Fort Halecourse, the seat of our magistrate, to see if uh, perhaps he could step in and protect the town. Uh, The town constable, Constable Cecil, uh, tells them that Magistrate Padgett had left town for some unknown reason, and when asked to at least uh, set up a night patrol to protect possible future uh, kidnappings from happening, she tells them that's impossible. Her orders, she claimed, uh, were to keep the fort safe with the few militia members who remained, as the rest of the mercenaries had evidently fled their posts after weeks of unpaid work. The townspeople were sent away, And that's when my door began knocking off its hinges. 
Now, you must understand, we are not a, a government agency, nor a charity, or a business. And now the town's coming to me, begging the sleepless agency to take charge of policing Thrushmore, because the leader's gone, the magistrate's gone, and now the coffers are running low as well if we can't even afford the militia that we had. So now I'm obviously concerned, knowing that these men left for no apparent reason, and it seems like no one cares enough to take care of the financial issue, and to top it all off, it becomes known that a royal accuser is coming to town to investigate. So this accuser, Omari, rather than going straight to the church, straight to New Chapel, she wants to keep a low profile, and so where does she go when she arrives? Right here. My doorstep. Because of course she does. She has a, a small group with her. She sends one of them, a sister of the Maiden's Choir Cathedral, a Farazman priest named Winter Claxa, uh, uh, to Briarstone, actually. And then she tells me she intends to take the rest of her group up to Iris Hill to speak with Lal's assistant, left in charge of the estate. <clears throat> I let her know my suspicions about Lal's peculiar man rather shady reputation, and convince her to go to Fort Halecourse instead. I've been up to Iris Hill. Can't even gain an audience. He's built a shrub up around the whole, uh, the whole place. You can't even get in. Thwarted by a shrubbery, have you? Well, it's not that simple. So the royal accuser does take my advice and goes to Fort Halecourse. Uh... Think it, thinking it best to perhaps uh, force an inspection there and, and maybe enlist the help of the constable where our citizens failed. I have not seen her or the group that went with her since she left for the fort. Now understand, she is a royal accuser. They are, by all accounts, above the law. They come and go as they please, and they do as they please. It would not surprise me if she took care of whatever business she had and left. But this is where Thrushbore is at right now. And right now, my biggest concern, believe it or not, is the kidnappings. If you walk around town and you listen, there are many who insist, as always, that the Briarstone Witch is back and snatching up townsfolk. They think this is the, the second coming of the Thrushmore vanishing, but I know there must be some more reasonable explanation. And I believe there is something strange afoot, and it all leads back to the missing people. Now, my agents and I have noticed there have been a, a, a number of newcomers to town lately, and... We suspect that there might be some cult activity to blame for the missing persons, but as of yet, we have no hard evidence. This is just conjecture at this point. The shuttering of the fort is highly irregular, even with the magistrate missing and the mercenary's recent deflection. Uh, defection. That said, I am not convinced that Count Lal's departure somehow ties into all the town's misfortunes. There seems to be something else going on. It may be connected. Maybe not. Before he left, Lyles fired most of his servants and replaced them with peculiar foreigners brought to Thrushmore by ship. My agents talked to some of the men at the docks who swear it was a slave ship that came in that night. Now, I'm not saying Count Lyles was a slaver. It's another piece of the puzzle. 
And that's just one major scandal in town. She moves over to a desk and starts shuffling papers around, pulling them up to show you the reports. There's Dana Galagos over at the Silver Wagon. This is the woman who you rented a room for. And Emin Gulston at the Stain, the one that kicked Alster out. They're constantly nagging me to try and convince some town lunatic to stop scaring their clientele. She's got, I've got reports over here. Uh, there was some otherworldly creature that uh, arrived near Carrion Hill. Evidently wiped out a whole group of mercenaries. Took the entire town to take it down. <laughs> oh, would you say the creature was incredibly overpowered? It seemed <laughs> like the mercenaries that were sent. I feel like a group of that level should have been defeat, able to defeat it with ease. Um, hmm. But they. Do you think their god get the rules right? Let me see. The reports say they played poorly and made bad decisions, but it's neither here the, nor there. The, uh, the internal investigation? Yes. What happens in Carrion Hill stays in Carrion Hill. It's a cover-up! It's a cover-up! <laughs> I tell you, Sir Julius starts to lose it. <laughs> Where do we get the cover-up? <laughs> I've, re- I've got reports. She's going through all these papers. I've got reports every other day that people in town have, have, have spotted the apparition of Thrushmore's pe- previous countess just bandying about town. A ghost! Of an old lady just walking around, haunting the city. I'll tell you this. If you want my help in tracking down lols, and you truly are uh, uh, reformed versions of your former selves, prove it. I'm completely overwhelmed here. You help me, and perhaps I'll help you. Here. Yeah, you can start with this. She throws a file down in front of you. <laughs> she throws book two of Strange Aeons down in front of you. <laughs> All the answers you need are in here. <laughs> 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 This will have all the maps you need of the city. James, I believe you've read half of it so far. <laughs> yes. We'll have plenty of time to finish the other half before tomorrow's session. This is uh, Tolly Remsater, local fisherman. Right as the kidnappings uh, were starting, apparently he noticed a glowing light in a small cave uh, along the shore about a mile out of town. Uh, caught up, no doubt, in the common fear that the Briarstone Witch has returned to take everyone in Thrushmore out into the bay, he got into his cups at the stain and fed the flames of that fear. You don't have to be a raving maniac to believe in these ghost stories. There are plenty of well-educated folks here that have heard Tolly's story and heard the ravings of the town lunatic and take it, lunatic, and take it as the truth. We don't know what, if anything, is out there at this grotto. I haven't had time to investigate it myself. I don't even know if it's relevant, but if you'd like to take a look into that, come back here and let me know if it turns up anything. If nothing else, I can cross it off my list and perhaps get a little closer to believing... You are who you say you are. Other than that, I don't know what to tell you. Well, let me ask you this. We are happy to help you if it will lead us closer to possibly finding out more about the Count or ourselves. That is our ultimate goal here. So, what is it exactly you are offering for our services what information do you have that you have not yet parted with now believe me I appreciate your shrewdness if you have information and you are withholding it I respect that and I will do the work to earn it but so far we do not know what it is you know you are as in the dark as us it seems about the count what do you know that you are not telling us 
Well, it wouldn't be professional for me to discuss an ongoing investigation with a bunch of people who used to be the subject of my investigation. However, I'm a paragon of goodness. You are, but guilt by association. No. Uh, hang out with these low lives. She's got you there. You're a low life. You've got me there. <laughs> Objection. Overruled. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> the story you tell is a believable one. And I'll be straight with you. It sort of fits into this tapestry of madness that is going on here in Thrushmore. What? Madness. Atticus freaks out. I don't know if you're just saying things that you've heard me say, but that is... That's the name of his book. The book that drove him mad. Tapestry of Madness? I know what I'm doing. No, he doesn't. He didn't even know. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Atticus gets chills down his spine when she says that, and he's like... Where do you need us to go? His voice gets very serious. Yeah. Examine the scrotto. It's probably nothing. It might be something. Uh, if you're able to do this and turn something up, then perhaps I can move one step closer to trusting you, to trusting that we are after the same thing. You have to Fair understand, enough. all I know about you is that you work for Count Hazerton Lyles. And you come in here... And you're asking for his head. I need more. I need to know more. In the meantime, I'll do my own background work. I know this adventure has been spread across a long time. Two years, basically. Uh, more than two years. And so I just want to I just want to let people know real quick th- that don't know or don't remember the tapestry of madness is a book and now these are all again it could be dreams could be flash uh memories but in the flashbacks the tapestry of madness is a book that atticus stole from a baron in oh, Ostalov that book that he then tried to use to get better at illusion magic uh in order to compete because he was falling behind and it was like a dark magic tome and in so doing he may have Unlocked certain things like mind swap, which he attempted to use on a human that was another illusionist in order to get out of his rat body and try to move up in society. A lot of dark and dangerous magic within the book. Now, he doesn't have the book on him now, but it's just something in his dreams. He keeps seeing the tapestry of madness, this book he once owned that led him down a dark path. Was that book also the subject of Matthew's Mrs. Lady flashback? Or I think it was. Different? Yeah, I believe that was the, uh, the the book that her son-in-law and his business partner were trying to mm. sell to a halfling crime lord. Yes. And Fanny Wellfleet. So, yeah, her saying that is not, uh, it better not be coincidental or I'll be angry. You better start writing, LaValle. Better <laughs> <laughs> uh, retcon that into the story. Well, yeah. anything else, it, just her saying and using that turn of phrase makes it feel like it's all connected. Mm. Yeah, that turn of phrase was no coincidence in Atticus's mind, so he's going to move forward with uh, this cave about a mile outside of town. Is that what it was? Yeah, about a mile outside of town. She gives you the directions. It's well uh, beyond where uh, uh, Pier 19 is. And a fisherman saw it or something, like from a boat, yeah. and saw a light inside the cave? 
Yeah, in fact, it's on the. You'd have to go along the shore to the east. It's the opposite way out of town. But we don't need a boat. We can walk along the shoreline. We can walk along the shoreline. Yeah. Okay. What do you say? Shall we do that? Might there be evil there? There is always evil, Sir Julie. Everywhere. Then you may count me in. <laughs> Good. I like her. I feel a sense of reassurance just being around, Sir Julie. And I myself am also enthusiastic about this new opportunity to wreak havoc. <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. All right, so you shove off to go check out this cave system. Uh, your only other lead right now is meeting up with Winter at New Chapel, maybe. Um, you know, just a general exploration of the town, but like, yeah, but those, we we might have a more productive conversation with Winter, having gotten the information from this cave. So I think going there first makes sense for us as a party, right? Yeah, yeah, and maybe Winter could vouch for you too. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you head uh, head in that direction. You follow uh, Miss Rents's directions. Her name is Cecadia Wrench. Cool name. She, oh, uh, Cecilia, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Four takes, hours in. It takes you about an hour and a half to walk a mile out of town along the shoreline. And as you're walking uh, away from the town, the shoreline begins to split with the water. And you start wa- like going up a ridge. And you're separated from the water uh, a little bit. And, and you're just walking up this rocky ridge looking for an opening and you get to a point where you're about eight feet above sea level when you see a small cave mouth opening into the limestone face of the water's edge partially obscured by uh, vegetation thing is like you can go back down and like swim to it or you can just try to climb down um because that'd be a long swim. You know what the hell's out there. Uh, also, you see like two rocks that are placed just perfectly. You might be able to do like a jump jump. Parkour? Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, you could swim around, parkour, acrobatics, or climb. Um, None of those options are great for down. Surgery. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, Aldo, you have a rope, don't you? I do, yeah. Assuming we were able to recover it from the other night. Yeah, it's just, it's just a little, it's a little soggy from the inside of that creature <laughs> after having yeah. used it. So, ah. yeah, someone should have just like pulled me out, like a like a, a plug in a bathtub. Just, oh yeah, oh, too late now. Okay, um, let's use the rope. And attempt to climb down. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be DC five, Troy. Is there any reason why it wouldn't be uh, for a rope? Rope that against the right. wall is DC five. Uh, yeah, it's it's against the rocks. So I'm going to make I'm going to bump it up to a DC seven. All right, so that just went from a natural one to a natural three for me, where he falls. It's only it's only an eight foot drop, which I'll say is D eight damage, just to have some fun with it. Okay. Uh, yeah. so, o- only D eight. 
for a DC wizard. seven climb check. You're saying <laughs> well, <it did. laughs> for a wizard. Uh, yeah, just roll, roll over a three. I rolled a nine, uh, which and I have a minus one to climb. So you made it. So I made it exactly. All right, DC seven. Give us a Joe's going to roll cam, Grant, if you would. A natural one to a natural three is going to put Atticus on the rocks below. <laughs> natural Ooh, wow. twenty instead. Whoa! Let's go straight wow. from that. Let's go straight for the Joe's going to roll cam to the Grant I theft system to keep things moving. Natural one. Oh, oh no! Look at the cameras. Well, it's a it's a skill check, Grant. So what's the total? Total is a three. Oh, so so you're fine. You just don't get down. You got to try again. Okay, uh, second attempt. Oh, so you're just going to get down eventually. Yeah, because you can't roll. Oh, five I can't fail. Under, okay, right? so then uh, next one, uh, it's a fourteen on the yeah. next one. So you get your foot stuck on the way down, but you don't fall. <laughs> the second time through, you get down. Uh, Al, did you get down? Um, natty seventeen. Nice slide down no. like Ray down the fire pole. Uh, Gotta try this pole. <laughs> you guys get down there and I'll direct you to roll twenty. Oh, and if yeah. it doesn't work, I'm ending the stream. It uh, works. Atticus is gonna cast um Mage Armor on himself. Sir Julie will draw her sword. Her new plus one great sword, that is. Oh yeah, nice. Oh. And a shield for Aldo. All right, getting okay. all buffed. Very good. Uh, so you get is down it, there. Is it dark in there? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's dark in there. Alster cast the old light shield zoni. Yeah. Old light shield zoni. You see, there's a a small strip of muddy land or muddy sand uh, choked with reeds right at the entrance of this low cave just at the lip of the bay. There's scraggly vines draping over the top of the cave just hanging like tangled hair over the mouth. It's dark. Atticus, you can see a, a wooden barricade sealing off the tunnel towards the back but there's also an opening to the left okay he'll give he'll give everybody that information and then say and actually with sorry with the halster's light you all could see that in the dim light both the opening to the left and that barricade okay um i'm just gonna do a perception just to see if there's any tricky, trappy kind of stuff protecting the the mouth of the cave. Did so everything just, just go dark? By the way, did the mo- sorry. I was oh. trying to I was trying to put a dim light aura on top of them too, since oh. so we don't oh. forget that. But I chose black as the color. It's like there you go. Uh, I got a fourteen perception. Just do anything. Yeah, you don't see anything. All right. Well, we've ha- we have two options here. He huddles like everybody in. It's like smaller than all the humans looking up at them. Just, I could go in, um, disguised, uh, perhaps unseen, take a look around. I could also easily be trapped in there and killed immediately. Or we all walk in together with this bright light. What do you think? So, Julie, you are the tactician among us. 
What say you? What would your disguise be? Oh, I would be quite invisible. Or you just go in, in, in with invisibility? Well, in a manner of speaking. No, yes, with invisibility. So here's what he was thinking. is I have this spell uh, called Shadow Fade, which is pretty awesome. I, I don't know if like you have that, Matthew, one of your shadowy characters, but basically it, it makes you invisible, effectively invisible in the dark against creatures with dark vision. So so it's a first level spell of invisibility, but it's only in the dark against creatures with dark vision. The one thing that gives me pause, though, is that whoever saw this said they saw light coming from the tunnel. So it might not be somebody with dark vision. It might be somebody who has light, in which case, if I'm put in light, I'll be visible. Um, but I also just have invisibility, which is one of my new spells for fourth level. So I could go invisible and just start walking around, or we could all just walk in. I'm leaning towards all just walking in because... You know, at a certain point, you got to do it anyway. So, yeah, uh, and if I get trapped in there by something, I'm going to be fucked. So, yeah, that's 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 really risky. I think we should all just go in together. Let's just all go in. Okay, let's all go in. All right, what's the party order here as you're walking? Uh, Sir Julie will take the lead, so long as Halster is nearby to offer light. Okay, who's standing? right behind you. You all single file. Looks like some of your sharing spots, or is that just? Oh, uh, you know what? I have it now too. I prepared it uh, after yesterday. So if, like Sir Julie, if you want light, I can give you light. Oh yeah, if you want to cast it on my on my sword or something. Yeah, let's do that. I'll cast it on your sword. I did not prepare prestidigitation. All right. So, single file, you start going through. As Sir Julie passes the mouth of the cave, <laughs> two things happen. The first is you hear, What's a thing? As a poison blade comes flying at <gasps> oh, you. Oh, no. Was it a trap? It was a trap that you didn't I know. see. <laughs> I was, I was wondering if anybody else was going to roll uh, attacks. So Perception. Nobody did. You Nine. did. I thought you did. He that's did. He did. rolled poopy. Uh, yeah. 19 against uh, flat-footed AC. That is my flat-footed AC. I was going to oh, say. No. I was going to say. It's Wait. right on the line. Hold on. I healed my ability score damage. But why is my AC down one point? Because you're still grappled? Ah. ah. I am still grappled. That misses my flat-footed yes. AC. Yeah. Up yours, gibbering mouther. Wow. <laughs> Suck it, uh, What may not miss is the vines that start to grow into a creature and grab out at you. Oh, oh my no. God. And a surprise round. Oh, Roll no. for initiative. Every oh. round is a surprise round when you play with Troy. Every <laughs> single waiting. round. I was waiting. For one more perception check. Every single round. I literally rolled it. No, hang on. Here's the thing. I literally rolled it, but I thought the, I thought the mouth of the cave was up here. Grant, I had too much Bo Burnham inside last night. It's perfect. You got his musicality down. You Every might single have, round. You might not have quite the same musicality as Bo does, but it was beautiful. No, no, no. I have, I, we have very similar talent levels, so I, I get it. Uh, all right. Sir Julie, what's your roll? Ten. Ten. Halster. Uh, Halster is going to get up the Grant Theft. Halster rolled a two. 
for a five. Two for a five. I always write the first number, and then I write your second number. Aldo. Uh, 17 for Aldo. 17. And an Atticus. Switch over to that. Joe's going to roll. Show everybody that natty 18 that's sitting there for a 25. (laughs) 25. This is why I have surprise rounds. Uh, all right. This, uh, let me put this creature on the map here. No! Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> Feed me all night long. No, all night long. The veins come up. Or, or vines come up, rather, and it turns into this creature. And uh, it's going to go to slam Sir Julie. Oh dear. Which is probably the best case scenario. She's got the best AC. Uh, here we go. Natty 18. No. Uh, Boom! No. Uh, so that's a 25 to hit Sir Jules. Yeah, that hits. All right, a couple things going to happen. First thing is going to be some damage. It's going to be 12 points of damage. And then it goes to grab you. Of course it does. Will all of the enemies does. have more than one mouth and grab us? Is that the whole book? <laughs> Spoiler alert, that's book two. It's called The Book of Many Mouths. Uh, bad, bad CMD roll. Uh, that's going to be a 17. Miss. Miss, okay. Nice. Ooh, wow. oh, that's First big. time ever. Other than over the whole network. Uh, that is so My big. gosh. Matthew, you about to go out and run some rock? You play some hoops, some street ball, man! <laughs> shout out to the uh, to the writer of this book that shows these creatures that have just great free actions because I can do these free actions in my surprise round. All of a sudden, on the ground, around uh, yep, forty foot radius spread around all of you, Jeez. the uh, ground starts to come alive to try and entangle you. Uh. I need a. I think it's reflex save. Nobody freak out. Entangle is not that big of a deal. Especially if you're you're already in melee with the monster. What everybody get? Eight. Sorry, did you say reflex save? Yes. Eight for Aldo. Here we go. Rough day at the plate. Four (laughs) for Sir Julie. (laughs) Oh, jeepers. Dude, O'Brien. Natty 19 for a 24. Jeepers, you Ooh. nimbly rat. Halster? 17 for a 22. All right, so Aldo and uh, Sir Julie are entangled. You gain the entangled condition, which you can break as a move action, making a strength or escape artist check. And uh, it's the same DC, and it's all difficult terrain, so... Just imagine that this whole area is difficult yeah, it's, terrain. It's, it's a 40 yeah. foot radius. So, right, yeah, so you're pretty much stuck in place. So it's not great. You've got to use a strength or escape you are stuck? Check. I thought you could move at like half speed. You can't move anywhere. What am I thinking of then? That's uh, entangled in, uh, in Starfinder. Is that true in Pathfinder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entangled creature moves at half speed, cannot yeah, run or charge. It's just difficult okay. terrain. That's all that happens. So I don't understand what happens if you fail it. Minus, well, minus two penalty. I'm sorry, on all if you rolls. succeed. Oh, okay, so you don't get the minus on attacks, but it's still considered difficult terrain. Yeah, and, and you here's get a minus the nasty four thing. Decks. Because it's a, yeah, that's bad. It hurts your AC a little bit. And here's the thing is, all of you are going to have to keep rolling these, because it's a 40-foot radius sp- spread, and if you end your turn in an entangled area, you've got to make the check again. So, it's bad. You want to get rid of this thing, get rid of this condition, because it's difficult terrain, which means no five-foot steps, and uh, it slows down Aldo and Sir Julie. However, it is round one. 
And it's Atticus's turn. And you are free to move. Maybe you want to fly. Get above it. Um, it's not a bad idea. Uh, he will, yeah. Atticus will move over next to Aldo. And he'll start moving his hands around in an elaborate trick. And I had forgotten this one for so long. I had never quite gotten it to work. But after a little time, I was able to write it correctly. And he said, and he does his little show of like what he would do on a stage and rises his hands into the air. And then he just levitates up oh, into the air. Cool. Just a simple five feet up into the air Base to magic. stay off of that difficult ground. It was foolish of me to give you the idea. <laughs> With a, oh, he had the idea. I've only got two <laughs> level two spells, man. <laughs> that's true. Levitate is one of them. So that's what I took at second level. Levitate is one. And invisibility. So those were the two. Spoiled. Great. It is Aldo's turn. Aldo, Entangle isn't the worst for you. It's not like you're bipping and bopping around the map. Yeah. No, it's not too bad. So Aldo is, he's replenished with his bombs on his belt. He has his new abilities that he's been studying. He's ready to go. Pops a belt, a bomb out of his belt and says, uh, let's see how this goes. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. a bomb at the creature. Uh, that is an 18 against touch. That is a hit. Now I have a question for you. Is this going to put Sir Julie in the splash range? It sure would. Okay, but just Sir Julie, not Halster. Well, it's funny you say that, because now he did take the discovery Explosive Bomb, oh. which expands his threat range, the blast radius of his bombs, an additional five feet. So that's a ten-foot radius explosion. Zoinks. Uh, scoob. All right, so does it need to roll a reflex save? No. Or where it was a direct hit, it just hits? Yeah. Okay. I do, but I do need to roll a reflex. Oh, sure. No, you don't. Oh. Oh, it's just automatic? Uh, so that's 13 points of damage. Okay, is that fire oh, here damage? We go. Hold on. Uh, it Sorry. is fire damage. Okay. First thing you notice is, like, not all that damage gets through. It's got some fire resistance. Okay. Um, it also catches fire. So okay. it will take another D6 of damage on its round. It can okay. take a full round action to get a reflex save to try to extinguish it. Okay. Um, I also have the discovery precise bombs. So I'm able to exclude a number of squares equal to my intelligence modifier from the blast of the bomb. See, so this is what's so ludicrous. Is like, really? So you're going to give that up? In order to randomly roll on elixirs? I know. Like, <laughs> how does that make any... Well, whatever. It's This is types. why you guys almost got TBK'd like five times. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, now you're so much more effective. Uh, great. Great. Okay. Yeah, so you notice that that fire... Like, almost none of that fire damage gets through. So you think, oh, this is never going to catch on fire. Might want to change your tactics. But it did take some damage. And luckily, none of your friends do. Uh, Grant, when you get a chance, can you throw the map up on the, the old stream? It is Sir Julie's turn. Sir Julie! Sir Julie! Sir Julie grips Sir her Julie. great her You've great been playing sword. a lot of knights lately. I have? I'm just thinking of Lord Northwood. Oh, Lord Northwood, yeah. Um, well, I think I think I, I think I thought up Lord Northwood before I thought up Sir Julie, but then because 
because Sir Julie was a backup I made when we were sure Mrs. Julie was Mrs. O'Lady was going to die. <laughs> Mrs. Julie, and then she didn't, and I was like, oh, but I got so used to the idea of playing Sir Julie. So then I was like, oh, maybe I'll come up with another character. But then we didn't play Lord Northwood for a while. Yeah. Um, so the, the basically that that whole story can be summed up as such. In the car on the way to DC, we know Mrs. O'Lady's gonna die. And Matthew, while we're packed into this Uber with all of our like boxes of shit, introduces Sir Julie Andrews to us. And we're like, this is gonna be amazing. Then against all odds, she she survives. Coronavirus hits. It goes nine months. We don't even think about Strange Aeons. We come back and play. Mrs. O'Lady goes down. <laughs> and when you bring it, I, I completely forgot about that car ride. And I was like, Sir Julie Andrews! And like, it think, was so exciting. I, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I, I was sitting in the front seat of the Uber, and I threw that name out as a joke. And then you changed it into the, the ridiculous spelling. But I didn't think it would actually stick. No, the, the name was always my... It was always like... That was my idea. Paladin named Sir Julie Andrews. But I think you you threw out a ridiculous spelling. That's and probably. then... And then I did the I just did yeah. so funny because yeah, it was a while before that came to fruition. Well, it is yeah. Sir Julie Andrews's turn. Uh, Sir Julie grips her great sword, takes you know, manages to wedge her feet in in the entanglement, but still gets a good stance and takes a big giant cut. Uh, power attack is on. Let's see, what, let's see what we can do here. Kill it! Kill it! Uh, Fifteen to hit. Fifteen, and that's with all your penalties. Yeah. That is a hit, my friend. Oh, oh dude. Right. Oh, we got this. Big target. Power attack. Uh, okay. That is 22 points of magical <gasps> damage. <gasps> Holy <gasps> shit. <laughs> All right. So you light this thing. Uh, just slash through a bunch of vines, go flying on the ground, and they're just squiggling on the ground, like kicking in the entanglement. Uh... Amazing. All right, you might might be able to take this out before it even comes back to its turn. It's Halster's turn, but Halster... Well, Halster, you're in difficult terrain. You got the movement. You can get up there. Yeah, Halster is going to step right up next to Sir Julie Andrews and will make an attack roll. There will be no divine favor on this attack. He's saving it for later in the cave. Here we go. Three on the die. That's going to be an 11 total. Oh, boy. And now it's coming after you, Halster. It's going to just try and come down and slam on you. Uh, natural two. It nice. misses. So just boom, a big vine comes down, chops off a piece of the rock wall next to Halster's head and misses. Top of next round. Atticus, you're levitating. What do you do? Jot. Jot it. Uh, um, Atticus. Oh, Atticus will. He's just gonna. This round, he's just gonna fire a crossbow, and I'll take a minus one to it, and the other minus four. Here we go. It's gonna be tough. Natural five, so that'll be a miss. (laughs) Stunk. Okay. Uh, you're still levitating, and it is Aldo's turn. Well, Aldo, yeah, if the bombs aren't working, there really isn't much else he can do. Well, it's working, it's just being chipped away at. I, I don't, you know, I think it's probably Resistance 5. It sounded res- like Resistance 10, based on what he was saying. 
So like yeah. almost none of it went through. So. Oh, yeah. I thought he said not all of it. And went I didn't through. even roll the d6 for. Uh, oh, I missed the burning. Okay. Yeah. Well, fuck. Yeah. Um. It's gonna hang out. I was gonna hang back. Hey, if Sir Julian can get land another one of those hits, you don't have the it. ability skid to do any other bombs like acid Not bomb. Or... That's that's other discoveries. That okay, I would get like another level. Sir Julie, I think you got a natural one coming. I'm gonna put it right out there into the universe. You're gonna I mean, that's, you're gonna roll a natural one. That's really rude. Um, Extremely rude. The Dawnflower will protect me. Uh, power attack still on. Let's take another swing. Uh, Lamashu. Uh, well, you were like kind of right, Troy. Let's see. I don't know if you can see my my dice tray close enough if I put it up to the camera. Fourteen. Is that a, oh, that's a natural twenty. Is oh, a natural twenty, my friend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's gonna be a, f- a fan crit if you can confirm. That's a twenty to confirm. That's yes. a confirmed dirty crit. twenty to confirm. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Almost five nice. hours into the stream, our first fan critical of the day. All uh, right, let's kick it over to Ryan from Chattanooga. Hi, Ryan. Tennessee. <laughs> uh, Grant's Grace. <gasps> oh, God. You strike your foe so unerringly, you know that a deity must be smiling upon you. Is Grant a deity in this situation? <laughs> Light shines down upon you, and a beatific smile lights upon your face before a prayer escapes your lips. And quotes he has, We're taking Twinzoni. <laughs> For the next 1d4 rounds, both you and Grant, or a player of your choice, roll a d20 for your attacks, and you take the better of the two Whoa. results. Oh, wow. Huge. Wow, so wow. it's advantage for the next 1d4 rounds. It's As Grant it, Vantage. As it is Grant's, Grant's grace, I must give it to Grant. Uh, should, should I roll a d4? Yeah, if, probably. If it is my grace? <laughs> yeah. You, is that cool? Roll All right, here it comes on stream. One round. Oh, oh. Grant's poop, Grace. Did you say double damage, <laughs> Joe, or regular damage? Uh, oh, they didn't say. Um, so double. Yeah, no, yeah. So it's just it, they don't say. So if it's they up don't to Troy. Say, it's double. Okay, double damage. All right, double damage. I just rolled two sixes. Let's see about the other two. Oh. Three sixes. Oh, great oh. swords. <laughs> So that is, is 46 points of damage. Oh. <laughs> it had five hit points left. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Julius! <laughs> right through the old vine. Power attack. Uh, holy God. shit. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. That is amazing. That thing did have energy resistance, fire 10, cold 10, and was immune to electricity. Wow. Um, Not immune to a great sword. Joe, I would have laughed so hard. You were thinking about going invisible and walking right in. Two things would have happened. One, you would have set off the trap. and uh, Well, yeah, that's why I looked for a trap. Yeah, and then two, it has blind sight, so it would have seen you, attacked you, slammed you, and constricted you. I was like, oh my god, he's going to walk off the street, because you would have been grabbed and constricted in the first round, and then poisoned by the blade. 
<laughs> You're right. Well, to be fair, I did say up front that like it could put me in a horribly dangerous position. <laughs> oh god, that would have been so good. You know, I think the way it works with wizards is like if you're going to be the one to go invisible and walk in, it better not be until you have, like, Dimension Door. You know what I mean? Like, But even then, if you get grappled, you, you need freedom of movement is really what you need. before It's it's very, so dangerous. If you have a high level of images, it's it's relatively safe, but it's still no guarantee out of it. So Right. Yeah. Well, you look up ahead through the light that uh, Halster is shining, and you see this wooden barricade, and then you see an opening uh, up to the left there. Uh, you look down, and there are uh, a bunch of tracks uh, in the mud. Uh, can I roll a survival on that? Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to put a survival on Grant Cam. 14 for a uh, 21. 21. It looks like it's just one person's foot tracks, but there are some smaller tracks, and then there's like big, stumpy, weird-looking tracks. Big, stumpy, weird. Does anyone know what these big, stumpy, weird-looking tracks are? No one has nature or anything. In there, yeah, of course I, I do, yeah. buddy. Here we go. Knowledge, nature. Oh, oh I dropped my die. Uh, oh man, natty fifteen for twenty-three. 23 uh so the the smaller tracks look like it might be some kind of wolf or dog type situation um the big stumpy tracks not really jumping out at you like a big something large but it doesn't have like uh toes toes yeah and they're not webbed feet and they're not fins no and it doesn't look like that vine that just attacked you are they flat like big. an elephant's foot or like hooved like a yeah, horse's? Yeah, no, flat like an elephant's foot is a good uh, good way of explaining it, but without the It's toes. an elephant! It's a, it's a giant elephant! There's an elephant in here, look out! I hope you brought peanuts. <laughs> Maybe it'll be afraid of you, Atticus, being a mouse and all. <laughs> Perhaps. There's only one way to find out. He runs in alone. <laughs> I'm here, elephant! Show yourself, you cowardly beast! Um, Uh, What do you do? uh, Halster, come on. You're dragging the stream. Move along. I shall follow Sir Julie, who has no fear. (laughs) Julie has no fear. Immune to it. Perception check, and then towards the door. Thirteen on the perception check. Okay. Um, you look up ahead and there's like a wooden barricade that looks like it's made of small tree trunks lashed together with thick twine sealing the entrance into whatever's beyond. There's loops of rope that look like handles tied to the barricade on each end so that maybe you could drag it, but it's huge. Uh, drag it or pivot it to one side it would take a couple of you maybe all of you and the way it's wedged in the passageway it doesn't look like it could be pushed over uh, you can kind of see through the logs but you're still a little far back um, come Halster yeah. help an old knight drag open the door my pleasure um, and we'll strength check yeah so you, as you guys walk up 
you look over to the west and you see another chamber uh, a small chamber off to the west that is also dark but obviously you're lighting it up uh, limestone smells like wet mulch and looks pretty bare uh, aside from a scattering of animal bones it's like a pile of animal bones do you and detect then, any magic in there Halster? Uh, detect magic no magic I bet that's where the creature like lives when it's not ready for an attack and that's where it pooped out the bones of other people that ate uh, quite possibly do you want to search that room prior to going through the dragging door yeah that's probably wise okay. let us sift through the bone poop yes how mm-hmm. uh, do a perception check as we walk in uh, 15 you don't see anything, just that pile of bones, but it doesn't look like it's just animal bones now that you're in there. Um, I have a pretty good heel check, and that would be within the clerical interests of Halster. So he'll approach the bones and do a heel check. I don't know if that's even applicable, but... Yeah, no, for sure. To determine what, what happened to the human bones and to try to tell what the other bones are. Uh, 17. 17. So it's mostly animal bones. But sure enough, there are some human bones in there. Mm. Or humanoid. They look very human. And they all met the same fate of what I'm assuming, based off my earlier deduction of being eaten or and pooped out, or what happened to them? Yeah, it looks like they've been just eaten, picked clean, no meat left on the bone. And as you're standing there, Aldo's still in the hallway, but you guys all come in to look. Suddenly, Halster, you feel something bite out at you. Uh, 23 against flat-footed. Hit. You take eight points of damage. What? And something very strange happens because as Halster gets bit, all of you, with the exception of Aldo, see this creature appear for a second. It like appears from invisibility, bites Halster, and then disappears. Oh, no. Roll for initiative. Oh, Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, man. That's something. Like, (sighs) fades out. Oh, dear. Ooh, doggy. So, Julie, did you take a hit in the previous fight? Are you hurt? I am. I am hurt. Okay. Yes. Great. I, I didn't heal, but I could lay on hands this round. This round. Uh, you can do that to yourself as a swift. Yeah. Okay. Then I won't channel on you. Um. I mean, if you need to, if you, if you're also hit and you want to channel, like I wouldn't. No, I'm not. I would use fervor and just heal myself. If you can do it as a swift, and then I can go on to channels later in the uh, cave. Got it. It's Halster's uh, initiative. What'd you get, buddy? Nine. Nine. Aldo. Uh, 20, 
24. 24. Nice, Aldo. For oh, wait, Aldo. no. Sorry, 21. 21. 21. You lie! Atticus, what'd you get? 16. 16. Sir Julie. 20. 20 for Sir Julie. We're making some progress. All right. Aldo, it's your turn in round one, but it's a really weird position here. You were outside. Uh, you heard Halster get bit, but you don't see anything. Okay, I'm going to take a five-foot step in. I, I can never remember. Can we? Can you move and ready? Yes. Okay. Aldo's going to take a five-foot step like into the entrance of this cave. Mm-hmm. And I uh, said, so what's going on? And he's going to ready an action. If he sees whatever it is, that bit, Halster, he's going to throw a bomb at it. Smart. Smart, smart, smart. Uh, it is Sir Julie's turn. All right, Sir. Can I roll a perception to see if I hear anything? If the creature has moved, perhaps, or do mm-hmm. I still sense it was in that same square? Yeah, roll perception. There is my natural one that you called, Troy. <laughs> oh, no. uh, Ten. A, an action too late. Uh, you have no idea. It last appeared right next to Halster. Uh, it's chance that it's still there. You could strike out at that at a 50% mischance. Uh, you could hold your action. You could ready an action. I will I will strike out at that square with a 50% mischance. Okay. Um, uh, I think I missed on both. Uh, oh. So it would be a 15 to hit and a 40% on the mischance. 40% on the mischance. So you know you at least missed on the mischance. Just boom. Whiffs through that area, and it is Atticus's turn. Um, actually, I'm going to take a five foot step back to stand next to Atticus. Okay. Just right in Aldo's bomb range. Hmm. Um. Okay. Um. I feeling there's danger here, like we're under attack, but doesn't know how many. He only saw one, right? Can I do a knowledge check with that brief flash of what uh, I saw? Yeah, absolutely. Give me a knowledge, um, I believe nature. Nature, oh, yeah. But hold on. We need to go back and retcon Matthew's turn. He was under the effects of Grant's Grace. Oh, but he missed with the concealment anyway. So you can't use Grant's Grace later on, by the way. Also, it was one round. After, it was one round. We haven't taken that round yet. Well, I, mean, I assume you expired. After I think the it's combat. like a spell. Like you, t- you can't, you can't carry the round. It's a over critical. The next it's combat. not a spell. Sure, you can sure, roll sure. It I also want, did I, like one bajillion points of damage on that critical, so I got my got my money's worth. Out of your money's worth that crit. We didn't uh, get the use out of the crit. Yeah, it happens. Unfortunately, <laughs> all too often. Baloney. <laughs> Grant, you're alone on this one. I think uh, <laughs> it is Atticus's turn. We vamp for you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I rolled a, a, an 11 on the Knowledge Nature, which I assume is a fail. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and cast Mirror Image on myself. Okay, so you rolled a Knowledge 11, assumed it was a fail, and you throw a Mirror Image. How many uh, images? Uh, okay, going to roll that now. Images coming in hot. Uh, five additional five images six atticuses that is nice nice okay it is the creature's turn the creature appears in the same spot again 
as it bites or attempts to bite Halster. Uh, oh, big old miss with a 10. Nice. It phases out. You can't see it, and you don't know where it went. What about my ready to action? Ah, yes. Aldo, you get your ready to action before it disappears. Okay, so this is tough because it's minus four being in melee, and I'm blocked. So another plus two to its AC. Uh, oh, Natty 17, though. That's a Ooh. 24 to hit. That is enough to hit. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, that's 10 points of fire damage. Okay. And it's on fire. And I exclude everyone from the radius. Okay. Beautiful. Huge. It looks like that all got through. And can I do a quick knowledge nature based on seeing it for a split second? Absolutely. Uh, that's an 11. 11, yeah. Oh, same, same, same as Atticus. Same thing. Uh, yeah, so just appear, attack, appear. Aldo ready in action once he saw the creature to throw <sighs> the bomb at it. Throws the bomb at it, hits it, but then it's gone again, and it's Halster's turn. Halster is going to spend a blessing and a fervor to heal himself without provoking if it is next to him. Okay. Uh, nothing ooh. bites out at you. Uh, nothing could. Uh, that'll be four points rounding down. Great. Um, and then he has a little feat I like to call blind fight. So if he oh, hits yes. and it's in that square, there will be no concealment check. That's I think you true. get to roll it twice. You get to re-roll roll it twice. concealment okay, check. Yeah, re-roll if you fail. Natural 20... Oh, God, it wasn't on the camera. Uh, there you go. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> uh, oh, I should keep the camera up for the roll to confirm. Shoot. So it's a 19 on the confirm. Now we get to roll the concealment twice. Yes. Uh, 49 on oh, the first no. one. All right, guys. Yeah, I think by the rules, you get to re-roll if you fail. So now this is the one that counts. 38. Oh, Oh, uh, the worst part of that is you don't have any information. You don't know if you, even if he missed, you'd know right. Right, it's not there. Uh, so, <laughs> Alster, God, it's been really light on crits today. Top of the next round, it's Aldo's turn. Bomber. Man, okay. Aldo is going to move closer in and he's going to ready the same action. Okay. Throw a bomb if it shows up. All right, hopefully avoiding having to throw through his buddies. It's Sir Julie's turn. Uh, all right, Sir Julie is going to take a five-foot step up. Blocking me again. <laughs> oh, God damn it. All right, I'll take a five-foot step to the side then. Mm-hmm. And take a swing at that square. At the same one uh, that Halster swung at? Yeah. Uh, cracked eye, but I made the concealment... Okay, uh, power t- I left power attack off, uh, so that's going to be a 19 to hit. Roll a 50% mischance. I got it. You did. 59. You swing into that space, and there's nothing there. <gasps> oh, is it warping out of this plane, or did no, it, it move? No, it moved. It just moved. Oh. It's a cool little, cool little combat. Uh, uh, perception check to see if I can sense where we're sure. if Natural 20. Nice. Natural 20. Okay, what's your perception bonus? Plus nine. 
Okay, that will actually require a stealth check on my part. Uh, okay. Um, because we also, there is, remember, it is also on fire, so we could also smell the fire. Sure. Or, or yeah, feel the it's, heat it's coming right, off of it. It's right next to you. It's right next to me. It's here! It's here! <sighs> yeah, the natural 20. Uh, it's, it's really hard to detect an invisible creature, but you beat my stealth. Because um, I'm moving and attacking, so I take penalties to that. Unbelievable. Okay, well, it's Atticus's turn. Atticus, Sir Julie feels pretty confident it's here. You're still okay. going to take a 50% miss chance if you try to attack it, but at least you have yeah. an idea that it's right there. He'll just shonk, try to shoot into that square with a crossbow bolt. Grab that on the old Joe's gonna roll. Camelicious! <laughs> it's coming back around. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, oh boy. boy. Great. Crit fumbles always mean you attack skid. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Fumboni. It's called Kill Your Buddy. Bad, 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 bad. Kills your buddy. Uh, all right. This one from Zion in Medford, Oregon. Here comes Mr. Mean. Don't like the sound of that. Like Your that. shot misses. That's a long one. <laughs> you guys love writing so much. Your shot misses so dramatically that it ripples across space and time and catches the attention of a. Oh, God. It was Christ, a cold and so misty angry. day. This sounds catches familiar. the attention of a failed comedian turned podcaster, Troy LaValle, who immediately <laughs> oh, appears nearby in a spectral form to mock you. It's just me. Make a will save. <laughs> On a fail, the jeering of Troy's spectral form goads you into fruitlessly arguing with him, and you must spend the next 1d4 rounds taking no actions of any kind except arguing with Troy. <sighs> if you receive any damage during these rounds, you cease and may act normally. Uh, on the successful will save, you are shaken for 1d4 World-breaking quit crits. So, so it's just basically um, uh, uh, fascination. Here we go. Rolling against fascination. Uh, and I fail. So for 1d4 rounds, I am out of it unless I take damage. Uh, two rounds. Two rounds I cannot act. Okay. Uh... Great. Just ba, ba, mean. Ba, ba, ba. This is mean. Uh, so necessary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is. That was Atticus's turn. So, right next to Sir Julie, uh, this thing phases in, which should resolve Aldo's action first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why are you bothering Skid? He's taking a sip of a nice cold Sam Adams. <laughs> so sad. All right, we'll skip his turn. Uh, well, that's a 17, the, 17 sorry, against... Uh, no, sorry, 13 against Touch AC. 13 against Touch, and it gets... Uh, does it get any bonuses or no? you got a clear shot there. Yeah. Right, 13 against Touch. Yeah, no, you're fine. Yes. Uh, that's 12 points of fire, and it rolls another D6... Or being on fire on its turn. Okay, did I do that last round? I don't think I did. I don't think so. Yeah, because you this hit. Is, oh, you know why? This is the first because round of it, isn't it? You know what happened, though? You hit me after I went because I did it wrong. It Your, uh, your ready to action should have resolved first. So I'll take two points of damage from last round, and then on my turn I'll take another uh, D6. Okay, okay, so. Well, this is very important because now it's my turn. And I'll resolve that damage first. One point. So oh. he's still up. I think I should roll it. <laughs> That's true. Are you? You roll it. 
what one point <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have been able to sleep tonight uh, alright it appears and goes to bite Sir Julie it's a nasty little dude here 17 to hit miss uh, I think that would be against your flat footed AC it's a still miss yeah okay and it's an argument to be made either way but anyways uh, once again it disappears and you don't know where it is. I think that's a nice thing about Sir Julie and Halster is that we aren't really heavily dex based. Do you still have a your flat footed relatively close to your regular AC? Yeah, it's it's one difference. It's one difference of one because my dex bonus is plus one. Mine too. Yeah, it is. It is really nice when they're like flat footed. You're like, oh no, ah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right, it is Halster's turn. All right, Halster is going to step up to the square he last saw the creature in and will strike out with blind fight. Um, let me get this all on camera this time. Here it comes. Blind. Oh, God, one out of the box. Uh, that's going to be a 17 to hit, and it will be a uh, oh, uh, uh, 73. 73, you swing into that space, and there's nobody there. Oh, man. It's so tricky. <sighs> If only well. guys could see the GM layer. It's all right there. Uh, next round <laughs> is Aldo's turn. Same thing, Aldo. You want to ready Same in action? Yeah. And I'm going to do a perception to see if I can pinpoint where it is. Natural one. Never mind. Natural one. Yeah, no. You think it's Atticus? Hit him. <laughs> Sir Julie, what are you going to do? Reception check. Okay. Natural 20. Oh, come on. Man, she is on this thing. What is your total? 29. You don't know. Only because I rolled a very high stealth. Okay. But it's on fire. But it is on fire. It is on, it's fire. on fire. So maybe well, you should take I'll a... Maybe you should take a fire? It's, it's warm from in, towards the back of the room. It didn't move forward towards Atticus and Aldo. You feel okay. pretty confident about that. All right, cool. Uh, Sir Julie will take a five-foot step forward, and she will swing into this square. Okay. With the fifty percent miss chance, let me get my percentile die. Uh, okay, seventy-one percentile. Uh, this time, power attack is on, so that is a twenty-three to hit. Twenty-three to hit. You swing into that space. Nothing there. Wow, it's a, it's a number scare. Atticus, you are up. Atticus is fascinated. Busy Good arguing awesome. with oh, Trot. Right. It is actually oddly appropriate because I will ignore problems right in front of my face just to argue with Troy. It's true. It's <laughs> uh, he appears right here as he's about to bite. You're, you guys were close. That's not where you swung? How- no, no I swung the one directly in front of me. No, Halster. Where did you swing? I swung, swung where it was, which is where Sir Julius is Where standing. Sir Julius is, yeah. So it took uh, a diagonal got step. It, got it, got it. I missed west. that. All right, Aldo. Well, you should have swung in the other one. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> really appreciate it. Why do you argue with Troy instead of me? <laughs> yes, yes, in fight. You're misinterpreting the, the fumble. Dude, this creature, this is the exact kind of creature that turns parties on each other. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Little infuriating beast. They know what they're doing. Uh, Atticus, excuse me, Aldo, take your prepared action. Okay. Oh, uh, that is a 19 against touch. 19 against touch. Describe your kill. Oh, yes. oh amazing. Wow. So he's just chucking bombs like from the back of the room as this flashes for a moment. It's like, oh, boom, oh, boom, 
boom, and it's these giant explosions, like so twice as big as what you'd seen before. And he's just giggling with delight at the sight of this huge fiery explosion every time. And yeah, this thing just like blows apart, fiery chunks of it, smashing off uh, all, the, all the surrounding walls. And now they're just like, yeah, my bonza, got it. <laughs> and it is dead. It's a creature yeah. known as a phantom fungus. It has this cool ability called phantom flesh. And uh, Aldo cracked the code very early on. Really, the only way to, to help yourself out is to ready attack. When I see it, I hit it. The problem for a melee combatant is you have to ready that attack and hope that it ends up right next to you. Right next to you, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise it can appear and you'd be like, I can't reach. You can't I mean, walk it, up to it. If attack. you consider it could have been in like four different squares on that last time, we would have had a better chance readying melee attack. Should it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, every time. You just should have read it, yeah. Yeah, cool. You were well, cornering now, it too, so it became where easier. we were before. We didn't have it cornered, so it could have like there was a, it had a lot more leeway. So I was like, oh, let me just roll the perception. It's a cool little creature. It really it does a lot of damage. Just two d six plus three damage, which is good at this level. But that's all it really does. Uh, there's nothing else of import in this room. You look in there. The only thing that's important is that there's human bones and animal bones. The way you described or got ready to describe it disappearing, though, I thought I was going to have to roll a monster of a fortitude save. I thought so. I thought I was dead. So, yeah. uh, kudos. So, uh, Julie will lay on hands. By the way, I never did that. All right, Atticus is going to be adamant that he wants to push through this open door immediately and as fast as possible. If there's any right. danger in here, he's got very limited time on these mirror images. Mm. So he's like, right. "Let's just go." Before I run out of this and I'm unable to do it again. Strength checks from Halster and Sir Julie? Yeah, you might need all of you to get up there. So everybody oh, you grabs. can't uh, open it? It's, you have what to, if I just have to push it a, open. What if I took a big old hack with my greatsword? Does it look Try like something it. I could hack through? No. Strength check. All right, all right strength check. I will attempt to aid. Fail. 18 prefer- on the strength check for Sir Julie. Ooh. I fail to aid. Seven. I fail to aid, too. Okay. As you're trying to pull this open, you can see through little gaps in the logs, and you see that this cave system opens into a much larger chamber behind this barricade, and it's filled with, like, hazy remnants of smoke from a campfire that you can actually hear crackling somewhere within. There's also a, a, a yellow glow throughout the room, like maybe from a lantern. It's casting strange shadows on the back wall. Sir Julie tries to pull. Can't get it open. However, I'll say like over time you guys give it the old heave ho enough that you're able to fucking pull this 400 pound uh, barricade open. Like swing it to one side. Jesus. You walk in. Rush in. You rush in. Heedlessly. Heedlessly. Recklessly. Oh. Go ahead and rush in. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Don't, don't be coy here. Get yourselves right where you were. Um, as if you were actually going to rush in. Yeah, I was right behind Sir Julie. Rushing uh, in. So, here's what you see. You see a table in the back littered with cooking pots glass flasks other tools 
against the wall in the southeastern part of the room near this smoldering campfire and a wooden crate. There's a wooden work table against the wall holding a wide selection of containers and vessels, maybe for cooking or making concoctions. There's jars and tins everywhere and a small tin pot sitting on the edge of a table. You also see three creatures snarling at you right when you walk in are two wolves, it looks like. But then as your eyes adjust to the edge of Halster's dim light, you see that the wolves look totally misshapen with like... They're like covered in moss or fungus. They look like this. Oh. 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 Cordyceps. Freaking cool. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it's the last of us, baby. It is. Dogs. What awesome artwork. And Atticus, you rushed in here to try and keep your mirror images going. And then you think like, oh, my God, they must have heard us. They must have heard us. All those bombs. And sure enough, you're the only one that can see deep into the back of the room. A woman. If she wasn't already, uh, if she hadn't already cast a bunch of spells on herself, she would look like this. But instead, she looks like she's covered in wood with bramble strikes sticking out from her. She takes her spear, spins it around in the air, and brings it down like this, reaches out her hand, and fire appears. (laughs) And we'll see you tomorrow. Come on, who is this one? Let's talk. It's Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Totally, man, with these wolves and everything. Oh, 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 she looks exactly like that. Yeah. Troy, you should play that game. That's a good game. good game. That's a good one? I don't think you'll ever go back, will you, to, to any PS4 title at this at this stage? No, well, maybe Forbidden coming West. coming out with a sequel. Yeah, I think coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, well, what I am going to play is uh, five hours more of Strange Aeons tomorrow! Yes, it's so amazing! I'm so psyched that we play like this. This is the best way to play Strange oh, Aeons. Man, I it's say. fun. It's fun. You know, it's, t- it's tiring, but this isn't too bad. And, like, we, I feel like we really played an old-school session today, just, like, banging out four or five hours, making yeah. tons of progress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? We might finish book two this year. That would be tomorrow. amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> finish it tomorrow. You'll finish it tomorrow. We're going long. Uh, thank you, everybody. If you stuck with us the, the whole time, stuck through the intermission, looks like our numbers have stayed pretty steady all along. You guys are great. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. Go uh, treat yourself to a pride hat. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. See you tomorrow.